Hey, what's going on, X? It's your boy Rod. We're back for Pod 75. So as usual, we're going to let the man with many nicknames introduce the pod, so I'm going to kick it to Phil. Go ahead, brother. Hey, it's the professor checking in with a virtual lesson this week. This week we're going to talk about a number 75 that was drafted as a tackle and ended up playing right guard for us. No, I'm not talking about Brandon Sheriff. I'm talking about Terry Hermeling. Terry was the left tackle for us on our 1972 NFC Championship winning team. And he moved to right guard for a couple of seasons before moving back to left tackle to finish out his career. He was with Washington from 1970 to 1980. Played in 120 games, started 103 of them. And he was our longtime left tackle uh, for the most part of the 70s until the arrival of Joe Jacoby. Um, so not a well-known name to anyone who is familiar with the Gibbs glory years and beyond, but he was a steady stalwart left tackle for us under the George Allen years. So props to Terry Hermerling. You are our feature player for podcast number 75. Take it away guys. Hey, Axe, as always, we got a dope intro from Phil. So Phil appreciate that. But, uh, this evening it's just Steve and I. Uh, Phil's mm-hmm. on the road. He mailed in his report, and then uh, Dev is at work. So uh, the, the Fab Duo, we'll, we'll get it done, bring you some live content, as we always do with the Washington Football Addicts. But uh, we're going to dive right into the first topic of this evening. And, Steve, you brought it up, but it's Tom Pellicero uh, on Twitter this morning. He put out pretty much the the new mandates or the l- new league rules for those who are, who are fully vaccinated and non-vaccinated for COVID. So, how you feeling about that, man, from what you've seen and what you read? Yeah, bro. It's, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that they're not forcing people to get vaccinated. That's their choice, whatever. Uh, but they ain't making it. They're not making it easy. So they got to get tested every day. They got to wear masks everywhere they go during travel. They got to stay physically distant. They got to quarantine after high risk exposures. They're limited in the weight room. You know, they can't be near anyone in the weight room. They got to be physically distanced during mealtime. So we're talking about they're going to be in the cafeteria sitting in the corner like little Tommy by himself. And, and You know what I mean? And then uh, they can't do any media marketing or sponsorship and no use of the st- uh, steam room or saunas. And they can't leave the hotel to eat with their with their boys. So, yeah. I don't know. I got mixed feelings. But what I don't know is like in Maryland on July 1st, Governor Hogan's going to lift everything. I mean, kids, kids don't have to wear masks at daycare at schools anymore, like zero restrictions. So what does that mean for like, if Virginia were to do that, does that mean that they're going to follow suit? I mean, it's a private business. Technically they can do whatever they want. So it, I, I hope it doesn't cause any consternation or any strain. Cause I mean, the only one you're hearing about is Montez sweat, but you know, if they're abiding by it, then Hey, it, it might limit what the team can do as far as prepping. But I don't have any problems with it, but I, I, I would really hope it just kind of goes away with the rest of uh, the local rules coming up. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm with, I'm with you, man. And I, I tweeted earlier today, I was I went to visit a uh, AMC theater for like the first time in probably 15, 16 months. And that's something that my family and I love to do. Um, so it was, it was weird. You know, you're, you're in there and there was no one, literally no one in the lobby at all. We go in today and we have our masks on. My wife and I are vaccinated. The kids aren't. But, you know, we're just respectful to others. And I was like, you know what? Screw I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it off. You know, there's no real mandate anymore if you're vaccinated. And then I think of these NFL rules and it's 
it's pretty austere for the folks who aren't vaccinated. And it's almost as they're, they're like you said, they're not mandating that they get the vaccine vaccination, but it's, it's almost punishing at the same time. And it, Hey man, like I'm a thousandaire. I'm, I'm not a millionaire at all, you know, and I got my vaccine so I could do thousandaire things. And I don't know. I, I, I hope the players, you know, you know, they make a conscious decision. They talk with their medical providers and, if it makes sense for them and their family, get the vaccination just so it's mentally from a mental standpoint, like you said, that's little Timmy in the corner eating in the cafeteria by himself. Can't use a steam room. It's just wild. Like, Holy crap. And yeah, it's like you said, the private business, the NFL is the private business. So Hogan lifting the restrictions, the NFL as a business can say, Hey, this is what we do require though. So it's, It's it's crazy, man. It's like it's like t- tell me you want to meet. Tell me your minute. You're making vaccines mandatory without telling me you're making vaccines mandatory. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly, um, man. And it's so. it's wow. I, to, it's it makes a lot of sense for players to get vaccinated just from a, a, a human standpoint. You know. Um, yep. I, and I, there's I would, e- there's even restrictions on the media too if they're not yes. if they're not vaccinated. They're not yep. they don't have access to all the club facilities. They can't do any person interviews. Their their access to the press box fields and sidelines are only for those who are fully vaccinated. So now you're talking about if someone's a reporter, they can't be where the content is. Think of like JP or Kim or any of those dudes who are always there. Yeah. They don't have access to that. So I don't know. It, it it's like you're you're forcing it without forcing it, but it, it, this could all be moot. We we what we don't know is um, what it, what does this mean for the local guidelines and restrictions? And the I believe the the players' association they agreed to all this stuff. So. Yeah, it's wild. And like, so I'm my biggest takeaway is just looking at I got that you know a spreadsheet that shows fully vaccinated and not fully vaccinated. But my biggest takeaway is. No capacity limits in the weight room when all are fully vaccinated. And then the 15 player limit when, you know, if, if you have non fully vaccinated folks. So if you have a team of 52 fully vaccinated persons and then one person's in that room, does that mean that you only have 15 people at a time in the weight room? Yes. Yeah, now one person's decision is now affecting team operations, which yes. you don't want to do. That's yeah, that's the biggest thing to me. It's not it's not if it's an inconvenience for you, but if are you messing up something the team wants to do? Does this mean now you can't have team meetings in the big the big team room and you know Montez has to watch it from another room or he has to be all the way in the back of the uh, auditorium or like how does that work? And and are, now are you ostracizing <laughs> your fellow? T- I don't know. It's just going to be awkward. Well, that's what I felt. <laughs> it's like, going to be awkward. Every, I mean, you know, fo- folks know like I'm I'm active military and. Like I travel quite often for my job and you know, the, the full bird colonel's talking to us. He's like, Hey, like we're not saying you have to get fully vaccinated, but if you don't like restrictions are coming, you may not be able to travel with us because you will hinder our ability to fully conduct our operations and gel as a team, go out for a fucking dinner, like go out for a drink. Like it's they're lift. They've lifted everything today. Like Juneteenth has been announced. We're, We're fucking off tomorrow. Like we're all celebrating. Like we can go, we can go beyond 250 miles. We are once again grown men, in you know the yeah. U.S. Army where I'm stationed, and it's different across you know every installation. But yeah, I mean, like players, if if you're listening to this, obviously you guys are reading the tea leaves. Talk to your doctor and maybe get vaccinated, man, because it's fuck. 
it just, just, it opens just up so much. Just make an informed choice. Yes, make an informed absolutely. choice. That's it. You're going to make a choice. That's fine. Just make an informed one, not a uh, propaganda one or my buddy. To- just make an informed decision. The absolutely. funny part is there. there's um, NFL players who aren't vaccinated <laughs> are banned from nightclubs. Is that, yeah. a, is that a Dwayne, the Dwayne Haskins rule? Is that I what they, that that. they try to say? <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that. When I seen it, I was like, I'm not going to bring it up, but Steve brought it up. But yeah. It's a- <laughs> Bars, house parties, concerts, yes. $50,000 fine for the first check. And I mean, technically, if you're not stupid about it, you probably get away with it. But uh, I don't know. And then there's there's impacts for the coaches, too, who aren't vaccinated. So like coaches aren't going to have access to their players. And I don't, I don't know what it looks like for the coaching staff. We haven't heard anything about what the coaching staff vaccination status looks like. I think Ron said, he just said, as a team, we're just over 50%, I think. So, which is crazy because that's under the general, well, that's, I think the general population is around 60 yeah, I think of like America. 60. Yeah. So I, I know Biden wanted uh, 70% by July 4th. And I think last MSNBC, Fox article, whatever had come out that think that we'll be at like 67% as a nation right. by July 4th. So, But here's the catch, though. They're still making fully vaccinated individuals get tested every two weeks instead of every day. So still, there's yeah. still something there. Well, yeah, it's, it just says no daily testing, but I, I didn't copy all of Pelissero's notes. But, yeah, it's we don't we didn't have to get tested. It was fucking great. I didn't have to get the, no, the nasal plunger. You know, shoved yeah. up my nose every third day for this this past exercise I was just at. So it feels good, but um, you know the the if you're if you're in contact with someone, you don't have to you know quarantine if you're fully vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, you gotta go into that that quarantine exposure. And I'm I brought that up because it's gonna roll into our next topic. Steve is Peter Haley wrote an article for NBC Sports Washington, and it talks about the QB race that we're gonna have. And he primarily says that's going to be a two-man race between Fitzpatrick and Heineke, um, based on you know Rivera's recent comments to the Athletic. But he he includes uh, Kyle Allen not only for the fragility, I guess, of Taylor Heineke, but COVID. So if uh, is is you know is is that quarterback is is Allen going to be a, a vaccinated, non-vaccinated dude? Is he going to be available? Is it going to? It's it's crazy, man. But thinking about the QB carousel that we have coming up for the Washington football team. Um, how do you feel about, you know, that both COVID, I guess, and or Ron's Rivera's comments to the athletic. That's just a two man race. Yeah, I think it is a two man race. There's, there's really, I don't think there's any, any a question about it. It's two man race. I think it fits his job to lose. He's, he's, you know, he's the guy, but don't count out Taylor Heineke. I wish I was wearing my Heineke shirt, but I'm not just, to, just because Heineke. it's funny. Heineke. <laughs> but so it is Ryan Fitzpatrick's job to lose, but I really have a feeling that Heineke is going to pull a Fitzpatrick and he's going to somehow find a way to get into the game by week five, week six. It's just going to happen and he's going to do something electric and, you know, he's going to do what Fitzpatrick has been doing in the past. You know, like he did with uh, when he on all his teams he's been. He came in. He's brought a flash, flash in the pan, and then you know some young person eventually took his job. But it's going to be the inverse now. So I think Taylor Heineke will eventually take his job. Do I want him to? No, I want Fitz to play the whole year. I really want to play all seventeen because I think that gives us the most stability we need. But Fitz yeah. is not the future. If Heineke is able to stay healthy and able to play at the level we saw in Tampa, 
bro, he could be the future. We just found a diamond in the rough. We never had that. Never happens to us. Never. So just think about how cool it would be if it was. But yeah, I got Fitz at one, Heineke at two. They love Kyle Allen though, so maybe they put him on pup and just say he's still injured. But I don't think Kyle Allen's going anywhere. Yeah, and it's wild, man. When you talk about Fitz at one and Heineke at two, and then Allen at three, it's it kind of blows your mind though because the team wants. I think the fan base wants – we just want someone to start week one and finish through week 17, 18, whatever the, the, the damn weeks are going to be with this you know, extended season. But if if Heineke ends up being that dude, he's 28. He's not really old, not really young, but he's kind of in between her. But the dude has playoff experience that Fitz doesn't have. Um, and that means a lot. You know, Fitz has a 53-89-1 record. I'm off by a game or two, I'm sure. But um, Heineke's 0-2 as a starter, 0-3. So, of course, he's not blowing the barn doors off either. I just want someone to start week one and not have to look behind their shoulder and because they're they're blowing the damn the barn doors off. Right. And, and I just – that's all I want, Steve, man. Like, it's it's so frustrating Every year, I mean, the, the Washington football addicts, Redskins addicts, it was formed because of the constant QB divide. And I just – I do not want to relive that nightmare again, man. So I hope <laughs> Bro, whoever takes I, over for the QB carousel uh, takes it, man. I, I'm with you, man. It doesn't need to be a carousel. It just needs to be a quarterback. We talked about mm-hmm. this before. We were all in agreement. It needs to yes. be a quarterback, and yes. it needs to be just a dude. Yes. Right now, we don't, we don't have that. We have a journeyman veteran who we know can play – at times, and then yep. we have a guy who's polarizing right behind him who you don't know what he can do. Yep. And so it's like we're almost right where we were before. You think about exactly. it. it. sucks. <laughs> it's, what are we granted, doing? Granted, granted, we have stability. I think it's it's being run much more professional, but you are right, bro. We are in the same spot that we were you know, a couple of years ago. I just think it's, it's being handled at a different level, but it does suck. It yeah. does suck. So, so, so who do you think is it? You think it's going to be fits in fits then uh Heineke one, two. I don't know. I want to be a legit competition. So in the admin chat, you know, yeah. me, you, Phil and Dev, and I, I was talking yesterday. I was like, Hey, like Fitz doesn't deserve shit. And Phil's like, well, he has over a hundred games and you know, he kind of does deserve that nod, but I don't think anyone on this roster deserves anything. I want a legitimate, legitimate QB battle and let the best man win. Like that's we got it wrong last year. We tried to yeah, we did. pencil in <laughs> Haskins as a week one star and say hey, it's his job to lose. Fuck, he probably lost it during the offseason. Like every every report I've seen thus far, Steve, it's talked about Heineke outperforming Fitzpatrick. From from external yeah. sources, if you read something on WashingtonFootballTeam.com, the official you know reporters belonging to the team, they talk about Fitzpatrick uplifting the wide receivers. So there's always three sides to the story, and you're like, okay, well, what's the truth? Is is Fitz uplifting the receivers? Is Heineke outperforming him, or is Stephen Montez running the wishbone offense that we're not reading about, and he's going to be the guy? I have no idea. Yeah, it's a tough one. It is now Montez is the one who really intrigues me because he's big and I, fast. I love an athletic he's like, quarterback. He's big and fast. He's like he love an athletic quarterback. He's just like Cam, six three, six four, big dude. The potential might maybe that's what Ron like. Maybe that's what Ron sees in him. Maybe he sees Cam's stature. Maybe he sees 
who knows? But imagine if they put Montez on the practice squad and they just got just got swooped up by another team. And when it, like I said, I don't know the COVID rules for the practice squad this year. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Practice squad could be secured. Like last year, you couldn't snatch one off practice squads with COVID. Yeah. But being that everything is going back to normal, who knows? Yeah, in case anyone's having a stroke or a mid-seizure because I said Montez is like Newton. I don't mean that as far as ability. I just mean that as physical stature. You got a number one overall pick and then an undrafted free agent. So don't want to confuse the two. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that he definitely fits the mold of a quarterback that Ron Rivera had his most success as a coach coaching. So. Yeah, but but the thing is, they they love Kyle Allen, Scott Turner, Ron Rivera. They are obsessed with Kyle Allen. Yeah, like, why is he still around? They love this dude. That's it's that's the, that's why I think yes, he's Colt it's Colt McCoy two point <laughs> And every time you think he gets a shot, something happened. He had a shot last year. Ron Ron and Scott were like, "All right, it's your your turn. Your let's go." Bam, broken. Would he break his ankle? Broken ankle. So yeah, I, I they love Kyle Allen. That's why I, I don't think there's there's I think Kyle Allen somehow finds a way to stay on this team. Yeah, I, does he I make the fifty three? Eh, maybe maybe not. I don't know. That's crazy, man. Like wow, does he make the fifty three? Holy shit, that's huge. Because then that yeah, I mean it, it's really between him and Montez. They're gonna do they dress three? Does three people make the fifty three? Three quarterbacks mm-hmm. make the fifty three, or is it just two? That's what you have to ask yourself. Wow, and I don't know the answer to that question. I think, I think, I think two, have, two, two to start, but we, we can, can we can adjust this later. I tell you what, if we have two quarterbacks, that means that we are in a really, really, really good position, man, as a franchise. Yeah, because it means that you, you have so much trust, faith, confidence, and the ability of the number one guy. You don't need to keep a number three. Well, I mean. Two is one, one is none, right? Isn't that what we say in the army? So yeah. You have you have the backup, you have the resiliency, you have the contingency there. But they traded a fifth round pick for him. Let's not forget that they love this dude. So I think he finds a way to stay somehow, okay. some way, somehow, some way. It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, hell, I, I just like I said though, I, I, whoever starts week one, please get us through the entire season. Please bring us through the glory, glory land, and uh, that's going to segue into the next topic, Steve, because. Dan Orlovsky from ESPN not only says that Washington football team has the uh, the possibility of being one of the fastest teams in the NFL, he has us as a top four team in the NFC. Good God, are we ready for that pressure and stress in D.C.? No. No. Why, Dan? Why no. did you say that? Stop. Yeah, Dan, just stop. We love you. I don't love you as much as TJ. I like TJ Sullivan better. I'm not going to lie. But just just stop. We like being under the radar. Give us zero expectations. That way, if something does happen, we don't let anybody down. When you do stuff like this, now we have a bar. And we're not New England. We're not Green Bay. We're not those teams that consistently finish at the top of their division. We are we are working our way up the ladder. So <laughs> stop with all the expect. But you know what? It, it's just going to get good. worse. We it does are feel good. Yes. Back. Listen, man. I'm 39. Steve, you're 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 in my age bracket as well. You know, yeah. plus or minus a, a year or two. And th- this reminds me of our youth, like getting accolades from the national 
writers, national commentators, analysts, whatever. It's crazy. And I'm going to read verbatim what he said, but he just basically said if, if Washington can get its offense to match the defense provided last season, watch out. And then, quote, I think this offense is going to be predicated on a ton of speed. It might be the fastest offense in the NFL. That right there blows my mind because I look at Kansas City. I live in the Kansas City metro region. That's crazy to hear. Okay, continue quote. We're talking Terry McLaurin on the outside. Then they got Curtis Samuel in free agency. McLaurin's becoming one of the best receivers in the NFL, not just one of the best young ones. That's a hell of a stamp of approval. He says Fitzpatrick, he he points to Fitzpatrick. He says Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to have a ton of weapons to throw to. Diami Brown out of North North Carolina is a huge selection. And then Antonio Gibson at tailback. These are four guys. They have absolute gas offensively. Good God. Stop it. It's it's June 17th. I shouldn't be getting excited. I'm I'm getting flushed. My blood is is, is steamy. <laughs> what's what's going on, Steve? Do you agree with Dan Olafsky, man? I mean, statistically, yes. You look at those dudes Woo! 40 times, yes, they're fast. Woo! But I will I will I will stand pat with this point. I don't know because practice speed doesn't equal game speed. I will go to the grave for that. Mm. Because it, it, you know I, I played quarterback and, and wide receiver growing up. I wasn't the fastest dude, but I could burn some 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 mofos on the on the on the football field just from from being technical, you know. So Terry, Terry's a fast dude all around. Like I I haven't watched Curtis Samuel in North Carolina, so I don't know. Deami Brown, I know he's a burner. Does it translate to the NFL when you got NFL caliber cornerbacks and safeties covering you? I don't know. I hope so. It would be great, but I don't know. It's, so. Oof. That would it's, be, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it would be, it would be dope. It's a lot to build up to, but you know what? If you ask me, you made the comment quoting him. If they can match the, if the offense can match what the defense provided last season, I would say we, we just need to be a little bit better than our offense was last year. And that was, that was not good. If you know, we saw how bad the quarterback play was last year. If we could just get uh, one step above where we were last year on the offense, we're going to be fine. We will be fine. Think about how many times the offense could move the ball. We were going three and out, three and out, three and out. Alex Smith with his three-yard passes and four-yard passes. It, you know what I mean? So if we can just get better quarterback play like last year, man, we, we're, we're, going to be, we're going to be fine. I think we will. Truly yeah. will. That is definitely the key to our success. And I know, Steve, you don't have a ticker for this, so I feel like a douchebag bringing it up, but – when we talk about speed, so we think of Antonio Gibson at running back position. We think of J.D. McKissick. Peyton Barber wasn't our speed guy, but he was more of a thumper. But this kid, Jarrett Patterson, man, out of Buffalo, is a four-five-one guy, and he he got a little bit of flex during the mini camp and the rookie, you know, OTAs, whatever they're calling it these days. If if he can also show up and be willing and ready to play. Do you think Peyton Barber stays on this team next year, or do you think he goes? No, absolutely not. We we talked about this couple of pods ago. I think you were uh, you were working, but mm-hmm. he he's Patterson's. I I cannot wait to see Patterson play. We were talking about Antonio Gibson, his turf toe. There's your banner right there. And yeah, I love it. if he if he got hurt, I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't want to see Peyton Barber. I want to see Jared Patterson. That's yes. who I want to see. 
He's, he's a little mini bowling ball who's super fast. So oh. I don't need to see Peyton Barber. Apparently Peyton Barber lost weight. We need Peyton Barber to be big to, to force the ball. So if Antonio Gibson goes down, you put Patterson in. And then you put J.D. McKissick as your receiving back. That's what I want to see. Give me Patterson all day long and twice on Sunday. Yeah, and Randy Brown says that he uh, he expects uh, both McKissick and um, Gibson to receive more passes out of the backfield this year. So sorry for that quick segue, Steve, but you're quick with the graphics. I appreciate it. That's dope. But that's okay. We talked about that last year is, or last couple of weeks ago on the, on the pod is why was Scott Turner so hesitant to give a former wide receiver named Antonio Gibson – that's just out of the backfield. He's an instant know. mismatch for a linebacker, but you just ran him the ball. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, when you put McKissick in the game, you knew they were passing. Yeah. It's like when Sprinkles in the game, you know, they ain't fucking passing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, my God. Yeah. Take take advantage of your weapons. That's, that's all you got to do. Yeah. No, w- without a doubt, man. So taking advantage of the weapons, take advantage of the playing surface. So, Steve – want to segue into this next one, new playing field. Another simple resurface. So we, we saw FedEx field get resurfaced maybe two or three years ago. Um, we all know once once late October, early November shows around, you see that disgusting brown patch in the middle of the field. But uh, Julie Downsid was talking with the, um, I guess, the field custodian. I'm not sure what the dude's official title would be. Um, groundskeeper, probably. But – this is much more in depth that we've seen at FedEx in a long time as far as the playing surface. So just hearing the interview earlier today, man, they're, they're replacing like 14 inches of subsurface, replacing the, the, the irrigation system, the drainage, the sand. Obviously, I'm not a botanist or a groundskeeper. I don't know the specifics of how you should get your grass to grow better and be strong. But it seems like they're finally doing it the right way. And they got input from Ron Rivera as well. So he's he's fully supportive of it. Um, they believe that players will be able to play faster. They're growing the grass in Carolina. So maybe Ron Rivera has a discount in Carolina still. But, Steve, how excited are you to, to, to think about FedEx Field getting a, a true res, resurface, resod? I don't playing field. I'm just well, playing field. Fair enough. First yeah. off. Let's let's not call them groundskeepers. Let's call them let's call them surface engineers. Okay. Let's do okay. that. Surface okay. engineers. I like Just that. Just like you know, custodial arts. We'll call them surface engineers. Surface engineers. That was stoic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and two. So let's talk about where what they have on the field now that they're tearing up. It's Kentucky bluegrass. From yeah. my memory, I haven't googled this. Kentucky bluegrass is which I what's what I have in my backyard right now. Very common in this area. It dies 32 degrees and below. Once it turns 32 degrees below, it turns brown unless yeah. you take extreme measures to mitigate that. And, and so when it's wintertime, my damn grass is brown. So the color is very – I'm glad they're fixing that. They, Kentucky Black is a terrible, terrible choice for a field. Either go turf or I would love to see what they're looking to replace this, like what type of grass. Because when I when RG3 tours ACL back in 2012, that's when I got into the whole, so what kind of grass are we actually at? And that's when I found out the type of grass it was and 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 realizing that it was it was it was so bad. And it, it'd be nice to see some grass that lasts all year long. And it it's it would be nice to see because remember that was at a time where Dan was having concerts at fedex field on the off weeks 
Yeah. There's always activities on the field in between. Like you can't do that during the season, Dan. Stop. Just stop, stop, stop. The season is reserved for the players. And I think a couple years ago they started resurfacing the sod at the bye week, which is yes. always good. So hey, new surface, great. It I honestly I know there's only a, there's not that many grass fields left. I don't know how many if you know how many grass fields are left in the NFL, but I think it's less than 10. So we are a dying breed for sure. But turf, turf if you ever played on turf, turf is nice. Your cleats are nice. You get you get you always see the guys wearing the uh the white guards for for the Dude, rug burn, but the turf I was nice. going to say though the fucking rug burn is disgusting on turf. I hated it. Yeah. Hated it like I just took my ACFT on fucking turf and it sucked just because yeah. I fell down like I'm clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> I got rug burn on my so, elbows, man. D- disclaimer. I said Kentucky bluegrass. I'm sorry. Bermuda grass, not Kentucky, not Kentucky bluegrass. Berm- it's Bermuda grass. And that's like what from, that's like from the island Bermuda, like fucking hot I, tropical climate. I don't know. I don't know where it's from. I just I'm know it's called Google Bermuda it. grass. Talk about something random while I, like, while I Google Bermuda grass. Yes, though I have Bermuda grass in my backyard, and I tell you, it's very sensitive to dog, dog piss. It's very sensitive to mulberries, which I also have growing in my yard. So, and it's very sensitive to cats that come, like stray cats that come into the yard and like take a piss everywhere. But when it's when it's blooming, it's it's nice grass. I will say it's almost it's very like uh carpet like when you cut it low and it's and it's and it's seeded well and the weather's nice and it's got plenty of rain and it's hydrated it's it's a nice crop of grass but come winter time it's absolutely worthless yeah it says so, it's and good. as we've seen on the field the the google machine saying it flourishes in in sites with full direct sun and good drainage i think yeah. that last part good drainage is is why it died at fedex the drainage system just yeah. sucked it seemed and that's what the the what do you call the ground engineer Surface engineer. Surface engineer. Jesus Christ, man. I can't even say it without smiling. Trying to bring some prominence to the dudes who keep our fields good, man. <laughs> Surface engineer. Do I have to say that with a British accent, Steve? I've got to call you, Andy and ask yes. him how to say that, yes. man. Andy Burroughs, tell me how to say surface engineer. Andy, question for you. What do you guys call the people who take care of the pitch? The and the pitch is the soccer field. Okay. That's what that, – that, I learned that from Ted Lasso. If you haven't seen it, go watch Ted Lasso. Damn. Great up, great miniseries. We are Jason Sudeikis. I like it. The pitch. The pitch. The pitch. I need to go to a soccer game out here. It's yeah. I play twenty one. It's, it's it's fucking lit me up. I want to go see like the Kansas City local team MLS yeah. club. We're gonna take. I'm gonna take my boys to go see uh, DC United at Audi Field because Audi Field is right across from uh, Nats Park and it's yeah. it's nice. It's right next to Fort uh, um, McNair. Fort McNair. So, yeah. so I park it. I'll park it at Fort McNair. And we'll just That's what I was going to say. Out. You better park at Fort McNair and walk out yeah. that entry gate. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Absolutely. we do. We go to Nats games just to keep it safe, you know, So. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. I was at NDU when um they were building that stadium, man. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Very it could, nice. I wish it could have been a Redskins-Washington football team stadium there, but okay. <sighs> I know. That's where it needs to be. Oh, my God. Dude, Okay. This isn't on topic. So I was just in Indianapolis, Steve, and like I rode yeah. through the city. Lucas Oil Field is like fucking perfect, man. Like it's right off the highway. Right They're off. You can see it off to the right. The city. Oh my God. I was like, this yeah. is dope. Dan and it's Snyder, completely, like, completely indoors. That's why they have the draft, the rookie um, combine oh there every year. God. It's, it's very nice. 
beautiful. And and we went to eat downtown Indianapolis and maybe about three minute car ride back to the highway. We run the Lucas Oil Field. I'm like, holy shit, this is dope. So yeah, yeah whatever the location is for the next Washington football team stadium, please be close to like either a highway, mass public transportation, something like FedEx is just horrible. Watching people walk through the woods to get to the, their metro stop and like not get mugged was horrible. Horrible. Like asking people, where are you going? And they're like, oh, I'm walking to the metro stop. And it's just they're walking through a, a an unlit path. I'm yeah. like, this is, this is disgusting. I, I will say, though, I, I do appreciate the – so beers inside were was it 9.50, 9.50. So you always had to break a 10 or 9.75. Keep the quarter, bro. But I will appreciate the kids hustling on the path off the metro on Morgan Boulevard on the way in, selling beers for five dollars. Because I would always buy three. I would always buy three on the way in. Because there's these little cuts in the neighborhoods that you walk in. So I, hey, hey, give me three in a water. So when my wife and I were, were season ticket, we would go. We'd always buy three beers in a water. We would just the three beers would 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 you know by the time we get in, we would drink our three beers or hang out in the parking lot till the time to go. Once again. Nothing to do for the Metro crowd before you go to a game. So fan ambassadors, fix that. Make it Phil, happen. Phil. 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 Rio. Everybody else. Yeah. Fix that. Fix that shit, son. Metro crowd. Hire me. Yeah. I'll, I'll barbecue at all the, all the tailgates. Just let me get a uh, free game ticket. Let's go. <laughs> free, ticket, free parking ticket. Something, man. Red zone, red zone lot or, or, or green lot? Wherever it, it, it don't green matter. Green lot was jumping, man. The red zone lot was jumping as well. But when I was, I was in I, green D when I was a green. Green lot was always green light was green light was always the best. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know what that's called the penny seat, but the green lot was always the best for tailgating. Just because, especially if you wanted to get along the outer rim where you could be against the curb and have a little bit of grass, bro. It was, it was yeah. nice. But if you could find some space in there, and I know they don't want you to do this, but anytime you tailgate, you we met up at a tailgate one time. We always got two spots because you got to have yeah. your vehicle and your tables and so you're not really getting mass capacity at parking if you think about it i'll tell you what though the next stadium it needs to be a fifty thousand state seat stadium with like eighty thousand capacity for parking yes yes something like i don't know let people spread out a little bit to just like fedex it was very cramped um is what i remember when, when i would park there and go to games it's just i i have so many dings on my car doors like I love you, Redskins fans, Washington football team fans, but fuck you at the same time because you ding the shit out of my car on numerous occasions. We'll, we'll, ju- we'll just pretend that was the uh, away crowd. Opposing team, exactly. Fuck opposing right. team fans. You and bastards. I know there was a lot. There was a lot back then. So <laughs> it was a lot. And my, I did have <laughs> I did have Redskins tags on my car at the time. It said HTTR three Virginia tags and uh for the three yeah. Lombardis that we had. A lot of people always yeah. thought that was like, you got RG3 tags. I'm like, no, man, we have three fucking Lombardis, dude. Shut up. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Alex, we'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsor. This is the closing topic, Steve, and this is this is interesting. This is very – I see. I know Steve put on his hat, so he's he's got his thinking cap on for this one. For the folks who will be watching us on YouTube, redrafting 2020, Justin Herbert, the offensive rookie of the year versus Chase Young, the defensive rookie of the year for 2020. 
So, Steve, since you're the only other person on this pod with me this evening, if you had to redraft 2020, would you still go Chase Young or would you go Justin Herbert? The mic is yours. I'm not going to lie, brother. I would go Justin Herbert. Oh, my God. I, I would go Justin Herbert, and simply because you've always you need a quarterback. The quarterback is the most important part of the team, and Ron's oh. running this base, basement bargaining plan at quarterback, which is to be determined. I love Chase Young. Don't get me wrong, but to see what Justin Herbert did last year as a rookie, the dude can only get better. He's not going to get worse, and and if he just plays, continues to play at that level that he's been playing in, San Diego whatever they're called, the Chargers, mm. LA Chargers, they're going to, they're going to be, they're going to be good. So if, if you get pull the gun to my head and tell me to redraft 2020, I would, I would pick Justin Herbert, not a popular opinion. Probably I'll probably get clamored for this on Twitter and I'll post it on Twitter. You know what? I'll do a Twitter poll and ask this question <laughs> and get slammed. I want to yes, tag me in it. When you do I, it. I will get, I would, I would redraft. I would draft Justin Herbert at the second mm. overall pick. Bam. Washington Football X. Rest assured, your boy Rod is not going to be like Steve. We got Demathazone, Chase Young, Defensive Rookie of the Year, number two overall, seven and a half sacks. I'm not Googling anything. This is off the top. He was a beast. He transformed our defense. And although when you look at defenses and you typically say the middle linebacker is the quarterback of the defense, I think we have a defensive quarterback in Chase Young. So for me, I wouldn't. I would, Steve, I would not change the pick. I would still go Chase Young. Um, I know that we're constantly looking for a quarterback in D.C. And I'm probably saying this. Some folks are probably cheering. They, yeah, Rod's awesome. Some people are saying, hey, Rod's an idiot. How is he the host of this damn show? But – I don't know, like Chase was, was magical and, and Herbert was magical in San Diego as well. Um, but I think because Chase wasn't a bust, I'd keep him. And of course, if 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 we if we draft Chase Young, he had one and a half sacks and he's he's a, an absolute train wreck, then yeah, of course, yeah, I'll, I'll take Justin Herbert all day. But when when was Justin Herbert drafted? I don't know his exact draft. Position. He was drafted the uh sixth pick overall. Okay. So not far off, not far off then. No, not 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 far off. It, but let's put this into perspective. As a rookie, this kid threw for forty three hundred yards, Beast. thirty one touch, thirty one touchdowns, and ten interceptions. Beast. We haven't Beast. had that type of performance probably in the history of our franchise. Yeah. History of our franchise. Yeah, yeah. Chase, and this dude um, did it his rookie year. Kirk never did, did Kirk ever go over no. 30 with us? Kirk, he never Kirk went like 27 and 10, 27, 10. He was always like high 20s and in, in early, early, low double digits. He never had, he was never in 30s and 30s and in, in, at 10. I'll tell you that right now. So what Justin Herbert did was just very commendable. If he, if he slumps, okay, but. To me, with all the other strengths we have on this defense, Deron Payne, John Allen, Matt Ioannidis, Tim Settle lurking in the shadows, Chase, or, uh, Montez Sweat, Kendall Fuller, Cam Curl. Like, we got all these, all these dudes. 
I think we could uh we could be okay with Justin Herbert and we wouldn't have to worry about any a quarterback problem for years. And I think we'd be fine without Chase Young. Don't get me wrong, Chase. You're listening to this. Don't fuck me up. I love you. But how many Justin how Herbert many would be the truth? How many touchdowns did Justin Herbert have? 31. 3 1. 3 Yo. 1. How far we, back do you think we have to go to have 31 touchdown passes, Steve? 31. Okay. 31 touchdown passes in the Washington football team history going back. Definitely Redskins time frame. I don't even think Mark Ribbon threw for 31 touchdowns. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. He threw 28. It wasn't – I don't want to – I don't even think Brad Johnson threw 30, 30 touchdowns. Man, I you, you might have to go back 24. to like the – Yeah, exactly. Brad Johnson. Sammy Ball, I got. I I don't even. I I don't know. Twenty. I honestly do not know. I do not know. 30, 30 plus touchdowns. Sonny Jorgensen, nineteen sixty seven. I was gonna say maybe Joe Theismann, but I I don't Dude, know. Sonny Jorgensen had twenty nine. I mean Kurt and, Kurt uh, Joe Theismann twenty nine, nineteen eighty three, twenty fifteen. Holy shit! You're just you're solidifying my point. <laughs> Oh my god, stop it. Oh my god, dude. That's insane. Solidifying my point. It's it's, it's crazy, bro. Since we had a quarterback throw 30 plus touchdowns. 1967, I was still swimming in my 17-year-old fucking father's nutsack. Wow. That's incredible, bro. And and, and oh my uh, god. We've been a passing league for like the past 10 years. And remember, just re- put this into perspective. 30 touchdowns, high 20s is standard. No, exactly. For normal teams. It's standard. 31. So. 31 is our – holy shit, man. Dude, that's that's yeah. insane. Yeah. That is insane. Holy hell. We're on like statistics with quarterbacks – Overall, highest QB rating for the Washington football team. Who do you got? Who do you think it is? This is fun. This is, this is unscripted part of the pod right now. It's just Steve and I. And I have the, the football database up. So I'm cheating a little bit. Robert Griffin third, RG3 with 2012. Oh, my God. This is hilarious. It, Kirk Cousins right yeah, behind him. That, in 2015. For the number two, but then from that, but then from that, so Kirk Cousins with the second highest QB rating with one hundred one point six behind RG 3s one hundred two point four. So the both the both years that they won a division title for us twenty twelve and twenty fifteen, you have to go back to Mark Rippon's nineteen ninety one season, which was probably the greatest Redskins football team of all time. He had a QB ring of ninety seven point nine, which isn't a slouch, but damn, like that is just incredible to me man like whew, holy hell we, we we deserve a good quarterback we talked about the quarterback uh, a, a couple of segments ago but we definitely need someone to take over this franchise in the next couple of years man and just get us where we need to be because reading those statistics and those numbers is a little bit heartbreaking and something that you do not expect to see so Oh man, that's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. But 
We are now at the shout-out phase of our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's It's been quick. It's about 42 minutes right now when I'm talking about this, but I will give a shout-out to Hog Farmer Chris. So everyone knows the Hog Farmers. Unfortunately, man, they uh, the Hog Farmers got a little bit of a – Hog Farmer Chris, at least, he, he got cut off from, from Twitter due to copyright infringement. So I want to give a shout-out to Hog Farmer Chris – Roughly the same handle. If you followed him, ladies and gentlemen, and you're cool with us, you're cool with him. It's Hog Farmer Chris, but two S's. So H O G F A R M E R C H R I S S. So two S's this time around. But uh, give the big homie Hog Farmer Chris um, some love. Follow him. And uh, Steve, I'm going to pitch it to you for any shout outs that you may have for this uh, ending pod. Shout out to Dev. Shout out to uh, Phil. Sorry, you guys couldn't be here. And, you know, shout out to, say, Jason, Donaway, and Frederick Brown from the group, as long as Cody yeah, Jones. Buddy. Thanks for jumping into the live stream. Live stream last week, I got some, some, uh, well, some, some for you I'm going to mail to you. And then I think over the next week or so, we got, we got another guest coming on who's been, we'll call it a part of the extension of the team. Maybe an extracurricular activity of the team. We won't we won't spoil it now, but um, you know, a lot of different culture things changing in 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 the team, and uh-huh. this is one of them based on the name and the, I, and I think the management on the team just made a decision to to cut cut bait on this asset of the team for now. So, yeah, we're gonna have a member of that of that individual of that organization on, and it should be fun. We we won't spoil it till then. So I won't spoil it, but damn it, better come back. We better come back. Okay. 1937. 1937. My God. Yeah. Five seventy five was was a good one, man. I'm a, I'm a obviously jump off of this. Probably look at a little bit of NBA basketball. Go upstairs with the wife and kids. But uh, Steve, it's it's always a pleasure, man. This was unique because you got the 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 host, the co-host, and then the host and the co-host. You know, um, kind of going back and forth. You know, Steve, you're you're always a, a huge help uh, to. To us, you know, I won't say to me, but to us, you know, you handle all the graphics, um, you know, how we how we stream and go live every every once in a while uh, to the you know YouTube or Facebook, and this is the first time that you and I got to rock together, man. It, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I love I love Dev. I love I love Phil, but I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna talk a little bit shit on Phil because we're still recording. Phil, you're a mouthy son of a bitch at times. God damn, I love you to death. <laughs> <laughs> but damn, I got some inbox messages like, hey, tell Phil to shut up sometimes. We love him, but damn, be be brief. Jump in. So since you're not here to defend yourself, Phil, oh, we'll talk man. a little bit of shit. But we, we love Phil. We call him the human computer. Um, obviously, we know he's a fan ambassador for the Washington football team dealing with culture. And uh I was I was laughing. Steve, I had I had screenshotted something in the group because Lamar Bland was like Hey, show some respect to Phil. He's one of the fan ambassadors. I was like, oh my God. If Phil's head gets any bigger, oh, like, we in trouble, bro. Planet, planet we in trouble. We will no longer be part of this solar system. But uh no, it's, it's all jokes. It's all love, man. But um it's 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 been a blast. You know, we're we're officially over one year old now with this podcast, and we look forward to continuing to bring you guys great content. So if you're listening to this, if you're watching us. Like it, retweet it, reshare it, get folks to listen to us, get folks to subscribe to the YouTube channel, join the Facebook group, and um, yeah, just rock with us, man. Watch them football acts. It's where it is, man. I love it.
Yeah, and I'm flashing up just for the uh, YouTube crowd. We're going to flash up here real quick the um, what, what Rob was trying to say earlier about go follow Hog Farmer Chris. So Hog Farmer Chris, two S's on the end. Give the man yeah. a follow. Yeah, copyright, co- copyright is a mofo. I better go back and delete some of it the uh, sucks, videos man. I have on my Twitter because they're about to get me next. Dude, I've, I've, had for you. I've had it before, and it sucks the way that they do this, man. They don't even let you go in and – and delete those things. They just fucking tank your account. And what Chris does, not only for the Washington football team community, but for for mankind. I mean, it's a it's a legit project. charity. Five hundred one c three for a good like like yeah like defeating kids <laughs> cancer. And I get it. Whoever whoever laid that copyright claim against him, they don't know what what, what Chris does, but. I mean, former Marine, always a Marine, and, you know, they do great work for kids with childhood cancer. And for that dude to lose his account, I think he had like 5,000 followers too, man. He was pretty large. Um, Yeah, give him a follow, man. Uh, Show some love to Hog Farmer Chris, man. We we had Joe, uh, one of the Hog Farmers on. We we still have to have Chris on the pod with us, but... um, they have a very important message, so I want to make sure that his message is continued to be heard. So, yeah, give him a follow, man. And you see the banner if you're watching on YouTube at Hog Farmer Chris with two S's. So, definitely do that. That's uh, wraps out Pod seventy five. So, uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate you. And uh, until we see you again, be safe and continue to hail. Peace. Peace. Washington football addicts, baby. Let's go. Washington football addicts. We've been working for years. Always keeping it real. It's Rod, Steve, Devin, Phil. We talking about latest deals and what goes on on the field and happenings with the team. So listen if you are being heard. Hey, what is going on? Welcome, Washington Football Addicts, Washington Football Nation. Hey, we're back for another show. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Tonight, we have episode 87. It's myself, Steve. We got Big Phil, and we got Dev in the house tonight. Hey, shout out to Rod. He couldn't join us tonight. He's out He's out uh, traveling for work. So, Phil, hey, you know how we do it. This episode's 87. Take us away. Episode 87 is a true legend for this franchise. It is former tight end Jerry Smith. Jerry Smith uh, played for the team from 1965 until 1977. When he retired, he held the NFL record for most receiving touchdowns by a tight end. Held that record from 77 until 2004 when Shannon Sharp broke that record. Held the Redskins record for most catches by a tight end. Until 2009, when Chris Cooley broke that, um, but Jerry Smith was an innovator at the tight end position for sh- position for sure, um, and one of the key targets during those uh, glory years in the 70s, uh, with uh, George Allen at the helm, and he had Sonny and uh, and Billy throwing him the ball. Um, <clears throat> he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was one of the first real receiving threats at tight end that uh, the league has had him and John Mackey and, you know, later on you had Dave Casper in the seventies, but uh, unfortunately he's not. And there's some socio-political reasons as to why we're not going to get into those today, but 
Um, had he played in a later era, I think he would be in the Hall of Fame already. All right, that's what's up. So, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Never heard of that dude. <laughs> never heard of Jerry Smith? I heard of him, but I, didn't, I don't, of course, I don't know about him like you know about him. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I mean, I dude had never 400 stuff. catches in his career yeah. for his team. And, yeah. and Yeah, Jerry Smith was a dog, man. Yeah, all right, so as you all know, episode 87, this week four in the NFL, week four. And this weekend we have a good matchup against the Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons from down south Georgia. So tonight we have two very special guests. Tonight we have Mr. Mike Dubb and Mr. Jimbo Slice from Pound for Pound Atlanta. Let's go ahead and add them to the stream. Fellas. Thank you for joining us tonight. What is up? How y'all doing? Big Mike, Big Mike, tell them how you doing, baby. Hey, hey man, first and foremost, you know, thank y'all for um, letting two Falcons guys, Falcons fans, you know, come crash and, you know, collaborate on a little football talk today. Like I said, man, hey, for y'all to reach out and extend the Olive Branch, you know, down south to uh, us Georgia guys, we couldn't be more appreciative and we ready to tap in. Jimbo Slice, talk to these people. Oh man, I'm I'm feeling good. Hey, look here, we got football back, fellas, and oh. I don't know how some people are are tending to forget that and, and and not know that we didn't have it for a while, and and the way we did get it, we couldn't enjoy it the way we wanted to enjoy it as as real football fans. So, hey man, I'm happy. I appreciate it, fellas, for having us. It should be a good Sunday. Um, may the best team win. Right. Absolutely. It's Let's all get love. to it. Hey, it's all hey, love. I'll tell you this right now. You got two Southerners in the room with you because Dev's in Kentucky. I'm in Virginia. Yeah. Ah, so. I, I'm up here in D.C. But hey, Tiho, welcome to the stream. Uh, he says he thinks he knows he knows you, Jimmy. Yes, he's a Falcons fan. He says he uh, he thinks he's actually sub to y'all. So look at look at that love, man. Watch the football fans giving you guys love already. Got to love hey, that. Appreciate it. That's Appreciate right. It. Hey, so let's go ahead and uh, just jump right into it. So. When we have people on the show, we just regardless of where you come from, we just want to know how did you become a fan of the team that you love so much? So, Mike, Big Mike, let's start with you first. How did you become a fan of uh, of Atlanta? Man, I think you know, just like the shirt that I got on, my you know, I support the Bulldogs. It's like I think when you we from that Georgia red clay, like we like to say in Georgia, man, we from the red clay, right? You know, so I think um, you know it, it was the team that like I just remember like after I left church. It was like we go to church, then we go watch the Falcons. Like it's always been ingrained in my head on Sunday, it's time to watch football. And you know what? Even as an adult, it's almost like I can't say it another way, but it's it's like one thing I love about football is no matter what's going on in the fall, you know, you can be stressed out at work, but you know that like once it gets to be like Thursday, Friday, getting a little closer to the weekend, and it's almost time for football, right? So I think football has always been a part of my life, my culture and and the one thing I know about my team, good, bad, and different, I take a lot of flack for supporting my team. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I would say the same probably with the Washington football yep. team. A lot of bad years, but again, when you wear your team, you know, your, your team's colors, you know, on your hat, on your jersey, you'll take it because you know what? Like, we real fans. This is nothing bandwagon over here since birth. Like, honestly, I couldn't root for another team. Now, they, they drive me crazy. You know, I, I would say right. that they, they play with my blood pressure. They play with my emotions a lot. But I ain't gonna leave my birds, man. Like <laughs> that's what I, I, I lived in uh Thomasville, Georgia for about Woo! two in fifth and sixth grade, man. I grew okay. up there a, a little while, so I, I'm familiar with the area a little, so, uh, very little, 
as a child. So, so. Mr. Slice and I, we from Albany, Georgia, so we not okay. like bro, so not too far, man. Okay. Yep. Hey, Chris Blow, welcome to the stream, bro. Thanks for joining us, Jimbo. What's yo, up, man? Tell, tell, tell us your your Falcon story, man. Oh man, I've been playing playing football since a little jit, little jitty bug. We like to say, you know, Pop Warner. You know, little league, all that good stuff. You know, I idolized Deion Sanders, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, but I idolized. I knew the Deion Sanders as the Atlanta Braves, which is kind of like the Georgia Bulldogs in the Deep South. Atlanta Braves, Georgia Bulldogs, traditional, you know, traditional teams, more other than the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Hawks. And to and to see Deion Sanders uh, get an interception in one game and playing the World Series the same day, I became a huge, super huge fan. And it, it, it didn't take long for me to, to get to dive deep into the Atlanta Falcons and say, hey, look, it, it, if you're from this state, you're going to support the team that's in your state and you're going to and you're going to go all the way 100 percent. And plus in the South, you know, football is, is, is like, it, it, it's like it's like a tradition down there. It's almost religion. So too easy to become a Falcon fan, too easy to root for the Falcons. And it was just too easy to, you know want this team to win and, and i'm i'm not going nowhere good bad and ugly i'm in it for the long haul been around this long if we do win one it'll it'll feel even better if if, if it take long you know to get there so gotta rise up gotta be a dirty bird and, and, and all we want to do is just win baby that's all we want around here that's, all that's we're right to hey do. at least y'all got a fly ass stadium <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. you do hey that's a topic of discussion too because you know if you listen to a few of our podcasts the other week we were a little angry. We were like, you know, what do we? What, we don't even deserve this stadium. You know, we're not putting a product on the field where we even deserve all of this nice ingenuity and engineering that that Arthur Blank has bestowed on us. But anyway, another conversation for another day. Yeah, it is. yeah, very true. I think uh, when we're we, not to get off off topic, but you know, we're in the process of looking at a new stadium for like 2027, and and Jason Wright, our team president, and Dan Snyder, they're touring the world, the country. Atlanta was one of the stops they went to. L.A. What they call it? So SoFi. SoFi Stadium, yep. SoFi Stadium. Yeah, yeah. So they toured all the big new stadiums, and they're just trying to get ideas. But you know, we need to get out of that dump of FedEx. So we're just hoping we get something half as good as what you you guys have. So don't take it for granted. It's, it's a nice place. I mean, gotta, I envy it. Y'all probably want to keep that FedEx name because our head coach, his dad, and runs and own FedEx. So you probably want to keep FedEx around. That is right. What's his, what's his last name again? Arthur Smith. Smith. So Smith. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> okay, so let's roll into the, the next topic. Um, help us and help our 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 you know our listeners tell us who the 2021 Falcons are. How was the offseason? How were you guys so far going into week four? So Jimbo, start us off, man. <laughs> oh man. Oh, hey, over here at Pound Found ATL, we 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 dig numbers first. Uh we watch film, we do all our due diligence to make sure we know. We can to make sure we can almost put out a factual statement about our team, and we and we did we dive deep the whole offseason, and I mean we go from and we even dig all the way back from years prior. You understand? So we we do everything we can to make sure we give a the the, the, the your average Atlanta Falcon fan the best we can depict this Atlanta Falcon team the best we can over here at Pound Fine Tail. And and what we what we've been finding out is that. Every other year when we get a different regime, that first year is always kind of like a search, like we searching for that identity, trying to find that culture and trying to figure out what exactly this team is going to be. Now, in three weeks, it's really hard to depict that. But you can get you can get eye close. You can get nips here and commercials here and little microwave dinners here. What your team might 
or could be. And in the 2020 Atlanta, 2021 Atlanta Falcons, is, we, we still looking for that. But we on that verge. And we know we on that verge because, I mean, within that first quarter, we're going to know. And our first, we got our first win against the Giants last week. We only averaging 16 points a game. Defense is kind of like back in right now. They they starting to catch up. Everything is starting to come along. Um, we, we, we bypassed the preseason like we had an all-star team, like we ain't coming off a losing season, which we still don't get over here at Pound Pound ATL. We still don't realize why our new regime did that, but they did. And they and they starting to they starting to trying to catch up. They're trying to find who they actually are. They're trying to find that culture and they're trying to get that identity. And I think Arthur Smith and our new GM, Terry Fontenot, who we got from the New Orleans Saints, I think they're starting to do that. It's starting to come around, and we're starting to see we're finna nitpick. We're not finna be the, the Titans offense who we got uh, Arthur Smith from. We're not finna be the Titan offense. We're finna be a different version of that, but we're finna grind you out. We're finna try to punish you and make you, you know, bow down to our time management, and then we're just going to break a uh, being don't break on defense with Dean Pease. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I, and I dovetail kind of off what uh, Jimbo Slice is talking about a little bit, right? Because I think the problem that we ran into is Dan Quinn gave us a lot of slogans. Like he was all good for all gas, no brakes, or you know, uh, embrace the suck. Man, we got so used to these marketing campaigns and slogans for we're an average team and we hope to play better next week, right? So <laughs> as, a, as a fan base. We grew tired of it. Like, I mean, honestly, I would say Dan Quinn last year, just to kind of go back last year a little bit, Dan Quinn before he was fired, it just the morale was low in the city, right? Like, and, and again, you guys have had your share of coaches who have just kind of stunk it up. So you yeah. know what it's like when you support a team where it's like, you know, we got the players in place, but we're not playing to our ability, right? So I think, you know, this Falcons team this year is, I would say, to be honest with you, we do mask a couple of things. Like, we're, we're not a team that I would say – Talent-wise, we can go toe-to-toe with some of the upper echelon teams at the league, even with a Matt Ryan, which, again, I know we're parking a lot Matt Ryan. We'll talk about <laughs> it later because I know y'all chomping at the bit to talk about Matt Ryan. But I think from a team standpoint, you know, I'll tell you this. We play more together now than I've seen probably the last couple of years. All of the individuals, we've kind of gotten them out of the building, starting with Julio Jones, to get me wrong. When Julio Jones said he wanted out of Atlanta on, uh, on first take and everybody saw it, Everybody saw the, the interview. Yeah, it, it sucked. But you know what? That's the type of mentality is that we almost need to let go. You know, like we need people that want to go play football and that's locked in, dialed in, team players. And I think collectively we're playing more as a team, which is why I think when we played the Giants last week, we were able to get it done and do something we hadn't done in a couple of years, which is close out a game, which is actually make plays in critical moments to actually close out a game. So I think there are little bits that we can take, but we honestly just, we are a team that is rebuilding. We are a team that is literally trying to figure out our identity as Jimbo said, but first quarter of the season, that's kind of what we need to be talking about right now. Right. And I hadn't mentioned Kyle Pitts. So yeah, that's what we got. How's he doing by the way? I haven't been really watching too much. Uh, I told Jimbo Slice on the podcast the other week. I was like, he, he's like a freight train. It's like you see him coming. Like eventually he's going to come closer and closer. He's not right at your face yet, but he'll make a catch here. You just like you see the ability in spurts. And I just think it's only a matter of time before he kind of breaks out just because he's got that, that, that extra gear that I would say none of our other receivers have, including Calvin Ridley. Right. And, and he's a rookie. He's a rookie too. So, and that's what people are missing, are kind of forgetting about him because he's that unicorn that we wanted. 
at four at four. And but they did you cannot forget that he's a rookie and a rookie on offense. Rookie on defenses are different. They can fly around, they can be more freely. On on offense, the people can scheme to stop you. And, 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 and we finding out some people are scheming to stop Kyle Pitts before he even gets started, which do say a lot. That that do say a lot about that rookie. But like Mike said, I think he's on the fringe of exploding. And God knows. Let's hope for y'all's sake he don't explode this start to explode this Sunday. Yeah, because he yeah. comes. We'll, 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 we'll circle back to that in a, piece, in a few minutes. Yeah, we, we got we got we got some insight for y'all and, on that. And it's it's funny because what you just described about the Falcons is very similar to about about Washington. We're a new team, except the only difference between our two teams is we're going through a culture change. We're going through a lot of change. Name everything changed, right? You know, last year we got rid of everybody and started from scratch, but. We're rebuilding this team, and we got fool's gold last year with a 7-9 division championship that we probably – I don't want to say we shouldn't have had, but it's not our fault the rest of the team just sucked, and, and it's not our fault that the Eagles coach benched Jay, uh, um, what's his name? Um, uh, brought in Jalen Hurts for the entire second half, and then we won the division in, in the last game of the season. Like, oh, yeah. We probably shouldn't have won the division, but we did, and now we have this schedule, and it's it's year two of a rebuild in the Ron Rivera, and there's – all these expectations and we're just proven to be we not we're not where we where the fan base and the media hyped us up to be division champions we're coming back no we're in year, year two of a rebuild and it's a slow it's a process so it sounds like you guys are already there but your expectations are more level-headed than than our, well, our media and our fans come out to be you know what i'm saying but but i'll say this though i'll say to add one thing that y'all are clearly ahead of us at which i think it's championship caliber. It's just my own two cents from being an outside observer. It is on the defensive line. You guys have defensive linemen who are capable of taking over games at any given time. And you know in this right. league, when you got a good defensive line, you can mask all the other stuff. See, Very true. But, they, one, but they've never done it. Yeah, <laughs> right. but Chase Young got zero sacks, bro. But, but you know, yeah, as of now, he got zero. As of now, he got, I mean, I hope tomorrow, I hope Saturday, Sunday, he gets like six in one day, like uh, Chandler did. I mean, but, but what's the chances? But you know what? Well, but I say this though, he still feels confident enough that he's looked at our offensive line and he said, "Yeah, this is my game that I'm going to break out at." I thought that that was really telling him him because he's like, "Well, yeah, I, you know, I've been kind of behind the eight ball. Well, well, I got the Falcons this week. Let right. me break those guys." So he he might have spotted something on our offensive line, which again we'll yeah. touch on. Better. Uh, that makes right. him feel right because this is the second week that a player has played came against us because Tom Brady last week trolled us or week before last Tom yeah. Brady trolled us before he played us it was 328 on the clock uh at his clock at his house and he was just trolling us 28 to 3 yeah. for the team right so this is almost like the second out of the third week that somebody has looked at our team and said oh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that left tackle or oh, that right tackle I'm about to eat these guys for lunch that to me we don't have a defensive lineman who can say, "Oh yeah, uh, your offensive guard, your left guard, we're about to kill him this week." We don't. We got, we got carved up by Danny Dimes, bro. Honestly, we got carved up by Danny Dimes. <laughs> y'all, y'all, yeah, hey, Dev, hold up. We, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. In, y'all, in legit, that y'all legit, y'all legit won that game against them, though. We legit got lucky. Yeah, we did. We should be zero three. Sure did. Hey, uh, so it's a quarterback centric league. We all know that the uh, the league of the old, the league of probably our we'll call it youth was about running the football. You know, it's a, it's a quarterback centric league. Matt Ryan is, is, is a, is a seasoned veteran. You guys have a quarterback. We have Taylor Heineke. We had Ryan Fitzpatrick went down with the hip injury, the 
fourth series of the game, and we've had Taylor Heineke since. So I think I have my own opinion of who Matt Ryan is. You know, he's a solid veteran. You know what you're going to get at him. You're not going to get any more. You're not going to get any less. You're, you know what you're going to get at Matt Ryan. He's kind of a statue back there, but he, he, he doesn't make crazy bad decisions. So I just want to see, like – Jimbo, like, what, what, what is your opinion on on Matt Ryan as a as a lifelong fan? Like, are you happy with him? Are you pissed well, off about him? Like, no. First of all, first of all, go ahead. If any Falcons fans watching, go ahead and repeat what you just said about Matt Ryan for the our fan base, really quick. Repeat what you just said for me, real quick about him being a statue. No, no, uh, he, he's a stable vet. We know what we're going to get from him. And he's, he, yeah, you, you're not going to get any more. You're not going to get any less. You know exactly we, what you get from him, week in and week out. He got an MVP. Right, and we got a quarterback. We got a quarterback, right? Yeah, right. I did hear you say that. Thank yes. you very much. We do not have that. You have <laughs> okay, that. appreciate it. appreciate it. just wanted yeah. the fan. I, if I'm in our fan base watching this, we want a, another fan base to put it out there so they can hear. It. That's yeah. all. I really appreciate that. Well, Thank he's gonna be much. in Washington next year, anyways. So you want? Him. Oh, so you want Matt Ryan? No, I, do, I, absolutely, I absolutely do not. For the record, <laughs> want Matt Ryan. Okay, but, uh, but I didn't want uh, you know Fitzpatrick either. But we got him. So you'll take Matt Ryan. Say. You'll take Matt Ryan for over what you got is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. I, I'll take him over fit. Oh, okay. I know because I know this. Now go ahead, Jim. Drive it. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, Jim wanted to get it there. Yeah. So yeah. okay, who who is Matt Ryan? Right? Matt Ryan's a pocket passing, record setting, gun slinging. Yes, I wrote this down. Been sacked over 40 times, never had a defense, never had an offensive line. On like his six have six or seven hundred OC head coach, yeah, that is Matt Ryan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, in a nutshell, right? But at the end of the day, Matt Ryan give you a chance to win a ball game. I mean. The Washington football team wish they had a Matt Ryan so they could have a chance to win a football game. We I'm gonna go out on Alex Smith. Uh, I'm gonna go out on the line. Okay, Alex Smith, <laughs> Matt Ryan, same, almost, uh, almost the same guy. Almost the same guy. No, no. Almost the same guy. Don't get me fired up. I know no. the numbers. I know the numbers. I'm talking Matt about Ryan, Matt Ryan's style. better. I'm talking about the style. Matt Ryan is better. Thank you. But I'm talking about the style of body type, not taking off. In, in, but anyway, let me go. There. I'm going to go here. If the Washington football team had Matt Ryan last year with that defense in that deep and that defensive line in the playoffs, y'all would have damn near went to the Super Bowl. Now, if y'all disagree with that, Tell me I'm lying. If you had Matt Ryan on the center last year, with 10 that wins, line, 10 wins easy. Get no, because I'm gonna tell you something. When Matt Ryan get in the playoff, Matt Ryan turns into a whole nother person. And we know as Atlanta Falcon fans, and some of the teams that we have beat, they will tell you the man is dead on when he get in the playoffs. He do he do not play no games. The only thing that fucks Matt I'm sorry. You can curse, it's okay. <laughs> All right, cool with that shit. Hey, whatever you want. Don't the hold only back. thing that mess Matt Ryan up when he get in the playoff, he don't have a defense. So like, right. and he, uh, and like I said, if he was on y'all team last year in the playoffs, y'all would have went almost in the Super Bowl. Y'all probably would have made it to the Super Bowl. I'm gonna just put with that defense. I'm gonna go ahead and put that out there with a running game. So what we got now today in Matt Ryan? Let's talk about right now today. We are talking about a guy that just not is not gonna just not gonna lose a game for you. It's all around stuff that is going on. That put Matt Ryan in some of the position that Matt Ryan has been put in this year, and that's okay with us. You know why we pay him a whole lot of money to get put in stuckful situation. Matt Ryan crawl, walk, and then run. That's what he's doing right now. He's throwing a walk on you. That's what the Giants done found out. And then he's gonna start running here in a minute, and then some people gonna have to pay. 
he gonna be top. He gonna be top in all the passing. He broke every record you can think of in the, in the first fourteen years as a quarterback in the league. So as of right now, you ain't gotta worry about y'all. Ain't gonna have to worry about Matt Ryan too much because he's still crawling. That 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 third quarter of the season, them teams they gonna have to worry about the walking Matt Ryan in the last four the four uh, games or so. They're gonna have to worry about them running one. And then, yeah. but right now we are right where we want to be at with the quarterback that we have. And it's, it's good to know a lot of other teams out there want it. Big Mike, go ahead and well, get it now. Hey, yeah, tell, tell us, lay, lay it I, on us. Let's go. I want to hear what you got to say, Steve. And then I, <laughs> I, 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 all I wanted to say was listen, Matt Ryan, I, I'm, I'm a fan. Like, I'm not diehard. I, I appreciate football and I like talent. He four pick or four touchdowns, three, three interceptions this year, but he's throwing for 71%, which means the ball is getting where it needs to be. Now, I don't know what those three picks were. I didn't watch any of the games, but 71% teams have been tearing us apart with accuracy, like breaking the zone, putting the ball in the tight spots. Like that's the last thing we need to be seeing as a quarterback who's that accurate because it gives a, a guy catches the, the ball is going to be where it's going to need to be. And then the rest on the player to make something happen. So it's, it's a little, little, little bit scary, to play someone who's that accurate. That's all I was trying to say. Okay. No, 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 that's good. Cause I'm gonna go a little bit more grim. You know what I mean? Cause, cause I agree. And I'm gonna tell you something. It is refreshing to hear another team's viewpoint of Matt Ryan, because I'll I tell you this, if you come around the city of Atlanta, you will see a lot of people like, I mean, with trash cans, basically trying to run Matt Ryan as far out of town as they possibly can. Yeah. First and foremost, let's just start there. But I will tell you this though. There is a, there's a really peculiar element to the story of Matt Ryan. And it's really unfair to this guy because at one point in time, this guy was paid at the same level as Aaron Rodgers, right? Almost $25 million a year, top flight quarterback. And the craziest thing to me, and this goes to Thomas Dimitrov, because I hate mentioning his name, our freaking previous GM, general manager, because he screwed this team up so mercilessly. And I'll tell you what, you got a quarterback back there who can make throws, great completion percentage field general, uh, does all the right things off the field, right? Is kind of a guy that, like, you really don't need to worry about at the quarterback position. But you give him some of the most piss-poor offensive linemen <laughs> known to man. So Y'all pick, pick wide receivers and tight ends with your first pick, man. Well, no. Here's pick a fucking lineman. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. We <laughs> pick tight ends. We've done that kind of stuff. But the problem is this. We haven't picked talented players, period. Like, we haven't picked players that have translated to to the NFL, and and I, and I would say this goes back years for this goes back from oh, yeah. Peter Kahn's to I could just man I could got a laundry list of guys who didn't pan out, and I'll tell you this: it always starts in the drafting and scouting department because you you would say that like you know my thing about it is like this: if we spend all of this money, you know, building this really nice building, you got to take time to put some chairs inside the building, right? You got it like oh, this is an office, like we got a big building, right? And we got an office inside of it. You got to put chairs in it. You got to have a cafeteria. You got to have an elevator. You got to have all this stuff to work on the inside. Cause, cause, and what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is that's what we've done. We got, we got the building. We got Matt Ryan. You can, you can build around Matt Ryan, but we put nothing in that building to protect this guy, which is why Chase Young can look at our offensive line and say, I haven't broken out yet. This is the week that I break out. Mm -hmm. And again, the reason why you see Matt Ryan being erratic sometimes is I will tell you this straight up for everybody from in Washington that's watching this right now is he is a gun shy. He suffers a little bit. He He's seeing ghosts just a little bit because as soon as he says, hut, he got people in his face. And I don't care how good you are. If you're living like that and you're getting set and you're getting defensive linemen, these huge, y'all got some defensive linemen. That's right. right. I've looked at your depth chart. Y'all are, y'all have put an onus 
on the defense line. And one thing about Ron Rivera, with him coming from Carolina, he is definitely familiar with Matt Ryan. He knows how to affect him. So if anything, it, that's why I said this game is going to be really interesting for both of us because, you know, the Giants, I thought that we were kind of on par with the Giants in terms of just the way we played. It felt like we was playing ourselves. This is literally a team that if we come out and play our game, we could dominate. But, again, if we let, you know, Taylor Heineke um, and with your defense, if your defense is able to get pressure on Matt Ryan, it could be a long day for us, like point blank. Don't you have three first-rounders on the offensive line? I, I thought I heard a comment on the radio today. I don't know if it's true or not. Or are they yeah. older three first-rounders? Last year, our whole line was first-rounders. Actually, our whole line, yeah, with the exception of – uh, no, no, no. Jalen Mayfield was a third-rounder. We got a rookie at left guard, third-rounder. We got a fourth-rounder, uh, Hennessy. But, yeah, uh, to your point, uh, Jake Matthews, first-rounder. Chris Lindstrom, actually, is probably one of our best linemen. We never talk about him because he never does anything wrong, which is great. That's why we don't even – I don't spend a lot of time talking about Chris Lindstrom. He do what he's supposed to do. He grayed out 85, 90 a game, every game. We never talk about him. But Caleb McGarry, now I'll give you a little bit of intel. Caleb McGarry, our right tackle, Chase Young, that's what. That's why he feels like he's got an advantage right there. And I'll be honest with you. That's who it's going to be over. Caleb McGarry struggles against, like, fast pass rushing. Yes, Lord. Eats his lunch twice a year, every year since he's been in the league. And it's just known. And he puts, he puts tweets about it. And I'll put you like this. All y'all played football before. If a guy tweets you that 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 AI yeah, I just destroyed this guy this game, right? And you got to see that guy again the next game. If you really feel like you can beat that guy, you're gonna be looking forward to like, all right, I got Cameron Jordan again. And you get beat the same way you got beat the first time. That man owns you. So yeah. it's Cameron I, Jordan. I mean that's Daniel Jones to the Washington football team till till last two weeks ago. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> he's like our daddy, he's been our daddy for four right. games straight. But, you know, quick, uh, before I, before I turn it over to Phil, I got one question from Tiho for for Jimbo. Um, he asked, "Who was a good another good wide receiver on your team since Julio is gone?" And then I'll turn it over to Phil. Since since Julio has left, yeah, uh, it's, it's no question. It's Kevin Ridley. No question about it, hands down. But we are starting to notice some flaws since Julio left. Um, we don't know if he can really carry the weight as a wide receiver. One, we don't know how physical he is when it comes to putting his shoulder pads down and, and making the tough catches and, and just, you know, grinding and being that guy, being the running back after the catch, not just a catch and, and, and fall down or catch in the end zone. We want to know what that yak looking looking like, but definitely Kevin Ridley. And, and, and we definitely missed that yak from, from Julio Jones in a bigger tight right receiver. We're more finessed that right receiver right about now, but I think Kevin Ridley is, is the best since Julio left because that's all we got since Julio left, really. Ridley or else? We don't really have. Okay. Well, let me let me uh, just ask you all this. Um, I have everybody on your entire roster. Who should the Washington football team be watching on Sunday? Making impact for the Falcons. Who should be that key guy that you think is going to be the one to make an impact for your team? I'll tell y'all now. It's going to be the tight end. We're terrible at covering tight ends. He's going to have his game. Hey, Watch. look, okay, we 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 can answer that question and Mike could jump on it. But after after we answer this, after we answer this one, answering this, we want the same same answer. From, we want that same question answered from y'all and Mike. Yeah, we going this is a reciprocity question because uh, <laughs> <laughs> we definitely gonna ask y'all the same question. Now let me ask you this because you know, like I said, we like to get geeked over here, pound for pound, ATF, offensively or defensively, because both matter. Let's go both. Give us one for sure. each. Give us one for each. 
All right, we'll split it up. Jimbo, you want to do offense, defense? I will split it up. You know, I, I know where your mind at anyway. So yeah, yeah, go. I do. I, you do. Go and do that offense. You know what I want. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I'm gonna let Jimbo because Jimbo is a secondary guy. Uh, I'm gonna let him. Uh, I'm gonna let him give you some insight on who he thinks. But I will say offensively, the one guy, the one guy that you really gotta watch out for. If I'm really honest, and I, it's weird for me to say this, <laughs> Patterson, because let me tell you something. Cordero Patterson has been a special teams guy, kind of a gadget guy up to this point. Never really had a real role. Could play a little bit of this, play a little bit of that. But I will tell you this. They find ways every game to scheme Cordero Patterson open. One thing that we like to note on the podcast about Cordero Patterson is this. He is truly one of the guys, I would say, outside of Calvin Ridley, that usually when he gets the ball, he has the ability to make the first defender miss, right? And you need that. When you want, you know, when the type of offense that we're running, we're kind of slowing the ball down a little bit. Those yak players are absolutely important. So I would say, you know, it took me a little while to get on the train because I couldn't really see him as a running back. But the one thing about Cordero Patterson, most people don't realize, is he's 6'2", 240 pounds, and he runs like a four 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 five. So he is definitely a guy where you put all that attention on Kyle Pitts. You know, you, you look at Kyle Ridley over the top, you know, Cordell Patterson is easily a guy that can sneak out the backfield off the screen and give you 20, 25 yards. Because if you look at the game against the Giants, um, he was the guy who had the critical uh, play, you know, to really put us in position to win that game. So Cordell Patterson is definitely my guy offensively. What you got, Jimbo, from the defensive side? Oh, that defensive side of the ball, which, it, which is the strength of that Atlanta Falcon team. That That's our strength. Had, it used to be the offense. Now the tables have turned. Shout out to Dean Pease, our new defensive coordinator. I love it. And he went off on up, oh, man. We're gonna talk, Mike. We got some stuff to talk about tomorrow on our live show. <laughs> anyway, but go. watch out, watch out for our linebacker core. They're starting to come along now, which is a group of fast uh guys that love to hit. Now they had trouble guarding tight ends, and I see a lot of them people saying y'all people saying that in the chat, but we got the same problem. But our guys are starting to our guys are starting to fix that problem, which is good to see. Because you, you, if they fix that problem, then they, it's gonna be it's gonna be hell to pay. Now, Grady Jarrett on the defensive line. If you don't know who that is, y'all, if you, if you don't know him, you're gonna find out who he is Sunday. Disruptive. He he, he he good on stopping the run. Good on. I mean, he hurt people. He punished people. He bend your back. He bend you. He bend you over like a clothes hanger and make you kiss your own on on, on ass cheeks. Mm. Grady Jarrett is that guy. So watch out for Grady Jarrett. Watch out for that linebacker core, and AJ Terrell is our corner. Now I, we haven't got full. I haven't got a full report to know if he's going to play uh, this Sunday because he's coming out of concussion protocol. We, we probably know. I probably should have been to check that before I got on. That's one thing I wanted to check, but he might be playing Sunday. He's like, as of today, he played. He practiced oh, he, today. He said full okay, practice so, today. So that, that that's another guy. I probably wouldn't go his way. He's starting to come into – and I'm not just being biased. I'm, I'm being serious on, like, I've been – we've been watching this guy. This guy is starting to jump into that, like, top 10 corner type field in the NFL, and he's starting to find his way. So I can't wait to see him and McLaren. That was our receiver. What's his name, McLaren? Yep, Terry McLaren. Yeah. Curtis wait Samuel's to see. playing too, maybe. Yeah, Curtis Samuel. I, we got somebody for him too. But I can't wait to see <laughs> – I can't wait to see A.J. Terrell and McLaren go at that. It's going to be really good matchup right there. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Jimbo, because there's actually one guy that I thought that y'all really didn't have a role for this guy. But I'll tell you this, 
he is playing some really good football for us, and that's Fabian Moreau. Right. I was just about to ask you about Fabian. I don't love Fabian Moreau. I didn't want to leave. Fabian, why he kind of fell out of favor with the old old coaching staff, which I can kind of guess a little bit because I think we got a Kyle Smith or one of the one of y'all's AVPs or whatever, and he said. Fabian Moreau guy, we need to get this guy a shot. Let me tell you something. We never heard anything about Fabian Moreau out of camp. And you know why? Because he never really did anything to put himself in a bad situation. So I was right. he is actually playing really solid football. And that's actually a thank you to you guys for not really uh you know recognizing his talent. But anyway, uh, it. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. But yeah, linebacker core, Grady Jerry and AJ Terrell, and and thanks for Monroe. He's been solid for us. Absolutely. Now the question is on y'all. Go ahead. All right. So Dev, start us off. Who, who do you think that they should be watching from our team come Sunday? Obviously, the easy choice would be Terry, but I'm going to surprise you. I think this is the game where we get back on the Heineke bandwagon. And and the reason is because I know we're talking about uh, Matt, who I, I'm a fan of. I don't want him here, but I'm a fan of him, you know. But they're throwing – they're basically the same guy this year. I mean, uh, you know, Heineke is throwing 69.4%. Matt's throwing 70 Matt got 707 yards. Honey got 670. You know, Matt has four touchdowns, three interceptions. Honey got five touchdowns, three interceptions. You know, Honey has been sacked twice, though. Matt's been sacked seven. Honey also has a touchdown running and about 50 yards in one game. Like, those are the things that – those are the only things that he separated. But I think right now, if, if, if Curtis is able to play, Samuels is able to play, at least be a, at least a third option behind Thomas – and McLaurin, obviously, and sprinkling some Gibson, I think that can be a hard thing for Atlanta to to, to recover from if they're on. But as we as we have seen so far, it's easy to get Washington out of the running game so they become one dimensional, and you can stomp them. You can curb stomp Washington, man, because they after you after you score about two or three times on them, they don't want to play no more on defense. They're basically mm-hmm. running through the motions. If you watch them, you can see our defensive ends so aggressive. They just run upfield, and the quarterback slides to the right, wide open guy every time. Wow. It's 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 crazy. Watch the Bills game, man. Now I know Washington played the Bills and Chargers, who right now look like two of some of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah. Period. So yeah. I, and, and so I'm not really that hung up on a one and two record, and I'm not holding. I'm not jacking off. You know the Carolina Panthers because they played the fucking Jets and a goddamn Houston Texas, man. They're, I mean, I like I don't care what y'all say. How good you think Donald is? He played the fucking Texans, man. Hey, but you and the just, Jets. You supposed to beat the teams you supposed to beat, though. Right, right, right. This is the NFL, right, man. This right. is you know how hard it is to win an NFL game. And I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's 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 easier when you're playing the fucking Texans and the goddamn uh, uh Jets, though, right? I mean, I mean, let's just be I mean, real honest. Point. No, no, to your point, that is true. Because, I mean, they did play. Yeah, I mean, if we had those guys on the schedule, if we could take off the Bills and the Chi- and the Chargers and we could put Texans and the, uh, the the whoever the other team is again, the Jets on there, we'd be 3-0. and I'm I mean, just being honest with you. No, you and then everybody would be like, oh, they're so great. No, we suck, man. We just played the Jets and the Texans. But I think right now everybody – right now we're at one and a half points. Favorite over the Atlanta? One and a half. So really being in Atlanta, it's a one and a half point favorite for Washington, which is nothing. It's a pick. Right, it's a pick. So I'm thinking they beat they beat the Giants, and they beat them. It wasn't like they uh, they the the it wasn't like the Giants dropped a wide open pass for a touchdown like they did against us. You know, it wasn't like one of those things, or they got a you know a holding call 
on a 60-yard scramble by the quarterback that should have been a touchdown. It didn't like that thing happen. Y'all beat those guys. We got lucky against the Giants. So anybody thinks we should beat the Falcons, I'm going to surprise everybody and say it now. I got us losing, man. Uh, you, you two steps ahead of us, man. Hold the score. And I'm going to be mad because I want us to win bad. Steve's got to write that down. Yes. Yeah. Phil, Phil, go ahead. Who should be right. watching? Um, <laughs> on defense, on defense, one thing that you all got to watch out for and the matchup I want to see is when William Jackson is lined up on Calvin Ridley. Ooh. So that's your number one against the guy who's been our most consistent corner. Um, Gal- oh, William Jackson, it's interesting. He only has one pick this year. So Barbecue far. chicken. That's what we're really saying right now. Barbecue nah, chicken, No, 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 no. Jackson has probably been our most consistent by far. He's in on every play. It's, a, it's just – there have been some amazing throws against him to get in get into these guys' hands against him. But um he is probably the one who's gonna be most uh consistent as far as coverage so far this season. So I'm interested to see William Jackson go up against Calvin Ridley, see what he can do to, you know, try and mitigate that and force Matt Ryan to go to his other receivers. Um the other he's going to do is going like ten yards. He's going to play ten yards off of him and right get there. a seven see, yard T- pass. Tino T- heard me right there. William Jackson versus Calvin Ridley um, is going to be a key matchup for Washington's defense. I think that Chase talking and Chase talking is just going to draw more attention to his side of the ball. So the other guy on defense, y'all got to watch out for is Montez Sweat. Absolutely, Montez Sweat is the because Chase Young was the number two pick. And Montez was a number 23 or 26. I yep. can't remember off the top of my head. We came back into the first round. Yeah, we came back into the first round, drafted him towards the end of the first round. After, after Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, after Dwayne Haskins. Since he was our first round pick in 2019, because I don't remember the other one, um, <laughs> people forget how good he is. He is a first round edge rusher. Oh, Mississippi yeah. State. And he led the team in sacks last year, not Chase. Oh, yeah. But – Chase to cause enough disruption on his end of the, of the ball that freed up things for Montez on the other side because you, can, you can't double team both sides of the ball, especially with defensive tackles like ours. So I think that this is actually going to be a breakout game for anybody on the defensive line. It's going to be Montez Sweat uh, just because of the fact that he's been sleeper quiet, but he's been doing a lot in terms of trying to keep the edge, forcing plays back inside. So the times that our defensive tackles have actually, you know, done their job, it's been because quarterbacks have been pushed up the middle towards them. Hmm. And uh, it'll be interesting to see us play a less mobile quarterback because we haven't had that yet this season. We, you know, Justin Herbert isn't a running quarterback, but he's mobile enough to move around the pocket you know, yeah. better than Matt Ryan this. Definitely. And then we went Daniel Jones and uh, Josh Allen back to back. Danny so, Dan. Tore up. So for me, my um I'll just go straight to the offense because Phil, I was gonna say Montez went on defense because I, I think he's gonna he's he's due. Chase is due, but I think our guys are so much in their own heads. They're trying too hard. They're hearing all this ridicule from the fan base and the fans. We were the number two ranked defense last year. Now we're literally, if you want to go by yards right now, I want to say we are we are the 31st ranked team in total yards, which is completely opposite of where we were last year. 29th in total points scored against. So it ain't looking too good for us. Yeah, again, offense, though, again, though, we played the Bills and yes. the Chargers. You know, and the Giants and, 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 hung 29 on The Giants had pretty good defense, honestly. Yeah. But, 
Yeah. I mean, I played a lot of good defenses, though. And I, mean, yeah. I would say good man. quarterbacks, too, yeah. anyways. So if there's ever a prime time, it, it's prime time to break out of this one. But the person I think that Atlanta should be watching for is my man, Logan motherfucking Thomas. Because wow. I love Logan. Oh, he's, our, he's our tight end. And he for some reason, he, he he's just always open. And I, I don't Got know why. Him. He's always open. He's always, especially in the red zone, you know, he's a big dude, former Virginia Tech quarterback. He's like 6'6". Six, yeah. six. He's a big boy, man. Um, so and 72 that, catches last year, too. Yeah, yeah I mean – Guys that are former quarterbacks, I'll tell you this. Guys that are former quarterbacks, you know what? I let out a little secret because y'all, you know, y'all invited us to this podcast, so we'll let out a little secret. <laughs> you got a quarterback that um, y'all might see a couple snaps at tight end. I just go ahead and put it out there, and that's Felipe Franks, which is our third string quarterback. Which is our third string quarterback. Oh, uh, the guy from the uh, he's in another league, right? Before he's he in the XFL. Excellent. Yeah, I remember that guy. Okay, Felipe Franks actually was the quarterback for the Arkansas Razorbacks last year. You right. He got a brother that plays um, – his brother's a tight end for the Cleveland Browns. But, again, he's one of those guys that played quarterback in college, like 6'7", 260. Kind of fits that that mold of a Logan Thomas. Um, just, you know, big guy that can just – like, like guys that have the potential to get open. That's one guy that I think that um, – I would say that is one guy that we are watching out for as an X Factor because – we just like I don't know maybe it's a league thing I think it's an NFL thing maybe tight ends are just freaks in nature these days but we have trouble covering the tight end too and yes we do y'all got another good one for sure like he is definitely got it is on our radar for sure now y'all y'all in y'all last three games y'all don't gave up over y'all don't gave up ninety two points in the, over the last God. three games which, which, which that's a, and that's a lot now, don't get me wrong that's a lot but that don't mean that we finna do that it's a copycat league if your defense is not stopping a certain thing. I'm I'm telling you now, Arthur Smith finna come in there and he's finna go right back at it. You just transitioned to our next subject, Jimbo go Slice. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Keys to ATL victory. Let's go. Keys to the ATL victory. We're gonna have to establish the run game to the outside. Deron Payne is not gonna let us eat that gut like we want to. And, no. I, I, and, and I know I been, I watched a little film, and Deron Payne is really one of the ones on that defensive line. You really right. need to be need to keep an eye on. He's not going to let us gut them yeah. like that. We got to get them outside. We got to get into the outsides. And Deron Payne is, 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 is he demanding a double team. So the key to, to our offense winning the game, we're going to have to get to the outsides. And we're going to have to run at those slim defensive ends y'all got, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And that's what people been doing to y'all. Y'all expectation for that defensive line defense line been so high, people been running right at them or coming right at them or RPO right at them and then throw the ball. So that's kind of they that's kind of how they taking y'all out of the game. And I think that's the same way we're gonna have to do it. Cause if we sit back there and let Matt Ryan be that statue, Montez Sweat and Chase Young is gonna get home eventually, especially with our left, our right, our right tackle. Right. Yeah, he will. He will. Barbecue chicken. <laughs> what's, your, what's your keys to an ATL victory? Okay, so my keys to an ATL victory is this. I and and it, you know what what's crazy is it's not necessarily because we're playing the Redskins. This is usually some of my keys to the big to, to, to an ATL victory. Because you guys have an aggressive defensive line, I would say a borderline dynamic defensive line, we have to be able to, one, hit in the screen game and find matchups. With matchups. If we're able to find one-on-one matchups, because the one thing I haven't really – I don't really know a lot about is who the Washington linebackers are. That may not be a bad thing. Or Nobody. it may not be a good thing because I've never heard of who these guys are, right? 
Now, I think their first name was Barbecue, last name's Chicken. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's a, we're, uh, they're a little shit-tacular. Our, our linebackers, we call them. Craptastic. But look, okay, Ugh. I will say this. Um, because Kyle Pitts, I look at it like this, and we hadn't really talked a lot about Kyle Pitts, but I'll tell you this. Kyle Pitts has been, I would say, very frustrating for the Atlanta Falcons fans to watch because, again, he got all of this pressure on him. And, like, i give you a good example. We played against the Giants last week, and we get to the red zone, and we hear all this stuff about how Kyle Pitts is good in the red zone. We don't even have a man in the package in the red zone, right? So the thing about Kyle Pitts is this, though. What he showed me in the second half against the Giants is, is he's just going to play his game, do what he got to do, and wait for the ball to come to him. One thing I like about him as a rookie is that he is a very selfless rookie. Like, you would think a guy with all this hype would be demanding the ball, but he just lets the game come to him. I think that the keys to the victory will be establishing Kyle Pitts early, as we do every week. But also, another guy who we don't talk about, as in Hayden Hurst as well, too. So I think this will be a game where we rely on the tight ends because you guys have such an aggressive defensive line. So I think for us, it's screen games and ensuring that we hit our tight ends because – I do think the, the Calvin Ridley and Will Jackson battle will be a little bit better than people anticipate. Me too. I'm definitely yeah. a Will uh, fan in terms of um, his body of work that he's put out as well. You, you speak the truth because uh, tight ends tend to tear us up. Mobile quarterbacks and tight ends tear us up. And I was going to say, we are we are famous for, for making tight ends famous. Austin Hooper is paid in <laughs> Cleveland because of the game he had against Washington two years ago. Um, you you probably remember it. Was it two years yeah. ago? Maybe three years ago. I don't know. He tore <laughs> us up. Then he got paid. He left and he got paid. So that's what we do. Now we have our first round. We tried to pay him. We tried to pay Hooper. He we turned us down. Remember that? Yeah, um, we tried to pay him. Just, I don't know if it's scheme or what, but they just tear us up. Like they sit in the soft zone. They they hit the scene. The tight ends just always seem to eat us open. So I was scared yeah, of uh, Kyle. Or say, um, John Bosick doesn't drop back yeah. in coverage. Kyle Pitts ever. and Hurst scare me. You know what I mean? I saw, I saw, I know what Hurst can do. Like he, he's a good tight end. He just doesn't get a lot of opportunities. So, yeah, I don't know. All right, so those are good keys to 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 victories here. Um, you know, for us, I, I would just say that we need the defense just to be a shell of themselves last year. They were a great defense last year, and they've been horrible this year so far. If they can play at least half as good as they did last year. We have a chance to compete in this game and win. I think it's that simple. I don't, I don't know what else we need to do. It's, it's that simple. Phil, you got anything else on that? Keep um, victory? We, and this is going to be harder to do because Antonio Gibson's now questionable because he sudden, he suddenly showed up on the, uh, what? on the did not practice list or limited practice list because of a shin issue. Uh oh. Um, but we got JD McKissick and we got, uh, <laughs> Ian Itis didn't the practice today. The hold on, hold on, hold on, man. You got to put some respect on JD's name. I'm bro. not the. Yeah, he, he had 80 grabs last year. How many players on? The, how many yeah, players in Atlanta had 80 grabs? Yes, our backup running back was the best <laughs> slot receiver we he had. He was the check year. down. He was the check down. He was. Nobody else got checked down 80 grabs though. But, so what you want to say? If hey, look, look, if if Gibson yeah, had got those 80 grabs, yeah, man, they would have just been like. I'm about to. I'm about to give. I'm about to give the man some they hate on McKissick. Need, if y'all ever watch our show, they hate him. We need to see what Jared Patterson could do because Jared Patterson looked amazing in the preseason. Buffalo, Buffalo. And he's only seen one game uh, so far this season. He's the third. He's the third string back, but he's really the, it should be the second string running back. As JD McKissick, JD McKissick is a third down back tr- through and through. Uh, 
So with or without Antonio Gibson, we need to be able to establish some kind of a running game because one of the reasons why our defense is getting bombed on is because the defense is spending you know too much time on the field because we can't sustain drives. Oh, I know that. You can have the best defense in the world, but if they're out there 35, 40 minutes of a 60-minute game, they're going to get gassed, all right? Yeah. The human body is only designed to be so enduring no matter how athletic you are. So you got to maintain drives and we got to run the ball more consistently. That doesn't mean just, you know, the, the spot runs we saw, but even last week, like we came, we came out, we come out in, in games and in the first eight plays, we'll call six, seven passes. Like I don't know what Scott Turner's thinking sometimes. And, and we have a lot of questions about him as an offensive coordinator, but he has zero commitment to running the ball. You know, and it's weird because you think that if you if he learned from his dad anything, his dad was a head coach here and consistently had a great running game. He went from Terry Allen to Stephen Davis over a course of almost a decade, and those yeah. guys were consistent year in, year out, thousand yard plus running backs. And he was a guy who liked to go air Coriel and bomb out on you. Yeah. We need to run the ball because it opens up the pass. It causes defense to play honest. And I don't know how we can get this word out to Scott Turner, but he needs to hear this. We need to run the ball more. Keep that defense off the field a little bit more so they're fresh when they come on the field and they can make plays. Hey, breaking news before we go to Dev real quick. Jaguars are up 14 to zip. Stop, Bengals. What? What? What is going on here? Two crap teams. That's what it is. Hey, no, no, no. In my hey, fantasy, Cincinnati's not bad, but they, and I just thought Marvin Jones scored a touchdown. I was, I, I was, I was, I was hesitating to start him, but anyway, he, he yeah. Anyway. I'm, I'm talking about money. I took the, I took the Bengals in the over, so I'm really hurting right now. But anyway, <laughs> wow. Hey, Jared, uh, Jared Peterson, is that the running Patterson. back from Buff- Patterson? That's from Buffalo? Buffalo. Yeah. yeah, he had like eight touchdowns in one game one year. Oh, he was just man. clowned because, of, you know, University of Buffalo is, you know, is, is University of Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like That division one's good. But that, dude, that dude is built like Maurice Jones-Drew, and I don't exactly. know why we're not putting that to use. Running the ball is running the ball. I don't care what part of college you're in. You know how to – he got vision. We, mm-hmm. me and Mike, me and Mike do uh, undrafted free agents for Pound Pound ATL, and we was digging into this guy, and we was looking at this guy, and we were running his film. Was like, this guy's good, like yeah. Atlanta. Please, very, <laughs> very productive, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. And we love that guy. So to possibly play against him this Sunday, that's gonna be awesome to see. I, I hope that I hope they play him a little bit more. If I mean, yeah. I like the kid, man. I don't care what what level of football. I do too. I I, I want to see him. I want to see him eat, and right, we yeah. haven't had that opportunity yet. Now, maybe with Gibson out, that forces the issue. And if he can get going early, maybe it'll show Scott Turner, oh, my God, look what happens when we run the ball. It, 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 it sounds like yeah. Scott Turner is stuck in his ways, and he's one of them good old boy OCs, and that's just not going to yeah. happen. We had yeah. that guy last year that he's was doing the same thing with the fans. This is, this is only his second full season as an OC. Man. Yeah. He's so learning Deb, on the job, but he's what, not what, learning correctly. Deb, what's your key to a Washington victory here, real quick? And then we'll yep. go on to score uh, predictions. Pressure, pressure up the middle. I think that Allen and Payne, as uh, I think it was Mike that said that, right? Uh, Allen and Payne, man, I think that I think if they break them off a little bit, we could beat them. But I, I don't know if y'all watched ESPN the other day and y'all saw the clip where your boy was talking about how selfish 
to Chase Young and uh and uh Shark and a and uh Sweatware, how they're like over pursuing. They're so aggressive, and it goes back to what you guys said. Screen game's gonna kill them, man. Draw game's gonna kill you. Matt Ryan's a smart dude. If you don't think he's that talented, he is definitely smart. You yeah. know, he definitely knows what he can, he knows his limitations, he knows the things he does well. Um, and and those are the kind of quarterbacks that usually does damage to us because they'll throw efficiently. Uh, they won't waste uh, downs. We're terrible on third downs. We're like butthole ass in the league, man. I, I don't on, know. On I, offense, I, you mean? On offense? Yeah. I. It's going to be real hard. But in order for us to answer your question short, instead of being long-winded every time, it's going to be the guys. It's going to be the defensive tackles. That's going to be our – yeah, that's what I'm afraid of too. Okay, so let's roll right into it. A, um, we'll start with uh, a big Mike. Give us, give us your <laughs> straight up prediction for Sunday. Let's hear it. Score prediction. I'm, I'm, I like to log all these just so we can see, and uh, we right, do so give we do giveaways for anyone who can who can who can guess the score. And we, I mean, we've been doing this for two years now. We haven't had anyone guess the score correctly once. So it's not going to happen. If y'all win, I'm going to give y'all some Atlanta dominoes I'll make. <laughs> so right now we're going to assign Ryan Granger. That's what we have right now. Predict so. win. Almost, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. But like, I'll tell you this. I, me and Jimbo, when we, we get wrong, when we're wrong, we like to say we right? Because I was the idiot that picked us beat the, the Eagles because I thought that, you know, we had a chance. Jalen Hurt had uh, experience. We got a 14-year veteran. And boy, I had a lot of crow that day, right? So, yeah. real careful when I put these picks. Even though it looks like on paper that, yeah, we, if we play our game, we can win. I will say this, though. I, I do have a Falcons victory. I have it as 23-19 to 19 because if we are better than y'all, we're not that much better than y'all, and it'll be another hard fault. Real good football game. Maybe boring at times to watch because it's two teams trying to get out of their own way. But 23-19, uh, got Jimbo. For the was, record, have you been picking Atlanta to win every time? Just beat the Giants. Hey, Jimbo, has Mike been picking Atlanta to win every game? I need to well, go ahead of time. Well, uh, at, well over here at Pound Fine, we don't predict that at all because it's it's a jinx, we feel. We, we, okay. we do not go down that route. And we, this is this kind of new for us. And we, I mean, we kind of did in the first game because a lot of fans of ours asking for it, but we usually hate doing it, man. <laughs> Let me answer your question. Okay, so look, check it out now. Check it out. Um, I want one of them to predict before I do. I'm not going right out the mic. We can do that. We can do that. We can do that. Hey, hey, Rod, our founder, our, our main, our, our, this is his prediction. There you go. I'll tell you this though, real quick. 35-16. No, no, we need to kick him off the pod, man. He picks us to lose every time, bro. Ooh, man. Good golf. Rod Go picks ahead. us to lose every time, man. Go ahead, Mike. What Quit you doing? Quit skin, Rod. Hey. We winning, bro. All right, so yeah. Dev, go ahead. Go, we we can say Mike, and then we'll give Dev his prediction. man. Trust me, you didn't want to really see our podcast the week we played the Buccaneers because we had a lot of people that's like, why y'all so negative? It's like, because we got Tom Brady and we ain't got no answer for him. Anyway, go yeah. for check. Um, you know, it takes a special person to take those homework blinders off and just be real. You know what bro, I'm saying? You got to do it. You got to do it. You know, uh, talk about what we could do to get Tom Brady, but he gets the ball out in 2.3 seconds. We don't have yeah. anybody. To, anyway, I think we should win, but I don't think we will. I think okay. we're going to lose, man. And I think he just dimes us apart, five, six-yard hits. 
because we're going to play so much of that stupid ass prevent or quarters defense we were terrible in, but we're yep. going to play our whole game. Um, I think, like you said, the screens hit us. I think we lose. I'm going to go 25 to 21. Three points, 18. four points. 25, 21, ATL. Okay. Got it. Uh, Jimbo, you ready? You want to do? You want to go first? I'm ready. I'm ready. Look here, man. Uh, this, this, these two teams is almost the same team. They can't get out of each other's way. So the first time this year in the NFL, we're going to have a tie ball game, 24-24. Washington football team, Atlanta Falcons. That tie is going to end, big dog. We had, a tie, season. we had a tie, was it three years ago, Phil, That's in Cincinnati. London? Yes, Cincinnati. it was uh, 2016 against Cincinnati. I'm glad yeah. y'all said that because that might happen again this weekend. If, but, okay. hey, look here, man. If y'all don't show up, Matt Ryan going to hang 40 on you. Easy. If you don't show up, I'm telling you that now. But I'm going 24-24 since I don't predict that much. Tie ball game, first one in the NFL. Go holler at DraftKings on, on your boy Jimbo. I ain't going to give I'm you no change, money. I'm going to change my man. I'm going to change my – You're going to fucking 40 on us, bro. I'm not going there, man. I mean, hold on, man. Hold on. Hold on, man. Heineke's going to throw four touchdowns now. We winning, man. You said we were going to beat the Bills 35-20. Good guys. Win, dog. I'm going back to Washington, man. 40. 40. Matt Ryan will put 40 points on you in the heartbeat, dog. I'm telling you that now. I'm just telling you now. Hey, whatever's in his bag, I want to roll up for me over here, man. Ain't no way. (laughs) Check it out. Hold on. Look, we've been amicable the whole show, but I will tell you this. I will say this. We get to the nitty-gritty part of this. These are two teams that explode on one another. Taylor Heineke is a Georgia boy. He's from right up the road uh, from where we are right here in Atlanta, Georgia or whatever. So it's not like this guy is sneaking up. And, he, you know, he made a mistake this week of saying, I've never been a Falcons fan. Right, I've seen it today. So I, I would say this, though. Like, boy, our head coach is our offensive coordinator. And every week, you know, we're continuing to get better. Now, I won't, again, now, Jimbo, that's my listen. That's my best friend. I go against my best friend, but forty might be a little. You know, you look at the points we forty to earn every point that we scored. Trust me, it's been tough. And if you watched our, if you geeks like us and watched our preseason, forty points. I, you know, I trust Jimbo Slice on that one. But I will say this though: this is really two teams that we will have a better understanding of who our teams are after this game because yeah. I do think the Washington football team is much better. Than they've shown, and they haven't been done any favors with y'all schedule. Like again, y'all are Buffalo uh, Chargers, like y'all going against elite quarterbacks that are doing what elite quarterbacks do. Now it might say that y'all are not in the elite team, but I still do see a team that is fringe playoff uh, team at best. Which is again, that's what we are, fringe playoff. That's the lens at which we're looking at this from. So I'll say this: Washington comes and doesn't take Matt Ryan serious. They look at the offense line and think everything is honky dory. Yeah. With Kyle Pitts, man, it's, I won't say what's impossible because what I've seen from him, like we've been watching, man, I'm telling you we've been watching the Falcons for years. I've never seen anybody that at the tight end position that's a mismatch. We've watched Jimmy Graham come in the NFC South, like basically a basketball player, and slice us for 10 years in a row. Oh, yeah. Never had an yeah. answer to the tight end. This is our first time actually having a tight end because Austin Hooper was a good, you know, he was yeah. all right. But this is our chance to, like, really expose another team. So, We'll yeah. see. You know, like I said, this, this yeah, is where I mean, 40 on us. Phil, Phil's shaving the eyebrow off. Yeah, I, I see. Whoa, I got, I got I already shaved enough off. 
I don't need to shave nothing else off. I got Dale fired up by that 40, that 40 burger. But I'm saying, if you don't show up, if you don't show up, Matt Ryan will put 40 on you. And that is no question about it. Y'all oh, go ahead and beat y'all prediction. Oh, All right. So I got I, I think we're gonna see something completely different than we're expecting. I'm predicting this game's gonna end up just being a, a random shootout. And I predict Washington's gonna win 36 to 31. Both teams gonna put up 30, gonna put up a 30 burger. Uh, but I think we'll we'll pull it out, although What's going to happen is that Atlanta's going to be driving the ball late in the game, and they're going to come close, but they're not going to quite get that touchdown to end the game. And it's going to be one of those things where we're all going to be pounded down Pepto at the end of the game, like, oh, my God. (laughs) But 36-31, Washington. Got it. Heineken, four touchdowns, man. I'm telling you. Four touchdowns. Okay, I'll get mine. Go ahead, Dan. One, two, three, four. Four. Somebody's going, dog. I think it's going to be much closer. I think Vegas is spot on with the with the one and a half spread. I'm going to say 24-23 Washington, and that's not not might be being a homer at all. You know, you know, Jimbo. Just for your edification, I picked us to lose every week except for the Giants game. Uh, but still, that's me. 24-23. Trying to be a realist. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I mean, I think the defense bounces back a little bit, but not where we want it to be. But um, I just I am terrified of, of of the tight ends for Atlanta. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend, not gonna hide. It, it scares me to death. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we hit an hour here, and it looked like Mike is uh, coming in, coming out. But um, so we'll do. We'll just we'll just shut it down here, and you know, Jimbo, Mike, if you come back, we we just want to say thank you so Absolutely. much for joining us, taking time out of your your days, your families, your jobs to you know come kick it with us it's always fun talking to fans from other teams that's right yeah and uh we love what you're doing over at pound for pound you know we we were looking around for trying to find good guests quality guests to bring on the show and you know what we found you guys i was like man we, we got and i hit you up on twitter thank you for being so responsive i no mean problem, man no problem great experience and we love what you're doing over there pound for pound yeah. uh best of luck to you guys and best of luck to you on sunday man it's gonna be a great game either way yeah, and like I said in the beginning, may the best team win. I appreciate it, Dale, Phil, Steve. Appreciate it, Big Mike, showing up. Shout out to our other co-hosts, um, uh, 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 Toby D and Jr. The hardest working men in the show business. We love them guys. And hey, look, man, uh, I'll be hitting you up on Twitter Sunday after the game. To oh, see please hit me up. I got to get these forty. Hold but on, look, man. But look, I got to get these forty. If it's a tie. I want my dominoes. I got you. <laughs> and I want I want I want a 20 pack, 30, 40 pack of PBR. That's what if I you got 40, If you got 40, if you they hang no, 40 you, on us, Phil gonna have no eyebrows. Don't worry about no, that. No, 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 no. Dev Dev will send you a 24 pack of grippos. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. I got two boxes over hey, here. Hey Jimbo, I'll where where can where can everyone go find you guys at on, on social media, on, on YouTube? Where where can we find pound for pound ATL at? So on, on YouTube, it's Pound for Pound ATL. You can type in P4PATL, what's on the shirt, or, or you can type in Pound spelled out for Pound spelled out ATL, and it'll come up. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Jimmy Obama, J-I-M-M-Y-O-B-A-M-A. Hit me up. I, I like feel like Steve said, I hit back. I, I talk back to you. It don't. It's no big deal to me. And if you don't, if you really want to find out what is that on YouTube or wherever or our other guys, I will let you know. No big deal. We got merchandise. Whatever you want, you holler at Jimbo or you holler at Mike Dub, and we will get it to you. 
if we play the Washington football team this Sunday, may the best team win. Let's that's go. What's up. Hey, that's our note so from you our, from our, our host, a, uh, You coming up for the post-game or pre-game? Well, y'all going to be on for the post-game, pre-game? One of the two, you invite both if you want. I see what's I up. Cry. I might cry if we lose. So if you ain't if I don't to have too wrong. many of these, because I, I don't like to come on after the game, my blood pressure be up and I be a little Even bit uh, better. over here. So Even I don't better. know. I don't know. Can I, it depends, man. It, we, we try to watch ourselves over here because we get a little emotionally. And we'll, we, I'm telling you, it, it's hard to calm us down. We get, like we say, we get fired up. And we're going to let you know. You want to know it. You catch us after the game, you really going to get it. And we don't like to show that side, that Jacqueline Hyde. We don't like to show that side. <laughs> Y'all ain't 40 on us. I'm going to show that side anyway. <laughs> I, I hope you do. Man. Appreciate it, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. It was good talking to y'all. Yes, let's sir. A, let's watch some good football Sunday. Yeah, no matter what, let's, let's watch some good balls. Absolutely. All right. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks, Jimbo. We'll appreciate you. it, man. Peace. Hey, best of luck Sunday. And yes, sir. Uh, may the best team win. Gotcha. Watch this football at his baby. Let's go. I got a question. On that song, on the... Watch the football at baby. Let's go. Washington football addicts, we've been working for years, always keeping it real, it's Rod, Steve, Devin, Phil, we talking about latest deals, and what goes on on the field, and happenings with the team, so listen if you a female. Hey, what is going on? Welcome, Washington Football Addicts, Washington Football Nation. Hey, we're back for another show. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Tonight, we have episode 87. It's myself, Steve. We got Big Phil, and we got Dev in the house tonight. Hey, shout out to Rod. He couldn't join us tonight. He's out He's out uh, traveling for work. So, Phil, hey, you know how we do it. It's episode 87. Take us away. Episode 87 is a true legend for this franchise. It is former tight end Jerry Smith. Jerry Smith uh, played for the team from 1965 until 1977. When he retired, he held the NFL record for most receiving touchdowns by a tight end. Held that record from 77 until 2004 when Shannon Sharp broke that record. Held the Redskins record for most catches by a tight end until 2009 when Chris Cooley broke that. Um, but Jerry Smith was an innovator at the tight end position for, sh- position for sure. Um, and one of the key targets during those uh, glory years in the 70s uh, with uh, George Allen at the helm, and he had Sonny and uh, and Billy throwing him the ball. Um, <clears throat> he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was one of the first real receiving threats at tight end that uh, the league has had him and John Mackey, and you know later on you had Dave Casper in the 70s. But uh, unfortunately, he's not, and there's some – Sociopolitical reasons as to why we're not going to get into those today, but um, had he played in a later era, I think he would be in the Hall of Fame already. All right, that's what's up. So, honestly, I'm not gonna lie, never heard of that dude, <laughs> never heard of Jerry Smith. I heard of him, but I didn't, I don't, of course, I don't know about him like you know about him. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I mean, I dude had never 400 catches in his career yeah. for his team, and yeah, and, yeah Jerry Smith was a dog, man. 
Yeah, all right so as y'all know episode 87 this week four in the nfl week four and this weekend we have a good matchup against the dirty bird the atlanta falcons from down south georgia so tonight we have two very special guests tonight we have mr mike dub and mr jimbo slice from pound for pound atlanta let's go ahead and add them to the stream fellas Thank you for joining us tonight. What is up? How y'all doing? Big Mike, Big Mike. Tell them how you doing, baby. Hey, hey man, first and foremost, you know, thank y'all for um, letting two Falcons guys, Falcons fans, you know, come crash and, you know, collaborate on a little football talk today. Like I said, man, hey, for y'all to reach out and extend the Olive Branch, you know, down south to uh, us Georgia guys, we couldn't be more appreciative and we ready to tap in. Jimbo Slice, talk to these people. Oh man, I'm I'm feeling good. Hey, look here, we got football back, fellas, and oh. I don't know how some people are are tending to forget that and, and and not know that we didn't have it for a while, and and the way we did get it, we couldn't enjoy it the way we wanted to enjoy it as as real football fans. So, hey man, I'm happy. I appreciate it, fellas, for having us. It should be a good Sunday. Um, may the best team win. Right, absolutely. It's Let's get to it. Hey, hey, I'll tell you this right now: you got two Southerners in the room with you because Dev's in Kentucky. I'm in Virginia. Yeah, ah, so. I I'm up here in DC. But hey, Tiho, welcome to the stream. Uh, he says he thinks he knows he knows you, Jimmy. Yes, he's a Falcons fan. He says he uh he thinks he's actually sub to y'all. So look at look at that love, man. Watch the football fans giving you guys love already. Gotta love that. Appreciate it. That's Appreciate right. It. Hey, so let's go ahead and uh just jump right into it. So. When we have people on the show, we just, regardless of where you come from, we just want to know how did you become a fan of the team that you love so much? So, Mike, Big Mike, let's start with you first. How did you become a fan of uh, of Atlanta? Man, I think, you know, just like the shirt that I got on, my, you know, I support the Bulldogs. It's like, I think when you, we from that Georgia red clay, like we like to say in Georgia, man, we from the red clay, right? You know, so I think, um, you know, it, it was the team that, like, I just remember, like, after I left church, it was like we go to church, then we go watch the Falcons. Like it's always been ingrained in my head on Sunday, it's time to watch football. And you know what? Even as an adult, it's almost like I can't say it another way but this. It's like one thing I love about football is no matter what's going on in the fall, you know, you can be stressed out at work, but you know that like once it gets to be like Thursday, Friday, getting a little closer to the weekend, and it's almost time for football, right? So I think football has always been a part of my life, my culture, and and the one thing I know about my team, good, bad, and different, I take a lot of flack for supporting my team. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I would say the same probably with the Washington football yep. team. A lot of bad years, but again, when you wear your team, you know, your, your team's colors, you know, on your hat, on your jersey, you'll take it because you know what? Like, we real fans. This is nothing bandwagon over here since birth. Like, honestly, I couldn't root for another team. Now, they, they drive me crazy. You know, I, I would say right. that they, they play with my blood pressure. They play with my emotions a lot. But I ain't gonna leave my birds, man. Like <laughs> that's what I, I, I lived in uh, Thomasville, Georgia, for about Ooh. two and fifth and sixth grade, man. I grew up okay. there a little while, so I, I'm familiar with the area a little, so, uh, very little as a child. So, Mister so. Slice and I, we from Albany, Georgia, so we not okay. like bro, so not too far, man. So, okay. Yep. Hey, Chris Blow, welcome to the stream, bro. Thanks for joining us, Jimbo. What's yo, up, man? Yo. Tell, tell us your your Falcon story, man. Oh man. I've been playing playing football since a little jit, little jitty bug, we like to say, you know, Pop Warner, 
you know, Little League, all that good stuff. You know, I idolized Deion Sanders, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, but I idolized, I knew the Deion Sanders as the Atlanta Braves, which is kind of like the Georgia Bulldogs in the Deep South. Atlanta Braves, Georgia Bulldogs, traditional, you know, traditional teams, more other than the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Hawks. And to, and to see Deion Sanders uh, get an interception in one game and playing the World Series the same day, I became a huge, super huge fan. And it, it, it didn't take long for me to, to get to dive deep into the Atlanta Falcons and say, hey, look, it, it, if you're from this state, you're going to support the team that's in your state and you're going to and you're going to go all the way 100 percent. And plus in the South, you know, football is 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 like it, it's, it's like a tradition down there. It's almost religion. So too easy to become a Falcon fan, too easy to root for the Falcons. And it was just too easy to, you know want this team to win and, and I'm I'm not going nowhere good bad and ugly I'm in it for the long haul been around this long if we do win one it'll it'll feel even better if if, if it take long you know to get there so gotta rise up gotta be a dirty bird and, and, and all we want to do is just win baby that's all we want around here that's, all that's we're right to hey do. at least y'all got a fly ass stadium <laughs> you know what I'm saying? you do hey that's, hey that's a topic of discussion too because you know if you listen to a few our podcasts the other week we were a little angry. We were like, you know, what do we what, we don't even deserve this stadium. You know, we're not putting a product on the field where we even deserve all of this nice ingenuity and engineering that, that Arthur Blank has bestowed on us. But anyway, another conversation for another day. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very true. I think uh when we're we, not to get off off topic, but you know, we're in the process of looking at a new stadium for like 2027. And and Jason Wright, our team president, and Dan Snyder, they're touring the world, the country. Atlanta was one of the stops they went to. LA, what do they call it? So SoFi? SoFi Stadium, yeah. SoFi yeah. Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. So they toured all the big new stadiums, and they're just trying to get ideas. But you know, we need to get out of that dump of FedEx. So we're just hoping we get something half as good as what you you guys have. So don't take it for granted. It's, it's a nice yeah. place. I mean, gotta, I envy it. Y'all probably want to keep that FedEx name because our head coach, his dad, and runs and own FedEx. So you probably want to keep FedEx around. That is right. What's his, what's his last name again? Arthur Smith. 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 So Smith. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> okay, so let's roll into the, the next topic. Um, help us and help our 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 you know our listeners tell us who the 2021 Falcons are. How was the offseason? How were you guys so far going into week four? So Jimbo, start us off, man. <laughs> oh man. Oh, hey, over here at Pound Found ATL, we 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 dig numbers first. Uh we watch film, we do all our due diligence to make sure we know. We can to make sure we can almost put out a factual statement about our team, and we and we did we dive deep the whole offseason, and I mean we go from and we even dig all the way back from years prior. You understand? So we we do everything we can to make sure we give the the, the, the your average Atlanta Falcon fan the best we can depict this Atlanta Falcon team the best we can over here at Prime Five Tail. And and what we what we've been finding out is that. Every other year when we get a different regime, that first year is always kind of like a search, like we're searching for that identity, trying to find that culture and trying to figure out what exactly this team is going to be. Now, in three weeks, it's really hard to depict that, but you can get you can get eye close, you can get nips here and commercials here and little microwave dinners here, or what your team might or could be. And in the 2020 Atlanta, 2021 Atlanta Falcons is we we still looking for that, but we on that verge, and we know we on that verge because I mean within that first quarter we're gonna know. And our first we got our first win against the Giants last week. We only averaging 16 points a game. 
defense is kind of like back in right now. They they starting to catch up. Everything is starting to come along. Um, we, we, we bypassed the preseason like we had an all-star team, like we ain't coming off a losing season, which we still don't get over here at Pound Pound ATL. We still don't realize why our new regime did that, but they did. And they and they starting to they starting to trying to catch up. They're trying to find who they actually are. They're trying to find that culture and they're trying to get that identity. And I think Arthur Smith and our new GM, Terry Font, know who we got from the New Orleans Saints. I think they're starting to do that. It's starting to come around and we're starting to see. We finna nitpick. We're not finna be the the Titans offense who we got uh, Arthur Smith from. We're not finna be the Titan offense. We finna be a different version of that. But we finna grind you out. We finna try to punish you and make you you know bow down to our time management. And then we're just gonna break a uh, being don't break on defense with Dean Pease. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 But and I, and I dovetail kind of off what uh, Jimbo Slice is talking about a little bit, right? Because I think the problem that we ran into is. Dan Quinn gave us a lot of slogans. Like, he was all good for all gas, no brakes, or, you know, uh, embrace the suck. Man, we got so used to these marketing campaigns and slogans for we're an average team and we hope to play better next week, right? So, <laughs> as, a, as a fan base, we grew tired of it. Like, I mean, honestly, I would say Dan Quinn last year, just to kind of go back last year a little bit, Dan Quinn before he was fired. It just the morale was low in the city, right? Like, and, and again, you guys have had your share of coaches who have just kind of stunk it up. So you yeah. know what it's like when you support a team where it's like, you know, we got the players in place, but we're not playing to our ability, right? So I think, you know, this Falcons team this year is, I would say, to be honest with you, we do mask a couple of things. Like, we're, we're not a team that I would say, talent-wise, we can go toe-to-toe with some of the upper echelon teams at the league, even with a Matt Ryan, which, again, I know we're parking a lot Matt Ryan. We'll talk about <laughs> Because I know y'all chomping at the bit to talk about Matt Ryan. But I think from a team standpoint, you know, I'll tell you this. We play more together now than I've seen probably the last couple of years. All of the individuals, we've kind of gotten them out of the building. Starting with Julio Jones, to get me wrong. When Julio Jones said he wanted out of Atlanta on uh, on first take and everybody saw it, everybody saw the, the interview, yeah, it, it sucked. But you know what? That's the type of mentality that we almost need to let go, you know? Like, we need people that want to go play football and that's locked in, dialed in, team players. And I think collectively we're playing more as a team, which is why I think when we played the Giants last week, we were able to get it done and do something we hadn't done in a couple of years, which is close out a game, which is actually make plays in critical moments to actually close out a game. So I think there are little bits that we can take, but we honestly just – we are a team that is rebuilding. We are a team that is literally trying to figure out our identity, as Jimbo said. But first quarter of the season, that's kind of what we need to be talking about right now. Right. And I hadn't mentioned right. Kyle Pitts. So, yeah, that's what we got. How's he doing, by the way? I haven't been really watching too much. Uh, Lack of opportunities. I told Jimbo Spice on the podcast the other week. I was like, he, he's like a freight train. It's like you see him coming. Like, eventually he's going to come closer and closer. He's not right at your face yet, but he'll make a catch here. You, like, you see the ability in spurts. And I just think it's only a matter of time before he kind of breaks out just because he's got that 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 extra gear that I would say none of our other receivers have, including Calvin Ridley. Right. And and he's a rookie. He's a rookie, too. So and that's what people are missing, uh, kind of forgetting about him because he's that unicorn that we wanted at four at four. And, but they, they, you cannot forget that he's a rookie and a rookie on offense. Rookie on defenses are different. They can fly around. They can be more freely. On, on offense, the people can scheme to stop you. And, and, and we finding out some people are scheming to stop Kyle Pitts before he even gets started. 
which do say a lot. That that do say a lot about that rookie. But like Mike said, I think he's on the fringe of exploding. And God knows. Let's hope for y'all's sake he don't explode this start to explode this Sunday. Yeah, because he yeah. coming. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that in a, in a few minutes. Yeah, we, we got we got we got some insight for y'all and, on that. And it's it's funny because what you just described about the Falcons is very similar to about about Washington. We're a new team, except the only difference between our two teams is we're going through a culture change. We're going through a lot of change. Name everything changed, right? You know, last year we got rid of everybody and started from scratch, but we're rebuilding this team, and we got fool's gold last year with a seven to nine division championship that we probably i don't want to say we shouldn't have had but it's not our fault the rest of the teams just sucked and, and it's not our fault that the eagles coach benched jay uh um what's his name um uh, brought in jalen hurts for the entire second half and then we won the division in, in the last game of the season like oh yeah we probably shouldn't have won the division but we did and now we have this schedule and it's it's year two of a rebuild in the round Rivera, and there's all these expectations and we're just proven to be we not we're not where we where the fan base and the media hyped us up to be division champions. We're coming back. No, we're in year, year two of a rebuild, and it's a slow, it's a process. So it sounds like you guys are already there, but your expectations are more level headed than than our, well, our media and our fans come out to be. You know what I'm saying? But but I'll say this though. I'll say to add one thing that y'all are clearly ahead of us at, which I think. It's championship caliber. It's just my own two cents from being an outside observer. It is on the defensive line. You guys have defensive linemen who are capable of taking over games at any given time. And you know in this right. league, when you got a good defensive line, you can mask all the other stuff. See, Very true. But, they, one, but they've never done it. Chase Young has zero sacks, bro. But, but you know as of now, he got zero. As of now, he got I mean, zero. I hope tomorrow, I hope Saturday, Sunday, he gets like six in one day, like uh, Chandler did. I mean, but, but what's the chances? But you know what? Well, but I say this though, he still feels confident enough that he's looked at our offensive line and he said, "Yeah, this is my game that I'm going to break out at." I thought that that was really telling him him because he's like, "Well, yeah, I, you know, I've been kind of behind the eight ball. Well, well, I got the Falcons this week. Let right. me break those guys." So he he might have spotted something on our offensive line, which again we'll yeah. touch on. Later. Uh, that makes him feel right because this is the second week that a player has played came against us because tom brady last week trolled us or week before last tom brady us before he played us it was 328 on the clock uh at his clock at his house and he was just trolling us 28 to 3 yeah for the team right so this is almost like the second out of the third week that somebody has looked at our team and said oh yeah yeah yeah. that left tackle or that right tackle i'm about to eat these guys for lunch that to me we don't have a defensive lineman who can say, "Oh yeah, uh, your offensive guard, your left guard, oh, we're about to kill him this week." We don't. We got, we got carved up by Danny Dimes, bro. Honestly, we got carved up by Danny Dimes. <laughs> y'all, y'all, yeah, hey, Dev, hold up. We, we gonna we gonna talk about that. In, y'all, in legit, y'all legit, y'all legit won that game against them though. We legit got lucky. Yeah, we did. We should be zero three. Sure did. Hey, uh, so it's a quarterback centric league. We all know that the uh, the league of the old, the league of probably our we'll call it youth was about running the football. You know, it's a, it's a quarterback centric league. Matt Ryan is, is, is a, is a seasoned veteran. You guys have a quarterback. We have Taylor Heineke. We had Ryan Fitzpatrick went down with the hip injury, the fourth series of the game. And we've had Taylor Heineke since. So I think I have my own opinion of who Matt Ryan is. You know, he's a solid veteran. You know what you're going to get at him. You're not going to get any more. You're not going to get any less. You're, you know what you're going to get Matt Ryan. He's kind of a statue back there, but he, he, he doesn't make, crazy bad decisions so i just want to see like 
Jimbo, like what 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 is your opinion on on Matt Ryan as a as a lifelong fan? Like, are you happy wait, with wait, him? Are you pissed wait, off wait, about him? Like, no. First of all, first of all, go ahead. If any Falcons fan is watching, go ahead and repeat what you just said about Matt Ryan for the our fan base, really quick. Repeat what you just said for me, real quick. Uh, about him being a statue. No, no, um, he, he's a stable vet. We know what we're going to get from him. And he, yeah, you, you're and not going to get any more. You're not going to get any less. You know exactly it, what you get from him week in and week out. He got an MVP trophy. Right, and we got a quarterback. We got a quarterback, right? Yeah. Right. I did hear you say that. Thank yes. you very we, much. We do not have that. You have <laughs> okay, that. appreciate it. Appreciate it. Just wanted yeah. the fan. I, if I'm in our fan base watching this, we want another fan base to put it out there so they can hear it. That's yeah. all. I really appreciate that. Well, Thank he's going to be on watch the next year anyway. So you want it. Oh, so you want Matt Ryan. No, I, do, I, I, absolutely, I absolutely do not <laughs> want Matt Ryan. Okay. But, uh, but I didn't want, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick either, but we got him. So you'll take Matt Ryan. Say. You'll take Matt Ryan for over what you got is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. I, I'll take him over Fitz. Uh, okay. I know. I'm just saying, just wanted to get it there. Yeah. So okay, who who is Matt Ryan? Right, Matt Ryan's a pocket passing, record setting, gun slinging. Yes, I wrote this down. Been sacked over forty times. Never had a defense. Never had an offensive line. On like his six have six or seven hundred OC head coach. Yeah, that is Matt Ryan, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, in a nutshell, right? But at the end of the day, Matt Ryan give you a chance to win a ball game. The Washington football team wish they had a Matt Ryan so they can have a chance to win a football game. We I'm going to Alex Smith. Uh, I'm going to go out on the line. Okay, Alex Smith, <laughs> Matt Ryan, same, almost, uh, almost the same guy. Almost the same guy. No, no, almost the same guy. Don't get me fired up. I know no. the numbers. I know the numbers. I'm talking Matt about Ryan's, Matt Ryan. <laughs> I'm talking about the style. Matt Ryan is better. Thank you. But I'm talking about the style of body type, not taking off. In, in, but anyway, let me go. There. I'm going to go here. If the Washington football team had Matt Ryan last year with that defense in that deep and that defensive line in the playoffs, y'all would have damn near went to the Super Bowl. Now, if y'all disagree with that, t- tell me I'm lying. If you had Matt Ryan on the center last year with ten that wins, line, ten wins easy. Get no, because let me tell you something. When Matt Ryan get in the playoffs, Matt Ryan turns into a whole nother person, and we know as Atlanta Falcon fans and, and some of the teams that we have beat, they will tell you. The man is dead on when he get in the playoffs. He do he do not play no games. The only thing that fucks Matt, I'm sorry. You can curse. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Do with that shit. Hey, whatever you want. Don't the hold back. The only thing that mess Matt Ryan up when he get in the playoffs, he don't have a defense. So like right. and he, uh, and like I said, if he was on y'all team last year in the playoffs. Y'all would have been almost in the Super Bowl. Y'all probably would have made it to the Super Bowl. I'm gonna just put with that defense. I'm gonna go ahead and put that out there with a running game. So what we got now. Today in Matt Ryan, let's talk about right now. Today we're talking about a guy that just not is not finna just not finna lose a game for you. It's all around stuff that is going on that put Matt Ryan in some of the position that Matt Ryan has been put in this year, and that's okay with us. You know why we pay him a whole lot of money to get put in stuckful situations. Matt Ryan crawl, walk, and then run. That's what he's doing right now. He's starting to walk on you. That's what the Giants done found out, and then he's gonna start running here in a minute, and then some people gonna have to pay. He gonna be top. He gonna be top in all the passing. He gonna broke every record you can think of in the, in the first fourteen years as a quarterback in the league. So as of right now, you ain't gotta worry about y'all. Ain't gonna have to worry about Matt Ryan too much because he's still crawling. That 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 third quarter of the season, them teams they gonna have to worry about the walking Matt Ryan in the last four the four uh, games or so. They are gonna have to worry about the running one. 
And then, yeah. but right now we are right where we want to be at with the quarterback that we have. And it's, it's good to know a lot of other teams out there want it. Big Mike, go ahead and well, get it now. Hey, yeah, tell, tell us, lay it on us. Let's go. I want to hear what you got to say, Steve. And then I, <laughs> I, 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 all I wanted to say was listen, Matt Ryan, I, I'm, I'm a fan. Like, I'm not diehard. I, I appreciate football and I like talent. He four pick or four touchdowns, three three interceptions this year, but he's throwing for seventy one percent, which means the ball is getting where it needs to be. Now, I don't know what those three picks were. I didn't watch any of the games, but seventy one percent teams have been tearing us apart with accuracy, like breaking the zone, putting the ball in the tight spots. Like that's the last thing we need to be seeing as a quarterback who's that accurate because it gives a, a guy catches the, the ball is going to be where it's going to need to be, and then the rest on the player to make something happen. So it's it's a little 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 bit scary. To play someone who's that accurate. That's all I was trying to say. Okay. No, 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 no. That's good because I'm gonna go a little bit more grim. You know what I mean? Because because I agree, and I'm gonna tell you something. It is refreshing to hear another team's viewpoint of Matt Ryan. Because I, I tell you this: if you come around the city of Atlanta, you will see a lot of people, like I mean, with trash cans, basically trying to run Matt Ryan as far out of town as they possibly can. Yeah. First and foremost, let's just start there. But I will tell you this though: there is a there's a really peculiar element to the story of Matt Ryan. And it's really unfair to this guy because at one point in time, this guy was paid at the same level as Aaron Rodgers, right? Almost $25 million a year, top flight quarterback. And the craziest thing to me, and this goes to Thomas Dimitrov, because I hate mentioning his name, our freaking previous GM, general manager, because he screwed this team up so mercilessly. And I'll tell you what, you got a quarterback back there who can make throws, great completion percentage field general, uh, does all the right things off the field, right? Is kind of a guy that, like, you really don't need to worry about at the quarterback position. But you give him some of the most piss-poor offensive linemen <laughs> known to man. So Y'all pick, pick wide receivers and tight ends with your first pick, man. Well, no. Here's pick a fucking lineman. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. We <laughs> pick tight ends. We've done that kind of stuff. But the problem is this. We haven't picked talented players, period. Like, we haven't picked players that have translated – to to the NFL, and and I, and I would say this goes back years for this goes back from oh, yeah. Peter Kahn's to I could just man I could got a laundry list of guys who didn't pan out, and I'll tell you this: it always starts in the drafting and scouting department because you you would say that like you know my thing about it is like this: if we spend all of this money, you know, building this really nice building, you got to take time to put some chairs inside the building, right? You got it like oh, this yeah. is an office. Big building, right? And we got an office inside of it. You got to put chairs in it. You got to have a cafeteria. You got to have an elevator. You got to have all this stuff to work on the inside. Because, because, and what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is, that's what we've done. We got, we got the building. We got Matt Ryan. You can, you can build around Matt Ryan, but we put nothing in that building to protect this guy. Which is why Chase Young can look at our offensive line and say, "I haven't broken out yet. This is the week that I break out." Mm -hmm. And again, the reason why you see Matt Ryan being erratic sometimes is, I will tell you this straight up. For everybody from in Washington that's watching this right now, is he is a gun shy. He suffers a little bit. He he's seeing ghosts just a little bit because as soon as he says hut, he got people in his face. And I don't care how good you are, if you're living like that and you're getting set and you're getting defensive alignment, these huge y'all got some defensive alignment. That's right. Oh, yeah. I've looked at your depth chart. Y'all are y'all have put an onus on the defense line. And one thing about Ron Rivera, with him coming from Carolina, he is definitely familiar with Matt Ryan. He knows how to affect him. So if anything, it, that's why I said this game is going to be really interesting for both of us because, you know, the Giants, I thought that we were kind of on par with the Giants in terms of just the way we played. It felt like we was playing ourselves. This is literally a team that if we come out and play our game, we could dominate. But, again, if we let, you know, Taylor Heineke, um, 
and with your defense, if your defense is able to get pressure on Matt Ryan, it could be a long day for us, like point blank. Don't you have three first rounders on the offensive line? I, I thought I heard a comment on the radio today. I don't know if it's true or not. Or are they yeah. older three first rounders? Last year, our whole line was first rounders. Actually, our whole line, yeah, with the exception of, uh, no, no, no. Jalen Mayfield was a third rounder. We got a rookie at left guard, third rounder. We got a fourth rounder, uh, Hennessy. But yeah, uh, to your point, uh, Jake Matthews, first rounder. Chris yeah. Lindstrom actually is probably one of our best linemen. We never talk about him because he never does anything wrong, which is great. That's why we don't even – I don't spend a lot of time talking about Chris Lindstrom. He do what he's supposed to do. He grade out 85, 90 a game, every game. We never talk about him. But Caleb McGarry, now i give you a little bit of intel. Caleb McGarry, our right tackle, Chase Young, that's what. That's why he feels like he's got an advantage right there. And I'll be honest with you. That's who it's going to be over. Caleb McGarry struggles against like fast pass rushing. Yes, Lord. Eats his lunch twice a year, every year since he's been in the league, and it's just known. And he puts he puts tweets about it. And I put you like this: All y'all have played football before. If a guy tweets you that 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 I I just destroyed this guy this game, right? And you got to see that guy again the next game. If you really feel like you can beat that guy, you're gonna be looking forward to like, all right, I got Cameron Jordan again, and you get beat the same way you got beat the first time. That man owns you. So yeah. it's Cameron Jordan. I mean, that's Daniel Jones to the Washington football team till till last two weeks ago. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> he's like our daddy. He's been our daddy for four right. games straight. But you know, quick, uh, before before I turn it over to Phil, I got one question from Tiho for for Jimbo. Um, he asked, "Who was a good another good wide receiver on your team since Julio was gone?" And then I'll turn it over to Phil. Since since Julio has left, yeah, uh, it's it's no question. It's Kevin really. No question about it. Hands down. But we are starting to notice some flaws since Julio left. Um, we don't know if he can really carry the weight as a wide receiver one. We don't know how physical he is when it comes to putting his shoulder pads down and, and making the tough catches and, and just, you know, grinding and being that guy, being the running back after the catch, not just a catch and, and, and fall down or catch in the end zone. We want to know what that yak looking looking like. But definitely Kevin Ridley, and, and, and we definitely missed that yet from, from Julio Jones in a bigger tight wide receiver. We're more finessed at wide receiver right about now, but I think Kevin Ridley is, is the best since Julio left because that's all we got since Julio left, really. Ridley or else? We don't really uh, have okay. a Well, let me, let me uh, just ask you all this. Um, I have everybody on your entire roster. Who should the Washington football team be watching on Sunday? Making impact for the Falcons. Who should be that key guy that you think is going to be the one to make an impact for your team? I'll tell y'all now it's going to be the tight end. We're terrible at covering tight ends. He's going to have his game. Hey, Watch. look, okay, we 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 can answer that question and Mike could jump on it, but after. After we answer this, after we answer this one, answer this, we want the same same answer. From, we want that same question answered from y'all. And Mike, yeah, we gonna, this is a reciprocity question because uh, <laughs> <laughs> we definitely gonna ask y'all the same question. Now let me ask you this because you know, like I said, we like to get geeked over here, pound for pound, ATF, offensively or defensively, because both matter. Let's go both. Give us one for sure. each. Give us one for each. I will split it up. Jumbo, you want to do offense, defense? I will split it up. You know, I, I know what you mind at anyway. So yeah, yeah, go. I do. I, you do. Go and do that offense. You know what I want. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I'm gonna let Jumbo because Jumbo is a secondary guy. Uh, I'm gonna let him. Uh, I'm gonna let him give you some insight on who he thinks. But I say offensively, the one guy, the one guy that you really gotta watch out for. If I'm really honest, and I, it's weird for me to say this, 
Patterson. Because let me tell you something. Cordero Patterson has been a special teams guy, kind of a gadget guy up to this point. Never really had a real role. Could play a little bit of this, play a little bit of that. But I will tell you this. They find ways every game to scheme Cordero Patterson open. One thing that we like to note on the podcast about Cordero Patterson is this. He is truly one of the guys, I would say, outside of Calvin Ridley, that usually when he gets the ball, he has the ability to make the first defender miss, right? And you need that. When you want, you know, when the type of offense that we run in, we kind of slowing the ball down a little bit. Those yak plays are absolutely important. So I would say, you know, it took me a little while to get on the train because I couldn't really see him as a running back. But the one thing about Cordero Patterson, most people don't realize, is he's 6'2", 240 pounds, and he runs like a 4'4", 4'5". So he is definitely a guy where you put all that attention on Kyle Pitts. You know, you you look at Kyle Ridley over the top, you know. Cordell Patterson is easily a guy that can sneak out the backfield off the screen and give you 20, 25 yards. Because if you look at the game against the Giants, um, he was the guy who had the critical uh, play, you know, to really put us in position to win that game. So Cordell Patterson is definitely my guy offensively. What you got, Jimbo, from the defensive side? Oh, that defensive side of the ball, which which is the strength of that Atlanta Falcon team. That that's our strength. It used to be the offense. Now the tables have turned. Shout out to Dean Pease, our new defensive coordinator. I love it. And he went off on up, man. We're gonna talk, Mike. We got some stuff to talk about tomorrow on our live show. (laughs) Anyway, but watch out, watch out for our linebacker core. They're starting to come along now, which is a group of fast uh, guys that love to hit. Now, they had trouble guarding tight ends, and I see a lot of them people saying, y'all people saying that in the chat, but we got the same problem. But our guys are starting to our guys are starting to fix that problem, which is good to see. Because you, you if they fix that problem, then they it's gonna be it's gonna be hell to pay. Now, Grady Jerry on the defensive line. If you don't know who that is, y'all, if you, if you don't know him, you're gonna find out who he is, Sonny. D- disruptive, he, he 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 good on stopping the run, good on I mean he hurt people. He punished people. He bend your back. He bend your he bend you over like a clothes hanger and make you kiss your own on own, own ass cheeks. Mm. Greater Jerry is that guy. So watch out for Greater Jerry. Watch out for that linebacker core. And AJ Terrell is our corner. Now I, we haven't got full. I haven't got a full report to know if he's going to play uh, this Sunday because he's coming out of concussion protocol. We, we probably know. I probably should have been to check that before I got on. That's one thing I wanted to check, but he might be playing Sunday. He as of today, he played. He practiced oh, he, today. He said full okay, practice so, today. So that, that that's another guy. I probably wouldn't go his way. He's starting to come into, and I'm not just being biased. I'm I'm being serious on like I've been. We've been watching this guy. This guy is starting to jump into that like top ten corner type field in the NFL, and he's starting to find his way. So I can't wait to see him and McLaren. That was our receiver. What's his name? McLaren. Yep, Terry yeah. McLaren. I can't. Curtis Samuel's see- playing too, maybe. Yeah, Curtis Samuel, I, we got somebody for him too. But I can't wait to see. <laughs> I can't wait to see AJ Terrell and McLaren go at that. It's going to be really good matchup right actually, there. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Jimbo, because there's actually one guy that I thought that y'all really didn't have a role for this guy. But I tell you this, he is playing some really good football for us, and that's Fabian Moreau. Right. right. I was just about to ask you about Fabian. I don't I love Fabian Moreau. I didn't want to leave. Fabian. Why he kind of fell out of favor with the old old coaching staff, which I can kind of guess a little bit because I think we got a uh, Kyle Smith or one of the one of y'all's uh, uh, AVPs or whatever, yeah. and he said 
Fabian Moreau guy. We need to get this guy a shot. Let me tell you something. We never heard anything about Fabian Moreau at camp. You know why? Because he never really did anything to put himself in a bad situation. So I was right. he is actually playing really solid football. And that's actually a thank you to you guys for not really uh you know recognizing his talent. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it happens all the time. But yeah, linebacker core, Grady Jerry and AJ Terrell, and, and thanks for Monroe. He's been solid for us. Absolutely. Now the question is on y'all. Go ahead. All right. So Dev, start us off. Who who do you think that they should be watching from our team come Sunday? Obviously, the easy choice would be Terry, but I'm a, I'm gonna surprise you. I think this is the game where we get back on the Heineke bandwagon. And and the reason is because I know we're talking about uh Matt, who I, I'm a fan of. I don't want him here. But I'm a fan of them, you know. But they're throwing – they're basically the same guy this year. I mean, uh, you know, Heineke is throwing 69.4%. Matt's throwing 70. Matt got 707 yards. Heineke got 670. You know, Matt has four touchdowns, three interceptions. Heineke has five touchdowns, three interceptions. You know, Heineke has been sacked twice, though. Matt's been sacked seven. Heineke also has a touchdown running and about 50 yards in one game. Like, those are the things that – those are the only things that he separated. But I think right now, if 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 Curtis is able to play, Samuels is able to play, at least be a, at least a third option behind Thomas and McLaurin, obviously, and sprinkling some Gibson, I think that can be a hard thing for Atlanta to 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 recover from if they're on. But as we as we have seen so far, it's easy to get Washington out of the running game, so they become one dimensional. And you can stomp them. You can curb stomp Washington, man. Because they after you after you score about two or three times on them, they don't want to play no more on defense. They're basically mm-hmm. running through the motions. If you watch them, you can see our defensive end so aggressive. They just run upfield, and the quarterback slides to the right, wide open guy every time. Wow. It's 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 crazy. Watch the Bills game, man. Now I know Washington played the Bills and Chargers, who right now look like two of some of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah. Period. So yeah. I, and, and so I'm not really that hung up on a one and two record. And I'm not holding, I'm not jacking off, you know, the Carolina Panthers because I played the fucking Jets and the goddamn Houston, Texas, man. They're, I mean, I, like, I don't care what y'all say, how good you think Donald is. He played the fucking Texans, man. Hey, but you, and the you're, Jets. you're supposed to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, though. Right, if right, right. This is the NFL, right, man. This right. is, you know how hard it is to win an NFL game. And I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's easier when you're playing the fucking Texans and the goddamn uh, – Jets though, right? I mean, I mean, let's just be I mean, real honest. Point, no, no, to your point, that is true because I mean, they did play. Yeah, them. I mean, if we had those guys on the schedule, if we could take off the Bills and the Chiefs and the Chargers, and we could put Texans and uh, the the whoever the other team is again, the Jets on there, we'd be three and zero. I mean, just being honest with you, no, man. you and then everybody be like, oh, they're so great. No, we suck, man. We just played the Jets and the Texans, but I think right now, everybody, right now, we're at one and a half points. Favorite over the Atlanta? One and a half. Yeah, yeah so one and a half points. <laughs> so, now, so I, I really being in Atlanta, it's a one and a half point favorite for Washington, which is nothing. It's a pick Right, it's a pick So I'm thinking oh. they beat they beat the Giants. And they beat them. It wasn't like they uh, they the, the it wasn't like the Giants dropped a wide open pass for a touchdown like they did against us. You know, yeah. it wasn't like one of those things. Or they got a you know a holding call on a 60-yard scramble by the quarterback that should have been a touchdown. It didn't like that thing happen. Y'all beat those guys. We got lucky against the Giants. So anybody thinks we should beat the Falcons, I'm going to surprise everybody and say it now. I got us losing, man. Uh, you, you two steps ahead of us, man. Hold the score. 
Yes. Phil, go ahead. Who should be watching? Um on defense, on defense, one thing that you all gotta watch out for and the matchup I want to see is when William Jackson is lined up on Calvin Ridley. So that's your number one against the guy who's been our most consistent corner. Um, William Jackson, it's interesting. He only has one pick this year. Barbecue chicken. That's what really saying right now. No, 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 no. Jackson has probably been our most consistent by far. He's in on every play. It's it's just there have been some amazing throws against him to get get into these guys' hands against him. But um, he is probably the one who's going to be most uh, consistent as far as coverage so far this season. So I'm interested to see William Jackson go up against Calvin Ridley, see what he can do to, you know, try and mitigate that and force Matt Ryan to go to his other receivers. Um, the other he's going to do is going to play 10 yards. He's going to play 10 yards off of him. Tino heard me right there. William Jackson versus Calvin Ridley. Um, it's going to be a key matchup for Washington's defense. I think that Chase talking and Chase talking is just going to draw more attention to his side of the ball. So the other guy on defense, y'all got to watch out for is Montez Sweat. Absolutely. Montez Sweat is the – because Chase Young was the number two pick and Montez was a number 23 or 26. Yep. I can't remember off the top of my head. We came back into the first round. Yeah, we came back into the first round, drafted him towards the end of the first round. After, after Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, after Dwayne yeah. Since he was our first round pick in 2019, because I don't want to remember the other one, um, <laughs> people forget how good he is. He is a first round edge rusher. Oh, Mississippi yeah. State. He led the team in sacks last year, not Chase. Oh, yeah. But Chase to cause enough disruption on his end of the, of the ball that freed up things for Montez on the other side. Because you, can, you can't double team both sides of the ball, especially with defensive tackles like ours. So I think that. This is actually going to be a breakout game for anybody on the defensive line. It's going to be Montez Sweat uh, just because of the fact that he's been sleeper quiet, but he's been doing a lot in terms of trying to keep the edge, forcing plays back inside. So the times that our defensive tackles have actually you know, done their job, it's been because quarterbacks have been pushed up the middle towards them. Hmm. And uh, it'll be interesting to see us play a less mobile quarterback. Because we haven't had that yet this season. Right. We, you know, Justin Herbert isn't a running quarterback, but he's mobile enough to move around in the pocket, you know, Definitely. better than Matt Ryan this. Definitely. And then we went Daniel Jones and uh, 90, 90 Josh yards. Allen back to back. Danny so. Dan. Tore up. So for me, my, um, I'll just go straight to the offense because Phil. I was gonna say Montez Sweat on defense because I I think he's gonna he's he's due. Chase is due, but I think our guys are so much in their own heads. They're trying too hard. They're hearing all this ridicule from the fan base and the fans. We were the number two ranked defense last year. Now we're literally, if you want to go by yards right now, I want to say we are we are the thirty first ranked team in total yards, which is completely opposite of where we were last year. Twenty ninth in total points scored against. So. It ain't looking too good for us. Yeah, again, offering... though, again, though, we played the Bills and yes. the Chargers. You know, <laughs> and the Giants and, and, on 29 honest, The Giants had pretty good defense, honestly. Yeah. But, good, yeah. I mean, you played a lot of good defenses, though. And I, yeah. I would say – Good quarterbacks, two of them, yeah. anyways. So, if there's ever a prime time, it, it's prime time to break out of this one. But the person I think that Atlanta should be watching for is my man, 
Logan motherfucking Thomas because I love oh, Logan. That was he's, our, he's our tight end, and he for some reason he he's he's just always open, and I I don't Got know why. He's always open. He's always especially in the red zone. You know, he's a big dude, former Virginia Tech quarterback. He's like six yep. six. He's a big boy, man. Um, so seventy two catches last year too. Yeah, yeah I mean. Well, guys that are former quarterbacks, I'll tell you this. Guys that are former quarterbacks, you know what? I let out a little secret because y'all, you know, y'all invited us to this podcast, so we'll let out a little secret. <laughs> you got a quarterback that um, y'all might see a couple snaps at tight end. I just go ahead and put it out there, and that's Felipe Franks, which is our third string quarterback, which is our third string quarterback. Oh, uh, uh, the guy from the uh, he's in another league, right? Before he's he in the XFL. Yeah, I remember that guy. Okay, Felipe Franks actually was the quarterback for the Arkansas Razorback last year. Used to be right. He got a brother that plays um, – his brother's a tight end for the Cleveland Browns. But, again, he's one of those guys that played quarterback in college, like 6'7", 260. Kind of fits that that mold of a Logan Thomas. Um, just, you know, big guy that can just – like, like guys that have the potential to get open. That's one guy that I think that um, – I would say that is one guy that we are watching out for as an X Factor because – we just like I don't know maybe it's a lead thing I think it's an NFL thing maybe tight ends are just freaks in nature these days but we have trouble covering the tight end too and yes we do y'all got another good one for sure like he has definitely got it is on our radar for sure now y'all y'all in y'all last three games y'all don't gave up over y'all don't gave up ninety two points in the, over the last God. three games which, which which that's a, and that's a lot now, now don't get me wrong that's a lot but that don't mean that we finna do that it's a copycat lead if your defense is not stopping a certain thing. I'm I'm telling you now, Arthur Smith finna come in there and he's finna go right back at it. He, he, well, he, he's you, just tra- you just transitioned to our next subject, Jimbo go Slice. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Keys to ATL victory. Let's go. Keys to the ATL victory. We're gonna have to establish the run game to the outside. Deron Payne is not finna let us eat that gut like we want to. No. And, I, and, I, and I know I've been, I watched a little film, and Deron Payne is really one of the ones on that defensive line. You really need to be need to keep an eye on. He's oh. not going to let us gut them yeah. like that. We got to get them outside. We got to get into the outsides. And Deron Payne is 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 he demanding a double team? So the key to, to our offense winning the game, we're gonna have to get to the outsides, and we're gonna have to run at those slim defensive ends. Y'all got Chase Young and Montez Sweat, and that's what people been doing to y'all. Y'all expectation for that defensive line, defense line been so high, people been running right at them, or coming right at them, or RPO right at them, and then throw the ball. So that's kind of they that's kind of how they taking y'all out of the game. And I think that's the same way we're gonna have to do it. Cause if we sit back there and let Matt Ryan be that statue, Montez Sweat and Chase Young is gonna get home eventually, especially with our left, our right, our right tackle. Right. Yeah, he will. He will. Barbecue chicken. <laughs> what's, your, what's your keys to an ATL victory? Okay, so my keys to an ATL victory are, is this. I and and it, you know what what's crazy is it's not necessarily because we're playing the Redskins. This is usually some of my keys to the big to, to, to an ATL victory. Because you guys have an aggressive defensive line, I would say a borderline dynamic defensive line, we have to be able to, one, hit in the screen game and find matchups. And matchups. If we're able to find one-on-one matchups, because the one thing I haven't really – I don't really know a lot about is who the Washington linebackers are. That may not be a bad thing. Or Nobody. it may not be a good thing because I've never heard of who these guys are, right? Now, I think their first name is Barbecue, last name is Chicken. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They're a little shit-tacular. That's our linebackers. We call them craptastic. But look, okay, Ugh. I will say this. Um, 
because Kyle Pitts, I look at it like this, and we hadn't really talked a lot about Kyle Pitts, but I'll tell you this. Kyle Pitts has been, I would say, very frustrating for the Atlanta Falcons fans to watch because, again, he got all of this pressure on him. And, like, I get a good example. We played against the Giants last week, and we get to the red zone, and we hear all this stuff about how Kyle Pitts is good in the red zone. We don't even have a man in the package in the red zone, right? So the thing about Kyle Pitts is this, though. What he showed me in the second half against the Giants is, is he's just going to play his game, do what he got to do, and wait for the ball to come to him. One thing I like about him as a rookie is that he is a very selfless rookie. Like, you would think a guy with all this hype would be demanding the ball, but he just lets the game come to him. I think that the keys to the victory will be establishing Kyle Pitts early, as we do every week. But also, another guy who we don't talk about, as in Hayden Hurst as well, too. So I think this will be a game where we rely on the tight ends because you guys have such an aggressive defensive line. So I think for us, it's screen games and ensuring that we hit our tight ends because – I do think the, the Calvin Ridley and Will Jackson battle will be a little bit better than people anticipate. Me too. I'm definitely yeah. a Will, uh, fan in terms of um, his body of work that he's put out as well. You, you speak the truth because uh, tight ends tend to tear us up. Mobile quarterbacks and tight ends tear us up. And I was going to say, we are, we are famous for, for making tight ends famous. Austin Hooper is paid in <laughs> Cleveland because of the game he had against Washington two years ago. Um, you you probably remember it. Was it two years yeah. ago? Maybe three years ago. I don't know. He tore <laughs> us up. Then he got paid. He left and he got paid. So that's what we do. Now we have our first round. We tried to pay him. We tried to pay Hooper. He turned us down. Remember that? Yeah, um, we tried to pay him. Just, I don't know if it's scheme or what, but they just tear us up. Like they sit in the soft zone. They they hit the scene. The tight ends just always seem to eat us open. So I was scared yeah, of uh, Kyle. Or it's like, um, John Bostic doesn't drop back yeah. in coverage. Kyle Pitts and Hurst scare me. You know what I mean? I saw, I saw, I know what Hurst can do. Like he, he's a good tight end. He just doesn't get a lot of opportunities. So, yeah, I don't know. All right, so those are good keys to 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 victories here. Um, you know, for us, I, I would just say that we need the defense just to be a shell of themselves last year. They were a great defense last year, and they've been horrible this year so far. If they can play at least half as good as they did last year. We have a chance to compete in this game and win. I think it's that simple. I don't, I don't know what else we need to do. It's, it's that simple. Phil, you got anything else on that? Keep um, to a victory? We, and this is going to be harder to do because Antonio Gibson's now questionable because he, he suddenly showed up on the, uh, on the did not practice list or limited practice list because of a shin issue. Uh-oh. Um, but we got J.D. McKissick and we got uh, – <laughs> I and I just didn't the practice today. Hold on, hold on, hold on, man. You got to put some respect on JD's name. Bro. I'm not the biggest Yeah, he had 80 grabs last year. How many players on the, how many yeah, players on Atlanta best, had 80 grabs? Yes, our backup the, running back was the best the, slot receiver we he had. Was last the year. Down, he was the check down. He was the check down. Nobody else got checked down 80 grabs, though. But, what you want to say? If hey, look, look, if, if Gibson yeah, had got those 80 grabs, yeah, man, they would have just been like this. I'm about to I'm about to give I'm about to give advance credit. They hate on McKissick. If y'all ever watch our show, they see, hate him. We need to see what Jared Patterson could do because Jared Patterson looked amazing in the preseason. Buffalo, Buffalo. And he's only seen one game uh, so far this season. He's the third. He's the third string back, but he's really the. It should be the second string running back as JD McKissick. JD McKissick is a third down back tr- through and through. 
So with or without Antonio Gibson, we need to be able to establish some kind of a running game because one of the reasons why our defense is getting bombed on is because the defense is spending you know too much time on the field because we can't sustain drives. Oh, I know that. You can have the best defense in the world, but if they're out there 35, 40 minutes of a 60-minute game, they're going to get gassed, all right? Yeah. The human body is only designed to be so enduring no matter how athletic you are. So you got to maintain drives and we got to run the ball more consistently. That doesn't mean just, you know, the, the spot runs we saw, but even last week, like we came, we came out, we come out in, in games and in the first eight plays, we'll call six, seven passes. Like I don't know what Scott Turner's thinking sometimes. And, and we have a lot of questions about him as an offensive coordinator, but he has zero commitment to running the ball. You know, and it's weird because you think that if you if he learned from his dad anything, his dad was a head coach here and consistently had a great running game. He went from Terry Allen to Stephen Davis over a course of almost a decade, and those guys were consistent year in, year out, thousand yard plus running backs. And he was a guy who liked to go air Coriel and bomb out on you. Yeah. We need to run the ball because it opens up the pass. It causes defense to play honest. And I don't know how we can get this word out to Scott Turner, but he needs to hear this. We need to run the ball more. Keep that defense off the field a little bit more so they're fresh when they come on the field and they can make plays. Hey, breaking news before we go to Dev real quick. Jaguars are up 14 to zip. Stop, Stop. Bengals. Stop. What? Stop. What? What yeah. is going on here? Two crap teams, that's what it is. Hey, no, no, no. In my fantasy, Cincinnati's not bad, but and I just thought Marvin Jones scored a touchdown. I was, I was I was I was hesitating to start him, but anyway, he, he fanned yeah. him. Anyway. I'm I'm talking about money. I took the I took the Bengals in the over, so I'm really hurting right now. But anyway, <laughs> wow. Hey, Jared, uh, Jared Peterson, that, is that the running Patterson. back from Buff- Patterson? That's from Buffalo? Buffalo. Yeah. yeah, he had like eight touchdowns in one game one year. Oh, he was man. just clowned because, of, you know, University of Buffalo is, you know, is, is University of Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like, that division one school. That dude, that dude is built like Maurice Jones Drew, and I don't exactly. know why we're not putting that to use. Running the ball is running the ball. I don't care what part of college you're in. You know how to – he got vision. We, mm-hmm. me and Mike, me and Mike do uh, undrafted free agents for pound pound ATL, and we was digging into this guy, and we was looking at this guy, and we was running his film. We was like, this guy's good, like Atlanta. Please, very productive. <laughs> very productive, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. And we love that guy. So to possibly play against him this Sunday, that's gonna be awesome to see. I, I hope that I hope they play him a little bit more. If I mean, yeah. I like the kid, man. I don't care what what level of football. He's I playing. do too. I I, I want to see him. I want to see him eat, and right, we yeah. haven't had that opportunity yet. Now, maybe with Gibson out, that forces the issue. And if he can get going early, maybe it'll show Scott Turner, oh, my God, look what happens when we run the ball. It, 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 it sounds like yeah. Scott Turner is stuck in his ways, and he's one of them good old boy OCs, and that's just not going to yeah. happen. We had yeah. that guy last year that he's was doing the same thing o- with the this is, this is only his second full season as an OC. Man. Yeah. He's so learning Deb, on the job, but he's what, not what, learning correctly. Deb, what's your key to a Washington victory here real quick? And then we'll yep. go on to score uh, predictions. Pres- pressure up the middle. I think that Allen and Payne, is, uh, I think it was Mike that said that, right? Uh, Allen and Payne, man, I think that I think if they break them off a little bit, we could beat them. But I, I know if y'all watched ESPN the other day and y'all saw the clip where your boy was talking about how selfish 
Chase Young and uh and uh Shark and uh, and uh Sweatwear, how they're like over pursuing. They're so aggressive, and it goes back to what you guys said. Screen game is gonna kill them, man. Draw game is gonna kill you. Matt Ryan's a smart dude. If you don't think he's that talented, he is definitely smart. You yeah. know, he definitely knows what he can. He knows his limitations. He knows the things he does well. Um, and and those are the kind of quarterbacks that usually does damage to us because they'll throw efficiently. Uh, they won't waste uh, downs. We're terrible on third downs. We're like butthole ass in the league, man. I, I don't on, know. On offense, I, you mean? On offense? Yeah. I. It's going to be real hard. But in order for us to answer your question short, instead of being long-winded every time, it's going to be the guys. It's going to be the defensive tackles. That's going to be our. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm afraid of, too. Okay, so let's roll right into it. A, um, we'll start with uh, a big Mike. Give us, give us your <laughs> straight up prediction for Sunday. Let's hear it. Score prediction. I'm, I'm, I like to log all these just so we can see. And uh, we right, do so- give we do giveaways for anyone who can who can who can guess the score. And we. I mean, we've been doing this for two years now. We haven't had anyone guess the score correctly once. So it's not going to happen. If y'all win, I'm going to give y'all some Atlanta dominoes I'll make. <laughs> so right now we're going to assign Ryan Granger. That's what we have right now. Predict so. win. Almost, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. But like, about it, I'll tell you this. I, me and Jimbo, when we, we get wrong, when we're wrong, we like to say we right? Because – I was the idiot that picked us to beat the, the Eagles because I thought that, you know, we had a chance. Jalen Hurt had uh, experience. We got a 14-year veteran. And, boy, I had a lot of crow that day, right? So yeah. real careful when I put these picks. Even though it looks like on paper that, yeah, we, if we play our game, we can win. I will say this, though. I, I do have a Falcons victory. I have it as 23-19 to 19 because – if we are better than y'all, we're not that much better than y'all, and it'll be another hard fight. Real good football game. Maybe boring at times to watch because it's two teams trying to get out of their own way. But 23-19, uh, got Jimbo. For the was, record, have you been picking Atlanta exactly to win every time? Just beat the Giants. Hey, Jimbo, has Mike been picking Atlanta to win every game? I need to well, go ahead of time. Well, uh, at, well over here at Pound Five, we don't predict at all because it's it's a jinx, we feel. We, we, okay. we do not go down that route. And we this is this kind of new for us, and we I mean we kind of did in the first game because a lot of fans of ours asking for it, but we usually hate doing it, man. <laughs> Let me answer your question. Okay, so look, check it out now. Check it out. Um, I want one of them to predict before I do. I'm not going right after Mike. We can do that. We can do that. We can do that. Hey, hey, Rod, hey, Rod, our founder, our, our main, our, our. This is his prediction. There you go. I'll tell you this though real quick. 35-16. Hell no, we need to kick him off the pod, man. He picks us to lose every time, bro. Ooh, man. Good golf. Rod Go picks ahead. us to lose every time, man. Go ahead, Mike. What's the Mike skin, Rod? Hey. We winning, bro. All right, so yeah. Dev, go ahead. Uh, go, we, we can say Mike, and then we'll give Dev we his prediction. man. Trust me, you didn't want to really see our podcast the week we played the Buccaneers because we had a lot of people that's like, why y'all so negative? It's like, because we got Tom Brady and we ain't got no answer for him. Anyway, go yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, it takes a special person to take those homework blinders off and just be real. You know what bro, I'm saying? You got to do it. You got to do it. You know, uh, talk about what we could do to get Tom Brady, but he gets the ball out in 2.3 seconds. We don't have okay. anybody. To, anyway, I think we should win, but I don't think we will. I think okay. we're going to lose, man. And I think he just dimes us apart. Five, six yard hits. 
because we're going to play so much of that stupid-ass prevent or quarters defense we were terrible in, but we're yep. going to play our whole game. Um, I think, like you said, the screens hit us. I think we lose. I'm going to go 25 to 21. Three points. AT. Four points. 25-21 ATL. Okay. Got it. Uh, Jimbo, you ready? You want to do you want to go first? I'm ready. I'm ready. Look here, man. Uh, this, this, these two teams is almost the same team. They can't get out of each other's way. So the first time this year in the NFL, we're going to have a tie ball game, 24-24. Washington football team, Atlanta Falcons. That's how it's going to end, big dog. We had, a tie, season. we had a tie, was it three years ago, Phil, in Cincinnati. London? Yes, Cincinnati. it was uh, 2016 against Cincinnati. I'm glad yeah. y'all said that because that might happen again this weekend. If, but, okay. Hey, look here, man. If y'all don't show up, uh, Matt Ryan going to hang 40 on you. Easy. If you don't show up, I'm telling you that now. But I'm going 24-24 since I don't predict that much. Tie ball game. First one in the NFL. Go holler at DraftKings on on your boy Jimbo. I ain't gonna give I'm you no money. I'm gonna change my man. I'm gonna change my. Yeah, ain't no fucking forty on us, bro. I'm not going there, man. I mean, hold on, man. Hold on, hold on, man. Heineke's gonna throw four touchdowns now. We winning, man. You said we were gonna beat the Bills 35-20. Good guys, win, dog. I'm going back to Washington, man. Forty. Um, 40. Matt Ryan will put 40 points on you in the heartbeat, dog. I'm telling you that now. I'm just I have telling what, you now. Hey, whatever's in his bag, I want to roll up for me over here, man. Ain't no way. <laughs> nah, okay. Check it out. Hold on. Okay. Check it out. Look, we've been amicable the whole show, but I will tell you this. I will, <laughs> I will say this. We get to the nitty-gritty part of this. These are two teams that explode on one another. Taylor Heineke is a Georgia boy. He's from right up the road. Uh, from where we are right here in Atlanta, Georgia, or whatever. So it's not like this guy is sneaking up. And, he, you know, he made the mistake this week of saying, I've never been a Falcons fan. Right, I've seen it today. So I, I would say this, though. Like, boy, our head coach is our offensive coordinator. And every week, you know, we're continuing to get better. Now, I won't, again, now, Jimbo, that's my, listen, that's my best friend. <laughs> I go against my best friend. But 40 might be a little, you know, you look at the points we 40! Earn every point that we scored. Trust me, it's been tough. And if you watched our, if you geeks like us and watched our preseason, forty points. I, you know, I trust Jimbo Slice on that one. But I will say this though: this is really two teams that we will have a better understanding of who our teams are after this game because I do think the Washington football team is much better than they've shown, and they haven't been done any favors with y'all schedule. Like again, y'all Buffalo. Uh, charges like y'all going against elite quarterbacks that are doing what elite quarterbacks do. Now, it might say that y'all are not in the elite team, but I still do see a team that is fringe playoff uh, team at best, which is, again, that's what we are, fringe playoff. That's the lens at which we're looking at this from. So I'll say this. Washington comes and doesn't take Matt Ryan serious. They look at the offense line and think everything is honky-dory. Yeah. With Kyle Pitts, man, it's, I won't say what's impossible because what I've seen from him, like we've been watching, man, I'm you, we've been watching the Falcons for years. I've never seen anybody that at the tight end position that's a mismatch. We've watched Jimmy Graham come in the NFC South, like basically a basketball player, and slice us for 10 years in a row. Oh, yeah. Had an yeah. Answer to the tight end. This is our first time actually having a tight end. Because Austin Hooper was a good, you know, he's yeah. all right. But this is our chance to, like, really expose another team. So, We'll yeah. see. You know, like I said, this, this yeah, is I where mean, 40 on us. Phil, Phil shaving the eyebrow off. Yeah, I, I see. Whoa, I got, I got I, I already shaved enough off. <laughs> I don't need to shave nothing else off. 
I got Dale fired up by that 40, that 40 burger. But I'm saying, if you don't show up, if you don't show up, Matt Ryan will put 40 on you. And that is no question about it. Y'all go ahead and beat y'all prediction. All right. So I got, I I think we're going to see something completely different than we're expecting. I'm predicting this game's going to end up just being a, a random shootout. And I predict. Washington's gonna win thirty-six to thirty-one. Both teams gonna put up thirty, gonna put up a thirty burger. Uh, but I think we'll we'll pull it out. Although what's gonna happen is that Atlanta's gonna be driving the ball late in the game, and they're gonna come close, but they're not gonna quite get that touchdown to end the game. And it's gonna be one of those things where we're all gonna be pounded down Pepto at the end of the game, like oh my god. <laughs> but thirty-six, thirty-one, Washington. Got it. Heineken, four touchdowns, man. I'm telling you. Four touchdowns. Okay, I'll oh. get mine. Go ahead, Dan. One, what two, three, four. Four. Going, dog. I think it's going to be much closer. I think Vegas is spot on with the with the one and a half spread. I'm, I'm going to say 24-23 Washington, and that's not not might be being a homer at all. You know, you know, Jimbo. Just for your edification, I picked us to lose every week except for the Giants game. Uh, but still, that's me, 24-23, trying to be a realist. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I mean, I think the defense bounces back a little bit, but not where we want it to be. But um, I just – I am terrified of, of of the tight ends for Atlanta. I'm not going to not gonna pretend, not going to hide. It, it scares me to death. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so we hit an hour here, and it looked like Mike is uh, coming in, coming out. But um, so we'll do – we'll just we'll just shut it down here and, you know, Jimbo, Mike, if you come back, we we just want to say thank you so Absolutely. much for joining us, taking time out of your your days, your families, your jobs to you know come kick it with us. It's always fun talking to fans from other teams. That's right, yeah. And uh, we love what you're doing over at Pound for Pound. You know, we we were looking around for trying to find good guests, quality guests to bring on the show, and you know what, we found you guys. I was like, man. We got and I hit you up on Twitter. Thank you for being so responsive. I no mean, problem, man, no problem. Great experience, and we love what you're doing there, pound for pound. Yeah. Uh, best of luck to you guys, and best of luck to you on Sunday, man. It's gonna be a great game either way. Yeah, and like I said in the beginning, made the best team win. I appreciate it, Dale, Phil, Steve. Appreciate it, Big Mike showing up. Shout out to our other co-hosts, um, uh, 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 Toby D and Jr. The hardest working men in the show business. We love them guys. And hey, look, man. Uh, I'll be hitting you up on Twitter Sunday after the game. Oh, see please hit me up. I got to get these 40. Hold but on, look, man. But look, I got to get these 40. If it's a tie, I want my dominoes. I got you. <laughs> and I want, a, I, want a, I want a 20 pack, 30, 40 pack of PBR. That's what if I you do. Got 40, if you got 40, if you they hang no, 40 so you, on us, Phil going to have no eyebrows. Don't worry about no, that. No, 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 no. Dev, Dev will send you a 24 pack of Grippos. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. I got two boxes over hey. here. Hey Jimbo, where where can where can everyone go find you guys at on on social media on on YouTube? Where where can we find Pound for Pound ATL at? So on, on YouTube it's Pound for Pound ATL. You can type in P4P ATL. What's on the shirt, or, or you can type in Pound spelled out for Pound spelled out ATL, and it'll come up. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Jimmy Obama J I M M Y O B A M A. Hit me up. I, I like feel like Steve said. I hit back. I I talk back to you. It don't. It's no big deal to me. And if you don't, if you really want to find out what is that on YouTube or wherever or our other guys, I will let you know. No big deal. We got merchandise. Whatever you want, you holler at Jimbo or you holler at Mike Dub, and we will get it to you. 
And we playing the Washington football team this Sunday, made the best team win. Let's that's go. what's up. Hey, that's our note so from you our, from our, our host. The, uh, you coming up for the post game or pregame? Well, y'all gonna be on for the post game pregame? One of the two, you invite both if you want. I see what's I up. Cry, I might cry if we lose. So if you ain't if I don't have too wrong. many of these, on because I don't like to come on after the game. My blood pressure be up, and I be a little bit uh, over here. Yeah. So I don't better. know. I don't know. Can I? It depends, man. It, we we try to watch ourselves over here because we get a little emotionally. And we'll, we, I'm telling you, it, it's hard to calm us down. We get, like we say, we get fired up, and we're gonna let you know. You want to know it? You catch us after the game, you really gonna get it. And we don't like to show that side, that Jacqueline Hyde. We don't like to show that side. <laughs> Y'all ain't <laughs> forty on us. I'm gonna show that side anyway. <laughs> I, I hope you do. Man, appreciate it, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. It was good talking to y'all. Yes, let's sir. Watch some good football Sunday. Yeah, no matter what, let's just watch some good balls. Sunday. Absolutely. All right. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks, Jimbo. Well, how Appreciate you? it, man. Hey, Peace. best of luck Sunday, and uh, yes, sir. may the best team win. Gotcha. Go Steve. Go Phil. Go Jill. Watch this football at baby. Let's go. I got a question. On that song, on the. Washington football addicts, baby. Let's go. Washington football addicts. We've been working for years. Always keeping it real. It's Rod, Steve, Devin, Phil. We talking about latest deals and what goes on on the field and happenings with the team. So listen if you a female. Hey, what is going on? Welcome, Washington Football Addicts, Washington Football Nation. Hey, we're back for another show. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Tonight, we have episode 87. It's myself, Steve. We got Big Phil, and we got Dev in the house tonight. Hey, shout out to Rod. He couldn't join us tonight. He's out He's out uh, traveling for work. So, Phil, hey, you know how we do it. This episode's 87. Take us away. Episode 87 is a true legend for this franchise. It is former tight end Jerry Smith. Jerry Smith uh, played for the team from 1965 until 1977. When he retired, he held the NFL record for most receiving touchdowns by a tight end. Held that record from 77 until 2004 when Shannon Sharp broke that record. Held the Redskins record for most catches by a tight end. Until 2009, when Chris Cooley broke that, um, but Jerry Smith was an innovator at the tight end position for sh- position for sure, um, and one of the key targets during those uh, glory years in the 70s, uh, with uh, George Allen at the helm, and he had Sonny and uh, and Billy throwing him the ball. Um, <clears throat> he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was one of the first real receiving threats at tight end that uh, the league has had him and John Mackey. And, you know, later on you had Dave Casper in the seventies, but uh, unfortunately he's not. And there's some socio-political reasons as to why we're not going to get into those today, but um, had he played in a later era, I think he would be in the hall of fame already. All right. That's what's up. So honestly, I'm not going to lie. Never heard of that dude. (laughs) Never heard of Jerry Smith? I heard of him, but I, didn't, I don't, of course, I don't know about him like you know about him. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, dude had over 400 catches in his career yeah. for his team. And, yeah. And, yeah, Jerry Smith was a dog, man. 
all good. All right. So as you all know, episode 87, this week four in the NFL. Week four. And this weekend we have a good matchup against the Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons from down south Georgia. So tonight we have two very special guests. Tonight we have Mr. Mike Dub and Mr. Jimbo Slice from Pound for Pound Atlanta. Let's go ahead and add them to the stream. Fellas, thank you for joining us tonight. What is up? How y'all doing? Big Mike, Big Mike, tell them how you doing, baby. Hey, hey man, first and foremost, you know, thank y'all for um, letting two Falcons guys, Falcons fans, you know, come crash and, you know, collaborate on a little football talk today. Like I said, man, hey, for y'all to reach out and extend the Olive Branch, you know, down south to uh, us Georgia guys, we couldn't be more appreciative and we ready to tap in. Jimbo Slice, talk to these people. Oh, man, I'm, I'm feeling good. Hey, look here, we got football back, fellas. And oh. I don't know how some people are are tending to forget that. And, and not know that we didn't have it for a while and and the way we did get it we couldn't enjoy it the way we wanted to enjoy it as as real football fans so hey man i'm happy i appreciate it fellas for having us it should be a good sunday um may the best team win right absolutely it's let's all get love. to it hey, <laughs> all i'll tell you this right now you got two southerners in the room with you because devs in kentucky i'm in virginia yeah ah. So. I, I'm up here in D.C. But, hey, Tiho, welcome to the stream. Uh, he says he thinks he knows he knows you, Jimmy. Yes, he's a Falcons fan. He says he uh, he thinks he's actually sub to y'all. So look at look at that love, man. Washington football fans giving you guys love already. Got to love that. Appreciate it. That's Appreciate right. It. Hey, so let's go ahead and uh, just jump right into it. So when we have people on the show, we just regardless of where you come from, we just want to know how did you become a fan of the team that you love so much? So, Mike. Big Mike, let's start with you first. How did you become a fan of uh of Atlanta? Man, I think, you know, just like the shirt that I got on, my, you know, I support the Bulldogs. It's like, I think when you we from that Georgia red clay, like we like to say in Georgia, man, we from the red clay, right? You know, so I think, um, you know, it, it was the team that, like, I just remember, like, after I left church, it was like, we go to church, then we go watch the Falcons. Like, it's always been ingrained in my head on Sunday, it's time to watch football. And you know what? Even as an adult, it's almost like, I can't say it another way, but this it's like one thing I love about football is no matter what's going on in the fight, you know, you can be stressed out at work, but you know that like once it gets to be like Thursday, Friday, getting a little closer to the weekend and it's almost time for football. Right. So I think football has always been a part of my life, my culture. And, and the one thing I know about my team, good, bad and different. I take a lot of flack for supporting my team. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I would say the same probably with the Washington football yep. team. A lot of bad years, but again, when you wear your team, you know, your, your team's colors, you know, on your hat, on your jersey, you'll take it because you know what? Like, we real fans. This is nothing bandwagon over here since birth. Like, honestly, I couldn't root for another team. Now, they, they drive me crazy. You know, I, I would say right. that they, they play with my blood pressure. They play with my emotions a lot, but I ain't going to leave my birds, man. Like, <laughs> it, it, that's what's I, I, I lived in uh, Thomasville, Georgia for about Ooh. two and fifth and sixth grade, man. I grew up okay. there a, a little while, so I, I'm familiar with the area a little, so, uh, very little as a child. So, Mr. Slice and I, we from Albany, Georgia, so we not okay. like bro, so not too far, man. So, okay. Yep. Hey, Chris Blow, welcome to the stream, bro. Thanks for joining us, Jimbo. What's yo, up, man? Tell, tell, tell us your your Falcon story, man. Oh man, I've been playing playing football since a little jit, little jitty bug. We like to say, you know, Pop Warner. 
you know, Little League, all that good stuff. You know, I idolized Deion Sanders, of course. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, but I idolized, I knew the Deion Sanders as the Atlanta Braves, which is kind of like the Georgia Bulldogs in the Deep South. Atlanta Braves, Georgia Bulldogs, traditional, you know, traditional teams, more other than the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Hawks. And to, and to see Deion Sanders uh, get an interception in one game and playing the World Series the same day, I became a huge, super huge fan. And it, it, it didn't take long for me to, to get to dive deep into the Atlanta Falcons and say, hey, look, it, it, if you're from this state, you're going to support the team that's in your state. And you're gonna and you're gonna go all the way 100. And, and plus, in the South, you know, football is 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 like it, it's it's like a tradition down there. It's almost religion. So too easy to become a Falcon fan. Too easy to root for the Falcons. And it was just too easy to you know want this team to win. And, and I'm I'm not going nowhere. Good, bad, and ugly. I'm in it for the long haul. Been around this long. If we do win one, it'll it'll feel even better. If if, if it take long, you know, to get there. So. Got to rise up. Got to be a dirty bird, and, and, and all we want to do is just win, baby. That's all we want, Ryan. Here, that's all. That's we're right. To hey, do. at least y'all got a fly ass stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you do. Hey, that's, hey, that's a topic of discussion too, because you know, if you listen to a few of our podcasts the other week, we were a little angry. We were like, you know, what do we? What, we don't even deserve this stadium. You know, we're not putting a product <laughs> on the field. Where we even deserve all of this nice ingenuity and engineering that that Arthur Blank has bestowed on us. But anyway, another conversation for another day. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Very true. I think uh, when we're we, not to get off off topic, but you know we're in the process of looking at a new stadium for like 2027. And and Jason Wright, our team president, and Dan Snyder, they're touring the world, the country. Atlanta was one of the stops they went to. LA, what do they call it? So SoFi, SoFi Stadium, yeah. SoFi Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. So they toured all the big new stadiums, and they're just trying to get ideas. But you know we need to get out of that dump of FedEx. So we're just hoping we get something half as good as what you you guys have. So don't take it for granted. It's, it's a nice yeah. place. I mean, y'all, I envy it. Y'all probably want to keep that FedEx name because our head coach, his dad, and runs and own FedEx. So you probably want to keep FedEx around. That is right. What's his, what's his last name again? Arthur Smith. Smith. So That's Smith. Right. Yeah. That's, right. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> okay, so let's roll into the, the next topic. Um, help us and help our 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 you know our listeners tell us who the 2021 Falcons are. How was the off season? How were you guys so far going into week four? So. Jimbo, start us off, man. <laughs> oh man, hey, over here at Pound Found ATL, we 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 dig numbers first. Uh, we watch film. We do all our due diligence to make sure we know we can to make sure we can almost put out a factual statement about our team. And we and we did we dive deep the whole offseason. And I mean, we go from and we even dig all the way back from years prior. You understand? So we we do everything we can to make sure we give a, the, the the your average Atlanta Falcon fan. The best we can depict this Atlanta Falcon team the best we can over at Pound Five Tail. And and what we've what we've been finding out is that every other year when we get a different regime, that first year is always kind of like a search, like we're searching for that identity, trying to find that culture and trying to figure out what exactly this team is gonna be. Now, in three weeks, it's really hard to depict that, but you can get you can get. I close. You can get nips here and commercials here and little microwave dinners here, what your team might or could be, and 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 the twenty twenty Atlanta twenty twenty one Atlanta Falcons is we we still looking for that, but we on that verge, and we know we on that verge because I mean within that first quarter we're gonna know. And our first we got our first win against the Giants last week. We only averaging sixteen points a game, 
the defense is kind of like back in right now. They they starting to catch up. Everything is starting to come along. Um, we, we, we bypassed the preseason like we had an all-star team, like we ain't coming off a losing season, which we still don't get over here at Pound Pine Hill. We still don't realize why our new regime did that, but they did. And they, and they starting to they starting to trying to catch up. They trying to find who they actually are. They trying to find that culture and they trying to get that identity. And I think Arthur Smith and our new GM Terry Fontenot, who we got from the New Orleans Saints, I think they're starting to do that. It's starting to come around, and we're starting to see we finna nitpick. We're not finna be the the Titans offense who we got uh, Arthur Smith from. We're not finna be the Titan offense. We're finna be a different version of that. But we're finna grind you out. We're finna try to punish you and make you you know bow down to our time management. And then we're just going to break a uh, being don't break on defense with Dean Pease. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 But, and I, and I dovetail kind of off what uh, Jimbo Slice is talking about a little bit, right? Because I think the problem that we ran into is Dan Quinn gave us a lot of slogans. Like he was all good for all gas, no breaks, or, you know, uh, embrace the suck, man. We got so used to these marketing campaigns and slogans for we're an average team and we hope to play better next week. Right. So, <laughs> As a, as a fan base, we grew tired of it. Like, I mean, honestly, I would say Dan Quinn last year, just to kind of go back last year a little bit, Dan Quinn before he was fired, it just the morale was low in the city, right? Like, and, and again, you guys have had your share of coaches who have just kind of stunk it up. So you yeah. know what it's like when you support a team where it's like, you know, we got the players in place, but we're not playing to our ability, right? So I think, you know, this Falcons team this year is, I would say, to be honest with you, we do mask a couple of things. Like we're we're not a team that I would say talent wise, we can go toe to toe with some of the upper echelon teams at the league. Even with a Matt Ryan, which again I know we're parking a lot. Of Matt Ryan, we'll talk about <laughs> later because I know y'all chomping at the bit to talk about Matt Ryan. But I think from a team standpoint, you know, I'll tell you this: we play more together now than I've seen probably the last couple of years. All of the individuals. We've kind of gotten them out of the building, starting with Julio Jones. To get me wrong, when Julio Jones said he wanted out of Atlanta on uh, on first take, and everybody saw it, everybody saw the the interview. Yeah, it, it sucked, but you know what? That's the type of mentality is that we almost need to let go. You know, like we need people that want to go play football and that's locked in, dialed in, team players. And I think collectively we're playing more as a team, which is why I think when we played the Giants last week, we were able to get it done and do something we hadn't done in a couple of years, which is close out a game which is actually make plays in critical moments to actually close out a game. So I think there are little bits that we can take, but we honestly just, we are a team that is rebuilding. We are a team that is literally trying to figure out our identity as Jimbo said, but first quarter of the season, that's kind of what we need to be talking about right now. Right. And I hadn't mentioned Kyle Pitts. So yeah, that's what we got. How's he doing by the way? I haven't been really watching too much. Uh, I told Jimbo Slice on the podcast the other week. I was like, he's he's like a freight train. It's like you see him coming. Like eventually he's gonna come closer and closer. He's not right at your face yet, but he'll make a catch here. You just like you see the ability in spurts, and I just think it's only a matter of time before he kind of breaks out, just because he's got that 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 extra gear that I would say none of our other receivers have, including Calvin Ridley. Right, and and he's a rookie. He's a rookie too. So, and that's what people are missing, are kind of forgetting about him because he's that unicorn that we wanted. At four, at four, and but they did. You cannot forget that he's a rookie and a rookie on offense. Rookie on defenses are different. They can fly around. They can be more freely. On on offense, the people can scheme to stop you, and and, and and we finding out some people are scheming to stop Kyle Pitts before he even gets started. 
which do say a lot. That that do say a lot about that rookie. But like Mike said, I think he's on the fringe of exploding. And God knows. Let's hope for y'all's sake he don't explode this start to explode this Sunday. Yeah, because he yeah. comes. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that in a few, in a few minutes. Yeah, we, we got we got we got some insight for y'all and, on that. And it's it's funny because what you just described about the Falcons is very similar to about about Washington. We're a new team, except the only difference between our two teams is we're going through a culture change. We're going through a lot of change. Name everything changed, right? You know, last year we got rid of everybody and started from scratch, but we're rebuilding this team, and we got. Fool's gold last year with a seven to nine division championship that we probably I don't want to say we shouldn't have had, but it's not our fault. The rest of the teams just sucked. And, and it's not our fault that the Eagles coach benched. Jay, uh, um, what's his name? Um, uh, brought in Jalen Hurts for the entire second half. And then we won the division in, in the last game of the season. Like, oh, yeah, we probably shouldn't have won the division, but we did. And now we have this schedule and it's it's year two of a rebuild in Ron Rivera. And there's all these expectations and we're just proving to be we not we're not where we where the fan base and the media hyped us up to be division champions. We're coming back. No, we're in year, year two of a rebuild, and it's a slow, it's a process. So it sounds like you guys are already there, but your expectations are more level headed than than our, well, our media and our fans come out to be. You know what I'm saying? But but I'll say this though. I'll say to add one thing that y'all are clearly ahead of us at, which I think. It's championship caliber. It's just my own two cents from being an outside observer. It is on the defensive line. You guys have defensive linemen who are capable of taking over games at any given time. And you know in this right. league, when you got a good defensive line, you can mask all the other stuff. See, Very true. But, they, one, but they've never done it. <laughs> right. Chase Young, Young has zero sacks, bro. But, but yeah, as of now, he got zero. As of now, he got. I mean, zero. I hope tomorrow, I hope Saturday, Sunday, he gets like six in one day, like uh, Chandler did. I mean, but, but what's the chances? But you know what? Well, but I say this though, he still feels confident enough that he's looked at our offensive line and he said, "Yeah, this is my game that I'm going to break out at." I thought that that was really telling them him because he's like, "Well, yeah, I, you know, I've been kind of behind the eight ball. Well, well, I got the Falcons this week. Let right. me break those guys." So he he might have spotted something on our offensive line, which again we'll yeah. touch on. Uh, that makes him feel right because this is the second week that a player has played came against us because tom brady last week trolled us or week before last tom brady trolled us before he played us it was 328 on the clock uh at his clock at his house and he was just trolling us 28 to 3 yeah for the team so this is almost like the second out of the third week that somebody has looked at our team and said oh yeah yeah yeah. that left tackle oh that right tackle i'm about to eat these guys for lunch that to me we don't have a defensive lineman who can say, "Oh yeah, uh, your offensive guard, your left guard, we're about to kill him this week." We don't. We got, we got carved up by Danny Dimes, bro. Honestly, we got carved up by Danny Dimes. <laughs> y'all, y'all, yeah, hey, Dev, hold up. We, we gonna we gonna talk about that. In, y'all, in legit, y'all legit, y'all legit won that game against them though. We legit got lucky. Yeah, we did. We should be zero three. Sure did. Hey, uh, so it's a quarterback centric league. We all know that the uh, the league of the old, the league of probably our we'll call it youth was about running the football. You know, it's a, it's a quarterback centric league. Matt Ryan is, is, is a, is a seasoned veteran. You guys have a quarterback. We have Taylor Heineke. We had Ryan Fitzpatrick went down with the hip injury, the fourth series of the game. And we've had Taylor Heineke since. So I think I have my own opinion of who Matt Ryan is. You know, he's a solid veteran. You know what you're going to get at him. You're not going to get any more. You're not going to get any less. You're, you know what you're going to get Matt Ryan. He's kind of a statue back there, but he, he, he doesn't make, crazy bad decisions so i just want to see like 
Jimbo, like what 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 is your opinion on on Matt Ryan as a as a lifelong fan? Like, are you happy wait, with wait, him? Are you pissed wait, off wait, about him? Like, no. First of all, first of all, go ahead and any Falcons fans watching, go ahead and repeat what you just said about Matt Ryan for the our fan base, really quick. Repeat what you just said for me, real quick about him being a statue. No, no, um, he, he's a stable vet. We know what we're going to get from him. And yeah, you, you're not going to get any more. You're not going to get any less. You know exactly we, it, what you get from him week in and week out. We got an MVP trophy. And, and we got a quarterback. We got a quarterback, right? Yeah. Right. I did hear you say that. Thank yes. you very much. We do not have that. You have <laughs> okay. That. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Just wanted yeah. to fan. I, if I'm in our fan base watching this, we want another fan base to put it out there so they can hear it. That's yeah. all. I really appreciate that. Well, Thank he's going to be much. in Washington next year anyways. So you want it. Oh, so you want Matt Ryan. No, I, do, I, I absolutely do not for the record, <laughs> want Matt Ryan. Okay. But, uh, but I didn't want, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick either, but we got him. So you'll, take Matt Ryan. you'll take Matt Ryan for over what you got is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. I, I'll take him over Fitz. Oh, okay. I know because I know this. Now, go ahead, Jim. Drive it <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, Jim wanted to get it there. Yeah. So okay, who who is Matt Ryan? Right, Matt Ryan's a pocket passing, record setting, gun slinging. Yes, I wrote this down. Been sacked over forty times. Never had a defense. Never had an offensive line. On like his six have six or seven hundred OC head coach. Yeah, that is Matt Ryan, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, in a nutshell, right? But at the end of the day, Matt Ryan give you a chance to win a ball game. The Washington football team wish they had a Matt Ryan so they can have a chance to win a football game. We I'm going to go out on Alex Smith. Uh, I'm going to go out on the line. Okay, Alex Smith, <laughs> Matt Ryan, same, almost, uh, almost the same guy. Almost the same guy. No, no, almost the same guy. Don't get me fired up. I know no. the numbers. I know the numbers. I'm talking Matt about Ryan's, Matt Ryan. I'm talking about the style. Matt Ryan is better. Thank you. But I'm talking about the style of body type, not taking off. In, in, but anyway, let me go. I'm going to go here. If the Washington football team had Matt Ryan last year with that defense in that deep and that defensive line in the playoffs, y'all would have damn near went to the Super Bowl. Now, if y'all disagree with that, t- tell me I'm lying. If you had Matt Ryan on the center last year with 10 that wins, defensive line, 10 wins easy. Get no, because let me tell you something. When Matt Ryan get in the playoffs, Matt Ryan turns into a whole nother person. And we know as Atlanta Falcon fans, and some of the teams that we have beat, they will tell you. The man is dead on when he get in the playoffs. He do he do not play no games. The only thing that fucks Matt, I'm sorry. You can curse. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Cool with that shit. Hey, whatever you want. Don't the hold back. The only thing that mess Matt Ryan up when he get in the playoff, he don't have a defense. So like and he, and like I said, if he was on y'all team last year in the playoffs, y'all would have been almost in the Super Bowl. Y'all probably would have made it to the Super Bowl. I'm gonna just put with that defense. I'm gonna go ahead and put that out there with a running game. So what we got now. Today in Matt Ryan, let's talk about right now. Today we're talking about a guy that just not is not finna just not finna lose a game for you. It's all around stuff that is going on that put Matt Ryan in some of the position that Matt Ryan has been put in this year, and that's okay with us. You know why we pay him a whole lot of money to get put in stuckful situations. Matt Ryan crawl, walk, and then run. That's what he's doing right now. He's starting to walk on you. That's what the Giants done found out, and then he's gonna start running here in a minute, and then some people gonna have to pay. He's gonna be top, he's gonna be top in all the passing. He's gonna broke every record you can think of in the in the first 14 years as a quarterback in the league. So as of right now, you ain't gotta worry about y'all ain't gonna have to worry about Matt Ryan too much because he's still crawling. That 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 third quarter of the season, them teams, they're gonna have to worry about the walking Matt Ryan in the last four the four uh games or so. They're gonna have to worry about them running one. 
And then, yeah. but right now we are right where we want to be at with the quarterback that we have. And it's, it's good to know a lot of other teams out there want it. Big Mike, go ahead and well, get it now. Hey, yeah, tell it, tell us, lay, lay it on us. Let's go. I want to hear what you got to say, Steve. And then I, <laughs> I, 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 all I wanted to say was listen, Matt Ryan, I, I'm, I'm a fan. Like, I'm not diehard. I, I appreciate football and I like talent. He four pick or four touchdowns, three three interceptions this year, but he's throwing for seventy one percent, which means the ball is getting where it needs to be. Now, I don't know what those three picks were. I didn't watch any of the games, but seventy one percent teams have been tearing us apart with accuracy, like breaking the zone, putting the ball in the tight spots. Like that's the last thing we need to be seeing as a quarterback who's that accurate because it gives a, a guy catches the, the ball is going to be where it's going to need to be, and then the rest on the player to make something happen. So it's it's a little 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 bit scary to play someone who's that accurate. That's all I was trying to say. Okay. No, 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 that's good. Cause I'm gonna go a little bit more grim. You know what I mean? Cause, cause I agree. And I'm gonna tell you something. It is refreshing to hear another team's viewpoint of Matt Ryan, because I, I'll tell you this, if you come around the city of Atlanta, you will see a lot of people like, I mean, with trash cans, basically trying to run Matt Ryan as far out of town as they possibly can. Yeah. First and foremost, let's just start there. But I will tell you this though. There is a, there's a really peculiar element to the story of Matt Ryan. And it's really unfair to this guy because at one point in time, this guy was paid at the same level as Aaron Rodgers, right? Almost $25 million a year, top flight quarterback. And the craziest thing to me, and this goes to Thomas Dimitrov, because I hate mentioning his name, our freaking previous GM, general manager, because he screwed his team up so mercilessly. And I'll tell you what, you got a quarterback back there who can make throws, great completion percentage field general, uh, does all the right things off the field, right? Is kind of a guy that, like, you really don't need to worry about at the quarterback position. But you give him some of the most piss-poor offensive linemen <laughs> known to man. So Y'all pick, pick wide receivers and tight ends with your first pick, man. Well, no. Here's pick a, a fucking lineman. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. We <laughs> pick tight ends. We've done that kind of stuff. But the problem is this. We haven't picked talented players, period. Like, we haven't picked players that have translated – to to the NFL, and and I, and I would say this goes back years for this goes back from oh, yeah. Peter Kahn's to I could just man I could got a laundry list of guys who didn't pan out, and I'll tell you this: it always starts in the drafting and scouting department because you you would say that like you know my thing about it is like this: if we spend all of this money, you know, building this really nice building, you got to take time to put some chairs inside the building, right? You got it like this is an office, like we got a big building. And we got an office inside of it. You got to put chairs in it. You got to have a cafeteria. You got to have an elevator. You got to have all this stuff to work on the inside. Because, because, and what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is that's what we've done. We got, we got the building. We got Matt Ryan. You can, you can build around Matt Ryan, but we put nothing in that building to protect this guy. Which is why Chase Young can look at our offensive line and say, "I haven't broken out yet. This is the week that I break out." Mm -hmm. And again, the reason why you see Matt Ryan being erratic sometimes is I will tell you this straight up for everybody from in Washington that's watching this right now is. He is a gun shy. He suffers a little bit. He, he's seeing ghosts just a little bit because as soon as he says, hut, he got people in his face. And I don't care how good you are. If you're living like that and you're getting set and you're getting defense alignment, these huge – y'all got some defense alignment. That's right. right. I've looked at your depth chart. Y'all y'all have put an onus on the defense line. And one thing about Ron Rivera, with him coming from Carolina, he is definitely familiar with Matt Ryan. He knows how to affect him. So if anything, it, that's why I said this game is going to be really interesting for both of us because, you know, the Giants, I thought that we were kind of on par with the Giants in terms of just the way we played. It felt like we was playing ourselves. This is literally a team that if we come out and play our game, we could dominate. But, again, if we let, you know, Taylor Heineke, um, 
And with your defense, if your defense is able to get pressure on Matt Ryan, it could be a long day for us, like point blank. Don't you have three first rounders on the offensive line? I, I thought I heard a comment on the radio today. I don't know if it's true or not. Or are they oh. older three first rounders? Last year, our whole line was first rounders. Actually, our whole line, yeah, with the exception of uh, no, 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 Jalen Mayfield was a third rounder. We got a rookie at left guard, third rounder. We got a fourth rounder, uh, Hennessy. But yeah, uh, to your point, uh, Jake Matthews, first rounder. Chris yeah. Lindstrom actually is probably one of our best linemen. We never talk about him because he never does anything wrong, which is great. That's why we don't even, I don't spend a lot of time talking about Chris Lindstrom. He do what he's supposed to do. He grayed out 85, 90 a game, every game. We never talk about him. But Caleb McGarry, now I give you a little bit of intel. Caleb McGarry, our right tackle, Chase Young, that's what. That's why he feels like he's got an advantage right there. And I'll be honest with you. That's who it's going to be over. Caleb McGarry struggles against, like, fast pass rushing. Yes, Lord. Eats his lunch twice a year, every year since he's been in the league. And it's just known. And he puts, he puts tweets about it. And I'll put you like this. All y'all have played football before. If a guy tweets you that 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 yeah, I, I just destroyed this guy this game, right? And you got to see that guy again the next game. If you really feel like you can beat that guy, you're gonna be looking forward to like, all right, I got Cameron Jordan again. And you get beat the same way you got beat the first time. That man owns you. So yeah. it's Cameron Jordan. I mean, that's Daniel Jones to the Washington football team till till last two weeks ago. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> he's like our daddy. He's been our daddy for four right. games straight. But you know, quick, uh, before I, before I turn over to Phil, I got one question from Tiho for for Jimbo. Um, he asked, "Who was a good another good wide receiver on your team since Julio is gone?" Then I'll turn it over to Phil. Since since Julio has left, yeah, uh, it's it's no question. It's Kevin Ridley. No question about it, hands down. But we are starting to notice some flaws since Julio left. Um, we don't know if he can really carry the weight as a wide receiver. One, we don't know how physical he is when it comes to putting his shoulder pads down and, and making the tough catches and, and just, you know, grinding and being that guy, being the running back after the catch, not just a catch and, and, and fall down or catch in the end zone. We want to know what that yak you're looking looking like, but definitely Kevin Ridley. And, and, and we definitely missed that yak from, from Julio Jones in a bigger tight wide right receiver. We're more finessed at wide right receiver right about now, but I think Kevin Ridley is, is the best since Julio left because that's all we got since Julio left, really. Ridley or else? We don't really have okay. a- Well, let me let me uh, just ask you all this. Um, I have everybody on your entire roster. Who should the Washington football team be watching on Sunday? Make an impact for the Falcons. Who should be that key guy that you think is going to be the one to make an impact for your team? I'll tell you all now it's going to be the tight end. We're terrible at covering tight ends. He's going to have his game. Hey, what? look, okay, we 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 can answer that question and Mike could jump on it. But after after we answer this, after we answer this one, answering this, we want the same same answer. From, we want that same question answered from y'all and Mike. Yeah, we're gonna. This is a reciprocity question because uh, <laughs> <laughs> we definitely gonna ask y'all the same question. Now, let me ask you this because you know, like I said, we like to get geeked over here, pound for pound, ATF, offensively or defensively, because both matter. Let's go both. Give us one for sure. each. Give us one for each. I will split it up. Jumbo, you want to do offense or defense? I will split it up. You know, I, I know where your mind at anyway. So yeah, yeah. Go. I do. I, you do. Go and do that offense. You know what I want. <laughs> All right. so yeah, I'm gonna let Jumbo because Jumbo is a secondary guy. Uh, I'm gonna let him. Uh, I'm gonna let him give you some insight on who he thinks. But I say offensively, the one guy, the one guy that you really gotta watch out for. If I'm really honest, and I, it's weird for me to say this, of course, 
Patterson. Because let me tell you something. Cordero Patterson has been a special teams guy, kind of a gadget guy up to this point. Never really had a real role. Could play a little bit of this, play a little bit of that. But I will tell you this. They find ways every game to scheme Cordero Patterson open. One thing that we like to note on the podcast about Cordero Patterson is this. He is truly one of the guys, I would say, outside of Calvin Ridley, that usually when he gets the ball, he has the ability to make the first defender miss, right? And you need that. When you want, you know, when the type of offense that we're running, we're kind of slowing the ball down a little bit. Those yak players are absolutely important. So I would say, you know, it took me a little while to get on the train because I couldn't really see him as a running back. But the one thing about Cordero Patterson, most people don't realize, is he's 6'2", 240 pounds, and he runs like a 4'4", 4'5". So he is definitely a guy where you put all that attention on Kyle Pitts. You know, you you look at Kyle Ridley over the top, you know. Cordell Patterson is easily a guy that can sneak out the backfield off the screen and give you 20, 25 yards. Because if you look at the game against the Giants, um, he was the guy who had the critical uh, play, you know, to really put us in position to win that game. So Cordell Patterson is definitely my guy offensively. What you got, Jimbo, from the defensive side? Oh, that defensive side of the ball, which which is the strength of that Atlanta Falcon team. That that's our strength. Had, it used to be the offense. Now the tables have turned. Shout out to Dean Pease, our new defensive coordinator. I love it. And he went off on up, oh, man. We're gonna talk, Mike. We got some stuff to talk about tomorrow on our live show. <laughs> anyway, but go. watch out, watch out for our linebacker core. They're starting to come along now, which is it, it, a group of fast uh, guys that love to hit. Now they had trouble guarding tight ends, and I see a lot of young people saying y'all people saying that in the chat, but we got the same problem. But our guys are starting to our guys are starting to fix that problem, which is good to see. Because you, you if they fix that problem, then they it's gonna be it's gonna be hell to pay. Now, graded Jerry on the defensive line. If you don't know who that is, y'all, if you, if you don't know him, you're gonna find out who he is Sunday. Disruptive, he, 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 he good on stopping the run, good on I mean he hurt people. He punish people. He bend your back. He bend you. He bend you over like a clothes hanger and make you kiss your own on on, on ass cheeks. Mm. Greater Jerry is that guy. So watch out for Greater Jerry. Watch out for that linebacker core. And AJ Terrell is our, our corner. Now I, we haven't got full. I haven't got a full report to know if he's gonna play uh, this Sunday because he's coming out of concussion protocol. We, we probably know. I probably should have been to check that before I got on. That's one thing I wanted to check. But he might be playing Sunday. He's like, as of today, he played, he practiced oh, he, today. He said four okay, practice so, today. So that, that, that's another guy. I probably wouldn't go his way. He's starting to come into it. And I'm not just being biased. I'm, I'm being serious on like, I've been, we've been watching this guy. This guy is starting to jump into that like top 10 corner type field in the NFL. And he's starting to find his way. So I can't wait to see him and McLaren. That was our receiver. What's his name? McLaren. Yep. Terry yeah. McLaren. I can't yeah. wait. Curtis playing too, maybe. Yeah, Curtis Samuel, I, we got somebody for him too, but I can't wait to see. <laughs> I can't wait to see AJ Terrell and McLaren go at that. It's going to be really good matchup right actually, there. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Jimbo, because there's actually one guy that I thought that y'all really didn't have a role for this guy. But I tell you this, he is playing some really good football for us, and that's Fabian Moreau. Right. right. I was just about to ask you about Fabian. I don't love Fabian Moreau. I didn't want to leave. Fabian. Or why he kind of fell out of favor with the old old coaching staff, which I can kind of guess a little bit because I think we got a uh, Kyle Smith or one of the one of y'all's uh, uh, AVPs or whatever, yeah. and he said, "Baby Moreau guy, 
We need to get this guy a shot. Let me tell you something. We never heard anything about favorite Marauder Camp. You know why? Because he never really did anything to put himself in a bad situation. So I was right. – he is actually playing really solid football. And that's actually a thank you to you guys for not really, uh, you know, recognizing his talent. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. But, yeah, linebacker core, Grady Jerry and A.J. Terrell. And, and thanks for Monroe. He's been solid for us. Absolutely. Now, the question is on y'all. Go ahead. All with right. So, Dev, start us off. Who, who do you think that they should be watching from our team come Sunday? Obviously, the easy choice would be Terry. But I'm going to surprise you. I think this is the game where we get back on the Heineke bandwagon. And, and the reason is because I know we're talking about uh, Matt. Who I, I'm a fan of. I don't want him here, but I'm a fan of him, you know. But they're throwing – they're basically the same guy this year. I mean, uh, you know, Heineke is throwing 69.4%. Matt's throwing 70. Matt got 707 yards. Heineke got 670. You know, Matt has four touchdowns, three interceptions. Heineke has five touchdowns, three interceptions. You know, Heineke has been sacked twice, though. Matt's been sacked seven. Yeah, Heineke also has a touchdown running and about 50 yards in one game. Like those are the things that those are the only things that he separated. But I think right now, if 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 Curtis is able to play, Samuels is able to play, at least be a, at least a third option behind Thomas and McLaurin, obviously, and sprinkling some Gibson, I think that can be a hard thing for Atlanta to 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 recover from if they're on. But as we as we have seen so far, it's easy to get Washington out of the running game. So they become one dimensional and you can stomp them. You can curb stomp Washington, man. Cause they, after you, after you score about two or three times on them, they don't want to play no more on defense. They're basically running through the motions. If you watch them, you can see our defensive end so aggressive. They just run up field and the quarterback slides to the right wide open guy every time. It's, it's, it's crazy. Watch the Bills game, man. Now I know Washington played the Bills and Chargers who right now look like two of some of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah. So yeah. I, and, and so I'm not really that hung up on a one and two record, and I'm not holding. I'm not jacking off, you know, the Carolina Panthers because I played the fucking Jets and a goddamn Houston Texas man. They're, I mean, I like I don't care what y'all say. How good you think Donald is? He played the fucking Texans, man. Hey, but you and the Jets. You supposed to beat the teams you supposed to beat, though. Right, if right, right. This is the NFL, right, man. This right. is you know how hard it is to win an NFL game. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's 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 easier when you're playing the fucking Texans and the goddamn uh, Jets, though, right? I mean, I mean, let's just be I mean, real honest. Point, no, no, to your point, that is true because I mean, they did play. Yeah, I mean, if we had those guys on the schedule, if we could take off the Bills and the Chief and the Chargers, and we could put Texans and uh, the the whoever the other team is again, the Jets on there, we'd be three and I'm mean, just being honest with you, no, man. You and then everybody be like, oh, they're so great. No, we suck, man. We just played the Jets and the Texans. But I think right now, everybody, we're right now, we're at one and a half points favorite over the Atlanta. One and a half? Yeah, yeah so one and a half points. <laughs> so now, so I, really I being in Atlanta, it's a one and a half point favorite for Washington, which is nothing. It's a pick em. Right, it's a pick em. So I'm thinking oh. they beat they beat the Giants. And they beat them. It wasn't like they, uh, they the, the, the it wasn't like the Giants dropped the Wide open pass for a touchdown, like they did against us. You know, yeah. it wasn't like one of those things. Or they got a, you know, a holding call on a sixty-yard scramble by the quarterback that should have been a touchdown. It didn't like that thing happen. Y'all beat those guys. We got lucky against the Giants. So anybody thinks we should beat the Falcons, I'm gonna surprise everybody and say it now. I got us losing, man. 
Uh, you, you two steps ahead of us, man. Hold the score. Hold the score. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm score, score, but I gotta lose. And I'm gonna be mad because I want to win bad. Steve's not right that damn. Yes, Phil. Go ahead. Who should be watching? Um. <laughs> on defense, on defense, one thing that you all got to watch out for and the matchup I want to see is when William Jackson is lined up on Calvin Ridley. Ooh. So that's your number one against the guy who's been our most consistent corner. Um, Cal- oh, William Jackson, it's interesting. He only has one pick this year. So Barbecue all- chicken. That's what really saying right now. Barbecue no, chicken, no, 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 no. Jackson has probably been our most consistent by far. He's in on every play. It's, a, it's just – there have been some amazing throws against him to get in, get into these guys' hands against him. But um, he is probably the one that's going to be most uh, consistent as far as coverage so far this season. So I'm interested to see William Jackson go up against Calvin Ridley, see what he can do to you know try and mitigate that and force Matt Ryan to go to his other receivers. Um, the other he's going to do is going to play ten yards. He's going to play ten yards off of him. Right heard me right there. William Jackson versus Calvin Ridley um, is going to be a key matchup for Washington's defense. I think that Chase talking and Chase talking is just going to draw more attention to his side of the ball. So the other guy on defense, y'all got to watch out for is Montez Sweat. Absolutely. Montez Sweat is the – because Chase Young was the number two pick – and Montez was a number 23 or 26. I yep. can't remember off the time. We came back into the first round. Yeah, we came back into the first yeah, round, drafted him towards the end of the first round. After, after Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, after Dwayne. Cool. Since he was our first round pick in 2019, because I don't remember the other one, um, <laughs> people forget how good he is. He is a first round edge rusher. Oh, Mississippi State. And he led the team in sacks last year, not Chase. Oh, yeah. But chase to cause enough disruption on his end of the, of the ball that freed up things for Montez on the other side because you, can, you can't double team both sides of the ball especially with defensive tackles like ours so I think that this is actually going to be a breakout game for anybody on the defensive line it's going to be Montez Sweat uh, just because of the fact that he's been sleeper quiet but he's been doing a lot in terms of trying to keep the edge forcing plays back inside so the times that our defensive tackles have actually, you know, done their job, it's been because quarterbacks have been pushed up the middle towards them. Hmm. And uh, it'll be interesting to see us play a less mobile quarterback because we haven't had that yet this season. Right. We, you know, Justin Herbert isn't a running quarterback, but he's mobile enough to move around in the pocket, you know, yeah. better than Matt Ryan this. Definitely. And then we went Daniel Jones and uh, 90 Josh Allen 90 back to back. Danny so, down. Tore us up. Danny so for me, my um, I'll just go straight to the offense because Phil. I was gonna say Montez went on defense because I I think he's gonna he's he's due. Chase is due, but I think our guys are so much in their own heads. They're trying too hard. They're hearing all this ridicule from the fan base and the fans. We were the number two ranked defense last year. Now we're literally, if you want to go by yards right now, I want to say we are we are the. 31st ranked team in total yards, which is completely opposite of where we were last year. 29th in total points scored against. So it ain't looking too good for us. Yeah, again, offense, though, again, though, we played the Bills and yes. the Chargers. You know, and the Giants on 29 on. The Giants had pretty good defense, honestly. Yeah. But, good. Yeah. I mean, you played a lot of good defenses. Though. And I'm, yeah. I would say good quarterbacks, two of them ways. So if there's ever a prime time, it's prime time to break out of this one. But the person I think that Atlanta should be watching for is my man – 
Logan motherfucking Thomas because wow. I love Logan. Oh, he's our he's our tight end, and he for some reason he he's he's just always open, and I I don't Got know why. Him. He's always open. He's always especially in the red zone. You know, he's a big dude, former Virginia Tech quarterback. He's like six yep. six. He's a big boy, man. Um, so seventy two catches last year too. Yeah, yeah I mean. Guys that are former quarterbacks, I'll tell you this. Guys that are former quarterbacks, you know what? I let out a little secret because y'all, you know, y'all invited us to this podcast, so we'll let out a little secret. <laughs> you got a quarterback that um, y'all might see a couple snaps at tight end. I just go ahead and put it out there, and that's Felipe Franks, which is our third string quarterback, which is our third string quarterback. Oh, uh, the guy from the uh, he's in another league, right? Before he's he in the XFL. Excellent. Yeah, I remember that guy. Okay, Felipe Franks actually was the quarterback for the Arkansas Razorbacks last year. Used to be right. Cool. He got a brother that plays um, – his brother's a tight end for the Cleveland Browns. But, again, he's one of those guys that played quarterback in college, like 6'7", 260. Kind of fits that that mold of a Logan Thomas. Um, just, you know, big guy that can just – like, like has that have the potential to get open. That's one guy that I think that um, – I would say that is one guy that we are watching out for as an X Factor because – we just like I don't know maybe it's a lead thing I think it's an NFL thing maybe tight ends are just freaks in nature these days but we have trouble covering the tight end too and yes we do y'all got another good one for sure like he is definitely a guy that is on our radar for sure now y'all y- y'all in y'all last three games y'all don't gave up over y'all don't gave up ninety two points you know over the last God. three games which, which that's a, and that's a lot now, now don't get me wrong that's a lot but that don't mean that we finna do that it's a copycat lead if your defense is not stopping a certain thing. I'm I'm telling you now, Arthur Smith finna come in there and he finna go right back at it. <laughs> he, nope. he, he, you, just trans- you just transitioned it to our next subject, Jimbo go Slice. Go ahead, go ahead. Keys to ATL victory. Let's go. Keys to the ATL victory. We're we, we gonna have to establish the run game to the outside. Deron Payne is not finna let us eat that gut like we want to. And, no. I, 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 and I know I been, I watched a little film, and Deron Payne is really one of the ones on that defensive line. You really right. need to be need to keep an eye on. He's oh. not going to let us gut them yeah. like that. We got to get them outside. We got to get into the outsides. And Deron Payne is is, is, is he demanding a double team. So the key to, to our offense winning the game, we're going to have to get to the outsides. And we're going to have to run at those slim defensive ends y'all got, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And that's what people have been doing to y'all. Y'all expectation for that defensive line defense line been so high, people been running right at them or coming right at them or RPO right at them and then throw the ball. So that's kind of they that's kind of how they taking y'all out of the game. And I think that's the same way we're gonna have to do it. Cause if we sit back there and let Matt Ryan be that statue, Montez Sweat and Chase Young is gonna get home eventually, especially with our left, our right, our right tackle. Right. Yeah, he will. He will. Barbecue chicken. <laughs> what's, your, what's your keys to an ATL victory? Okay, so my keys to an ATL victory are, are, is this. I and and it, you know what what's crazy is it's not necessarily because we're playing the Redskins. This is usually some of my keys to the big to, to, to an ATL victory. Because you guys have an aggressive defensive line, I would say a borderline dynamic defensive line, we have to be able to, one, hit in the screen game and find matchups there in the matchups. If we're able to find one-on-one matchups, because the one thing I haven't really – I don't really know a lot about is who the Washington linebackers are. That may not be a bad thing. Or Nobody. it may not be a good thing because I've never heard of who these guys are, right? Now I think their first name is Barbecue, last name's Chicken. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They're a little shit-tacular. Our, our linebackers, we call them. Craptastic. But look, okay, <sighs> I will say this. Um, 
because Kyle Pitts, I look at it like this, and we hadn't really talked a lot about Kyle Pitts, but I'll tell you this. Kyle Pitts has been, I would say, very frustrating for the Atlanta Falcons fans to watch because, again, he got all of this pressure on him. And, like, I'll give you a good example. We played against the Giants last week, and we get to the red zone, and we hear all this stuff about how Kyle Pitts is good in the red zone. We don't even have him in the package in the red zone, right? So the thing about Kyle Pitts is this, though. What he showed me in the second half against the Giants is, is he's just going to play his game, do what he got to do, and wait for the ball to come to him. One thing I like about him as a rookie is that he is a very selfless rookie. Like, you would think a guy with all this hype would be demanding the ball, but he just lets the game come to him. I think that the keys to the victory will be establishing Kyle Pitts early, as we do every week. But also, another guy who we don't talk about, as in Hayden Hurst as well, too. So I think this will be a game where we oh, rely man. on the tight ends because you guys have such an aggressive defensive line. So I think for us, it's screen games and ensuring that we hit our tight ends because um, I do think the, the Calvin Ridley and Will Jackson battle will be a little bit better than people anticipate. Me too. I'm definitely yeah. a Will uh, fan in terms of um, his body of work that he's put out as well. You, you speak the truth because uh, tight ends tend to tear us up. Mobile quarterbacks and tight ends tear us up. And I was going to say – we are we are famous for, for making tight ends famous. Austin Hooper is paid in <laughs> Cleveland because of the game he had against Washington two years ago. Um, you you probably remember it. Was it two years yeah. ago? Maybe three years ago. I don't know. He tore <laughs> us up. Then he got paid. He left and he got paid. So that's what we do. Now we have our first round. We tried to pay Davis. him. We tried to pay Hooper. He we turned him down. Remember that? Yeah, um, we tried to pay him. Just, I don't know if it's scheme or what, but they just tear us up like – they sit in the soft zone. They they hit the scene. The tight ends just always seem to eat us open. So I was scared yeah, of Kyle. Or it's like, um, John Bostic doesn't drop back yeah. in coverage. Kyle Pitts and Hurst scare me. You know what I mean? I saw I saw I know what Hurst can do. Like he, he's a good tight end. He just doesn't get a lot of opportunities. So yeah, I don't know. All right, so those are good keys to 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 victories here. Um, you know, for us. I, I would just say that we need the defense just to be a shell of themselves last year. They were a great defense last year, and they've been horrible this year so far. If they can play at least half as good as they did last year, we have a chance to compete in this game and win. I think it's that simple. I don't, I don't know what else we need to do. It's, it's that simple. Phil, you got anything else on that? Keep um, victory? We, and this is going to be harder to do because Antonio Gibson's now questionable because he suddenly he suddenly showed up on the uh, what? on the did not practice list or limited practice list because of a shin issue. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we got JD McKissick and we got uh <laughs> I and I just didn't back it for that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, man. You gotta put some respect on JD's name. I'm bro. not the fan. Yeah, he had 80 grabs last year. How many players on the, how many yeah, players on Atlanta best, had 80 grabs? Yes, our backup running back was the best <laughs> slot receiver we he had. He was the check year. down, he was the check down. He was nobody else got checked down 80 grabs though. But, what you want to say? If hey, look, look, if, if Gibson yeah, had got those eighty grabs, yeah, man, they would have just been like, I'm about, to, I'm about to, I'm about to give, I'm about to give hey, a man some credit. Man. They, they hate on McKinsey. Need, if y'all ever watch our show, they see, hate him. We need to see what Jared Patterson could do because Jared Patterson looked amazing in the preseason. Buffalo, Buffalo, and he's only seen one game uh, so far this season. He's the third. He's the third string back, but he's really the. It should be the second string running back. As JD McKissick, JD McKissick is a third down back tr- through and through. 
So with or without Antonio Gibson, we need to be able to establish some kind of a running game because one of the reasons why our defense is getting bombed on is because the defense is spending you know too much time on the field because we can't sustain drives. Oh, I know that. You can have the best defense in the world, but if they're out there 35, 40 minutes of a 60-minute game, they're going to get gassed, all right? The human body is only designed to be so enduring no matter how athletic you are. So you got to maintain drives and we got to run the ball more consistently. That doesn't mean just, you know, the, the spot runs we saw, but even last week, like we came, we came out, we come out in, in games and in the first eight plays, we'll call six, seven passes. Like I don't know what Scott Turner's thinking sometimes. And, and we have a lot of questions about him as an offensive coordinator, but he has zero commitment to running the ball. You know, and it's weird because you think that if you if he learned from his dad anything, his dad was a head coach here and consistently had a great running game. He went from Terry Allen to Stephen Davis over a course of almost a decade, and those guys were consistent year in, year out, thousand yard plus running backs. And he was a guy who liked to go air Coriel and bomb out on you. Yeah. We need to run the ball because it opens up the pass. It causes defense to play honest. And I don't know how we can get this word out to Scott Turner, but he needs to hear this. We need to run the ball more. Keep that defense off the field a little bit more so they're fresh when they come on the field and they can make plays. Hey, breaking news before we go to Dev real quick. Jaguars are up 14 to zip. Stop, Bengals. What? What? What is going on here? Two crap teams, that's what it is. Hey, no, no, no. In my hey, Cincinnati's not bad, but they, and I just thought Marvin Jones scored a touchdown. I was, I, I was I was I was hesitating to start him, but anyway, he, he fanned yeah. anyway. I'm I'm talking about money. I took the I took the Bengals in the over, so I'm really hurting right now. But anyway, <laughs> wow. Hey, Jared, uh, Jared Peterson, is that the running Patterson. back from Buff- Patterson? That's from Buffalo? Buffalo. Yeah. yeah, he had like eight touchdowns in one game one year. Oh, He was man. just clown because, you know, University of Buffalo is, you know, is, is University of Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like That division one school. But that, dude, that dude is built like Maurice Jones-Drew, and I don't exactly. know why we're not putting that to use. Running the ball is running the ball. I don't care what part of college you're in. You know how to – he got vision. We, mm-hmm. me and Mike, me and Mike do uh, undrafted free agents for Pound Pound ATL, and we was digging into this guy, and we was looking at this guy, and we was running his film. We was like, this guy's good, like yeah. Atlanta. Please, very, very productive, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. And we love that guy. So to possibly play against him this Sunday, that's gonna be awesome to see. I, I hope that I hope they play him a little bit more. If I mean, yeah. I like the kid, man. I don't care what what level of football. He's I do too. I I, I want to see him. I want to see him eat, and right, we yeah. haven't had that opportunity yet. Now, maybe with Gibson out, that forces the issue. And if he can get going early, maybe he'll show Scott Turner, oh, my God, look what happens when we run the ball. It, 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 it sounds like yeah. Scott Turner is stuck in his ways, and he's one of them good old boy OCs, and that's just not going to yeah. happen. We had yeah. that guy last year that he's was doing the same thing in the past. This is, this is only his second full season as an OC. Man. Yeah. He's so learning Deb, on the job, but he's what, not what, learning correctly. Deb, what's your key to a Washington victory here, real quick? And then we'll yep. go on to score uh, predictions. Pres- pressure up the middle. I think that Allen and Payne, as uh, I think it was Mike that said that, right? Uh, Allen and Payne, man, I think that I think if they break them off a little bit, we could beat them. But I, I know if y'all watched ESPN the other day and y'all saw the clip where your boy was talking about how selfish 
Chase Young and uh and uh Shark and a, and a sweat word, how they're like over pursuing. They're so aggressive, and it goes back to what you guys said. Screen game's gonna kill them, man. Draw game's gonna kill you. Matt Ryan's a smart dude. If you don't think he's that talented, he is definitely smart. You yeah. know, he definitely knows what he can. He knows his limitations. He knows the things he does well. Um, and and those are kind of quarterbacks that usually does damage to us because they'll throw efficiently. Uh, they won't waste uh, downs. We're terrible on third downs. We're like butthole ass in the league, man. I, I don't on, know. On I, offense, I, you mean? On offense? Yeah. I. It's going to be real hard. But in order for us to answer the question short, instead of being long-winded every time, it's going to be the guys. It's going to be the defensive tackles. That's going to be our. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm afraid of, too. Okay. So let's roll right into it. Hey, um, we'll start with uh, – Mike, give us, give us your <laughs> straight-up prediction for Sunday. Let's hear it. Score prediction. I'm, I'm, I like to log all these just so we can see, and uh, we right, do so give we do giveaways for anyone who can who can who can guess the score. And we, I mean, we've been doing this for two years now. We haven't had anyone guess the score correctly once. So it's not going to happen. If y'all win, I'm going to give y'all some Atlanta dominoes. I'll make. <laughs> so right now we're giving away a signed Ryan Grandrews. That's what we have right now. Prediction so. win. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. But like, I'll tell you this. I. Me and Jimbo, when we we get wrong, when we're raw, we like to say we right because I was the idiot that picked us beat the, the Eagles because I thought that you know we had a chance. Jalen Hurt had uh, experience. We got a 14 year veteran, and boy, I had a lot of crow that day, right? So yeah. real careful when I put these picks, even though it looks like on paper that yeah, we, if we play our game, we can win. I will say this though, I I do have a Falcons victory. I have it as 23 to 19 because if we are better than y'all, we're not that much better than y'all, and it'll be another hard fight. Real good football game. Maybe boring at times to watch because it's two teams trying to get out of their own way. But 23-19, uh, got Jimbo. For the was, record, have you been picking Atlanta Mike's to win every time? Just beat the Giants. Hey, Jimbo, has Mike been picking Atlanta to win every game? I need to well, go ahead of time. Well, uh, at, well over here at Pound Final HL, we don't predict that all because it's it's a jinx, we feel. We we, okay. we do not go down that route. And we but this is this kind of new for us. And we I mean, we kind of did in the first game because a lot of fans of ours is asking for it, but we usually hate doing it, man. <laughs> Let me answer your question. Okay, so look, check it out now. Check it out. Um, I want one of them to predict before I do. I'm not going right out the mic. We can do that. We can do that. We can do that. Hey, hey, Rod, hey, Rod, our founder, our, our main, our, our, this is his prediction. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this, though, real quick. 35-16. Hell no. We need to kick him off the pod, man. He picks us to lose every time, bro. Ooh, man. Good golf. Rod go picks ahead. us to lose every time, man. Go ahead, Mike. What Quit taking my skin, Rod. Hey. We winning, bro. All right, so yeah. Dev, go ahead. Uh, go. We, we can say Mike, and then we'll give Dev his prediction. Vision, man. Trust me, you didn't want to really see our podcast the week we played the Buccaneers because we have a lot of people that's like, why y'all so negative? It's like, because we got Tom Brady and we ain't got no answer for him. Anyway, yeah. um, you know, it takes a special person to take those homework blinders off and just be real. You know what bro, I'm saying? You got to do it. You got to do it. You know, uh, talk about what we could do to get Tom Brady, but he gets the ball out in 2.3 seconds. We don't have yeah. anybody. To... Anyway, <laughs> this, right. it's so I think we should win, but I don't think we will. I think okay. we're going to lose, man. And I think he just dimes us apart, five, six-yard hits. 
because we're going to play so much of that stupid-ass prevent or quarters defense we were terrible in, but we yep. seem to play our whole game. Um, I think, like you said, the screens hit us. I think we lose. I'm going to go 25 to 21. Three points. AT- four points. 25-21 ATL. Okay. Got it. Uh, Jimbo, you ready? You want to go first? I'm ready. I'm ready. Look here, man. Oh. Uh, these two teams is almost the same team. They can't get out of each other's way. So the first time this year in the NFL, we're going to have a tie ball game, 24-24. Watching the football team, Atlanta Falcons, that tie's going to end, big dog. We had, a tie, season. we had a tie, was it three years ago, Phil, in Cincinnati. London? Yes, Cincinnati. Against, it was uh, 2016 against Cincinnati. I'm glad yeah. y'all said that because that might happen again this weekend. If, but, okay. hey, look here, man. If y'all don't show up, uh, Matt Ryan going to hang 40 on you. Easy. If you don't show up, I'm telling you that now. But I'm going 24-24 since I don't predict that much. Tie ball game, first one in the NFL. Go holler at DraftKings on, on your boy Jimbo. I ain't going to give I'm you no change, money. Yeah. I'm going to change my man. I'm going to change my You're not bringing no fucking 40 on us, bro. I'm not going there, man. I mean, hold on, man. Hold on. Hold on, man. Heineke's going to throw four touchdowns now. We winning, man. <laughs> you said we were going to beat the Bills 35-20. Good guys. Win, dog. I'm going back to Washington, man. 40. 40. Matt Ryan will put 40 points on you in a heartbeat, dog. I'm telling you that now. I'm just telling you now. Hey, whatever's in his bag, I want to roll up for me over here, man. Ain't no way. <laughs> yeah, okay. Check it out. Hold on. Okay. Check it out. Look, we've been amicable for the whole show, but I will tell you this. I will, <laughs> I will say this. We get to the nitty-gritty part of this. These are two teams on one another. Taylor Heineke is a Georgia boy. He's from right up the road uh, from where we are right here in Atlanta, Georgia or whatever. So it's not like this guy is sneaking up. And he, you know, he made a mistake this week of saying, I've never been a Falcons fan. Right, I've seen it today. So I, I would say this, though. Like, boy, our head coach is our offensive coordinator. And every week, you know, we're continuing to get better. Now, I won't, again, now, Jimbo, that's my, listen, that's my best friend. <laughs> Against my best friend, but forty might be a little. You know, you look at the points we forty scored, to earn every point that we scored. Trust me, it's been tough. And if you watched our, if you geeks like us and watched our preseason, forty points. I, you know, I trust Jimbo Slice on that one. But I will say this though: this is really two teams that we will have a better understanding of who our teams are after this game because I do think the Washington football team is much better than they've shown. And they haven't been done any favors with y'all schedule. Like, again, y'all at Buffalo, uh, Chargers, like, y'all going against elite quarterbacks that are doing what elite quarterbacks do. Now, it might say that y'all are not in the elite team, but I still do see a team that is fringe playoff uh, team at best, which is, again, that's what we are, fringe playoff. That's the lens at which we're looking at this from. So I'll say this. Washington comes and doesn't take Matt Ryan serious. They'll look at the offense line and think everything is honky-dory. Yeah. With Kyle Pitts, man, it's impact. I won't say what's impossible because what I've seen from him, like we've been watching, man, I'm you, we've been watching the Falcons for years. I've never seen anybody that at the tight end position that's a mismatch. We've watched Jimmy Graham come in the NFC South, like basically a basketball player, and slice us for 10 years in a row. Oh, yeah. Had an yeah. To the tight end. This is our first time actually having a tight end because Austin Hooper was a good, you know, he's yeah. all right. But this is our chance to like really expose another team. So, We'll yeah. see. You know, like I said, this is where 40 on us. Phil, Phil's shaving the eyebrow off. Yeah, I, I see. Whoa, I got, I got I already shaved enough off. 
I don't need to shave nothing else off. I got Dale fired up by that 40, that 40 burger. But I'm saying, if you don't show up, if you don't show up, Matt Ryan will put 40 on you. And that is no question about it. Y'all go ahead and beat y'all prediction. All right. So I got, I think we're going to see something completely different than we're expecting. I'm predicting this game to end up just being a, a random shootout. And I predict. Washington's going to win 36 to 31. Both teams going to put up 30 going to put up a 30 burger. Uh but I think we'll we'll pull it out although what's going to happen is that Atlanta's going to be driving the ball late in the game and they're going to come close but they're not going to quite get that touchdown to end the game. And it's going to be one of those things where we're all going to be pounded down Pepto at the end of the game like oh my god. <laughs> but 36 31 Washington Got it. Heineken, four fair. touchdowns, man. I'm telling you. Four touchdowns. Okay, I'll oh. get mine. Go ahead, Dan. One, what two, three, four. Four. Going, dog. I think it's going to be much closer. I think Vegas is spot on with the with the one and a half spread. I'm, I'm going to say 24-23 Washington, and that's not not might be being a homer at all. You know, you know, Jimbo. Just for your edification, I picked us to lose every week except for the Giants game. Uh, but still, that's me, 24-23, trying to be a realist. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I mean, I think the defense bounces back a little bit, but not where we want it to be. But um, I just – I am terrified of, of of the tight ends for Atlanta. I'm not going to not gonna pretend, not going to hide. It, it scares me to death. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so we hit an hour here, and it looked like Mike is uh, coming in, coming out. But um, so we'll do we'll – just, we'll just shut it down here and, you know, Jimbo, Mike, if you come back, we we just want to say thank you so Absolutely. much for joining us, taking time out of your your days, your families, your jobs to you know come kick it with us. It's always fun talking to fans from other teams. That's right, yeah. And uh, we love what you're doing over at Pound for Pound. You know, we we were looking around for trying to find good guests, quality guests to bring on the show, and you know what. We found you guys. I was like, man, we got, and I hit you up on Twitter. Thank you for being so responsive. I no mean, problem, man, no problem. Great experience. And we love what you do over there, pound for pound. Yeah. Uh, best of luck to you guys. And best of luck to you on Sunday, man. It's going to be a great game either way. Yeah. And like I said in the beginning, may the best team win. I appreciate it, Dale, Phil, Steve. Appreciate it, Big Mike, showing up. Shout out to our other co hosts, um, uh, 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 Toby D and JR, the hardworking men in the show business. We love them guys. And hey, look, man. Uh, I'll be hitting you up on Twitter Sunday after the game. Oh, see please hit me up. I got to get these 40. Hold but on look, a moment. But look, I got to get these 40. If it's a tie, I want my dominoes. I got you. <laughs> and I want I want I want a 20 pack, 30, 40 pack of PBR. That's what if I you got. Really 40, if you got 40, if you they hang no, 40 so you, on us, Phil gonna have no eyebrows. Don't worry about no, that. No, no, no. Dev Dev will send you a 24 pack of grippos. Okay, yeah, I'll take I got two boxes over hey. here. Hey Jimbo, where where can where can everyone go find you guys at on on social media on on YouTube? Where where can we find Pound for Pound ATL at? So on on YouTube is Pound for Pound ATL. You can type in P O P ATL. What's on the shirt, or, or you can type in Pound spelled out for Pound spelled out ATL, and it'll come up. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Jimmy Obama, J I M M Y O B A M A. Hit me up. I, I like feel like Steve said. I hit back. I I talk back to you. It don't. It's no big deal to me. And if you don't, if you really want to find out what is that on YouTube or wherever or our other guys, I will let you know. No big deal. We got merchandise. Whatever you want, you holler at Jimbo or you holler at Mike Dub, and we will get it to you. 
And if we plan to watch the football team this Sunday, may the best team win. Let's that's go. What's up. Hey, that's our note from our You coming up for the post game or pregame? Well, y'all gonna be on for the post game, pregame. One of the two, you invited the both if you want. I see what's I up. Cry, I might cry if we lose. So if you ain't afraid, I don't to have too wrong. many these on because I don't like to come on after the game. My blood pressure be up, and I be a little bit uh, better. Over here. Yeah. So Even I don't know. Better. I don't know. And I it depends, man. It, we we try to watch ourselves over here because we get a little emotionally, and we'll. We, <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it's hard to calm us down. We get like we say, we get fired up, and we're gonna let you know. You want to know it. You catch us after the game, you really gonna get it, and we don't like to show that side, that Jacqueline Hyde. We don't like to show that side. <laughs> Y'all ain't <laughs> forty on us. I'm gonna show that side anyway. <laughs> I, I hope you do, man. Appreciate it, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. It was good talking to y'all. Yes, let's sir. A, let's watch some good football Sunday. Yeah, no matter what, let's watch some good ball. Sunday. Absolutely. All right. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks, Jimbo. We'll appreciate it, man. Peace. Hey, best of luck Sunday, and yes, uh, sir. May the best team win. Gotcha. Watch this football at baby. Let's go. I got a question. On that song, on the... Watch this football at baby. Let's go. Watch this and football addicts, we've been rapping for years, always keeping it real, it's Rod, Steve, Devin, Phil, we talking about latest deals, and what goes on on the field, and happenings with the team, so listen if you were being held. Hey, what is going on? Welcome, Washington Football Addicts, Washington Football Nation. Hey, we're back for another show. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Tonight, we have episode 87. It's myself, Steve. We got Big Phil, and we got Dev in the house tonight. Hey, shout out to Rod. He couldn't join us tonight. He's out He's out uh, traveling for work. So, Phil, hey, you know how we do it. This episode's 87. Tell, take us away. Episode 87 is a true legend for this franchise. It is former tight end Jerry Smith. Jerry Smith uh, played for the team from 1965 until 1977. When he retired, he held the NFL record for most receiving touchdowns by a tight end. Held that record from 77 until 2004 when Shannon Sharp broke that record. Held the Redskins record for most catches by a tight end until 2009 when Chris Cooley broke that. Um, but Jerry Smith was an innovator at the tight end position for, sh- position for sure. Um, and one of the key targets during those uh, glory years in the 70s uh, with uh, George Allen at the helm, and he had Sonny and uh, and Billy throwing him the ball. Um, <clears throat> he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was one of the first real receiving threats at tight end that uh, the league has had him and John Mackey. And, you know, later on, you had Dave Casper in the 70s. But uh, unfortunately, he's not. And there's some socio-political reasons as to why we're not going to get into those today, but um, had he played in a later era, I think he would be in the hall of fame already. All right. That's what's up. So honestly, I'm not going to lie. Never heard of that dude. Never heard of Jerry Smith. I heard of him, but I didn't, I don't, of course, I don't know about him. Like, you know, about him. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, dude had never 400 catches in his career. Yeah. For his team. And, yeah. and yeah, Jerry Smith was a dog, man. 
Oh, all right, so as you all know, episode 87, this week four in the NFL, week four. And this weekend we have a good matchup against the Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons from down south Georgia. So tonight we have two very special guests. Tonight we have Mr. Mike Dubb and Mr. Jimbo Slice from Pound for Pound Atlanta. Let's go ahead and add them to the stream. Fellas. Thank you for joining us tonight. What is up? How y'all doing? Big Mike, Big Mike, tell them how you doing, baby. Hey, hey man, first and foremost, you know, thank y'all for um, letting two Falcons guys, Falcons fans, you know, come crash and, you know, collaborate on a little football talk today. Like I said, man, hey, for y'all to reach out and extend the Olive Branch, you know, down south to uh, us Georgia guys, we couldn't be more appreciative and we ready to tap in. Jimbo Slice, talk to these people. Oh man, I'm I'm feeling good. Hey, look here, we got football back, fellas, and oh. I don't know how some people are are tending to forget that and, and and not know that we didn't have it for a while, and and the way we did get it, we couldn't enjoy it the way we wanted to enjoy it as as real football fans. So, hey man, I'm happy. I appreciate it, fellas, for having us. It should be a good Sunday. Um, may the best team win. Right. Absolutely. It's Let's all get love. to it. Hey, it's all hey, love. I'll tell you this right now. You got two Southerners in the room with you because Dev's in Kentucky. I'm in Virginia. Yeah. Ah, so. I, I'm up here in D.C. But hey, Tiho, welcome to the stream. Uh, he says he thinks he knows he knows you, Jimmy. Yes, he's a Falcons fan. He says he uh, he thinks he's actually sub to y'all. So look at look at that love, man. Watch the football fans giving you guys love already. Got to love hey, that. Appreciate it. That's Appreciate right. It. Hey, so let's go ahead and uh, just jump right into it. So. When we have people on the show, we just regardless of where you come from, we just want to know how did you become a fan of the team that you love so much? So, Mike, Big Mike, let's start with you first. How did you become a fan of uh, of Atlanta? Man, I think you know, just like the shirt that I got on, my you know, I support the Bulldogs. It's like I think when you we from that Georgia red clay, like we like to say in Georgia, man, we from the red clay, right? You know, so I think um, you know it, it was the team that like I just remember like after I left church. It was like we go to church, then we go watch the Falcons. Like it's always been ingrained in my head on Sunday, it's time to watch football. And you know what? Even as an adult, it's almost like I can't say it another way but this. It's like one thing I love about football is no matter what's going on in the fall, you know, you can be stressed out at work. But you know that like once it gets to be like Thursday, Friday, getting a little closer to the weekend, and it's almost time for football, right? So I think football has always been a part of my life, my culture, and and the one thing I know about my team, good, bad, and different, I take a lot of flack for supporting my team. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I would say the same probably with the Washington football yep. team. A lot of bad years. But, again, when you wear your team, you know, your, your team's colors, you know, on your hat, on your jersey, you'll take it. Because, you know what? Like, we real fans. This is nothing bandwagon over here since birth. Like, honestly, I couldn't root for another team. Now, they, they drive me crazy. You know, I, I would say right. that they, they play with my blood pressure. They play with my emotions a lot. But I ain't gonna leave my birds, man. Like <laughs> that's what I, I, I lived in uh Thomasville, Georgia for about Woo! two and fifth and sixth grade, man. I grew up okay. there a, a little while, so I, I'm familiar with the area a little so, uh, very little as a child. So Mr. Slice and I, we from Albany, Georgia. So we not okay. like bro, so not too far, man. So, okay. Yep. Hey Chris Blow, welcome to the stream, bro. Thanks for joining us. Jimbo, what's yo, up, man? Yo. Tell, tell tell us your your Falcon story, man. Oh man. I've been playing playing football since a little jit, little jitty bug, we like to say, you know, Pop Warner. 
you know, Little League, all that good stuff. You know, I idolized Deion Sanders, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, but I idolized – I knew the Deion Sanders as the Atlanta Braves, which is kind of like the Georgia Bulldogs in the Deep South. Atlanta Braves, Georgia Bulldogs, traditional, you know, traditional teams, more other than the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Hawks. And to, and to see Deion Sanders uh, get an interception in one game and play in the World Series the same day, I became a huge, super huge fan – and it, it, it didn't take long for me to, to get to dive deep into the Atlanta Falcons and say, hey, look, it, it, if you're from this state, you're going to support the team that's in your state and you're going to and you're going to go all the way 100 percent. And plus in the South, you know, football is, is, is like it, it's, it's like a tradition down there. It's almost religion. So too easy to become a Falcon fan, too easy to root for the Falcons. And it was just too easy to, you know want this team to win and, and i'm i'm not going nowhere good bad and ugly i'm in it for the long haul been around this long if we do win one it'll it'll feel even better if if, if it take long you know to get there so gotta rise up gotta be a dirty bird and, and, and all we want to do is just win baby that's all we want around here that's, all that's we're right to hey do. at least y'all got a fly ass stadium <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? you do hey that's, hey that's a topic of discussion too because you know if you listen to a few of our podcasts the other week we were a little angry. We were like, you know, what do we? What, we don't even deserve this stadium. You know, we're not putting a product on the field where we even deserve all of this nice ingenuity and engineering that that Arthur Blank has bestowed on us. But anyway, another conversation for another day. Yeah, it is. very true. I think uh, when we're we, not to get off off topic, but you know, we're in the process of looking at a new stadium for like 2027, and and Jason Wright, our team president, and Dan Snyder, they're touring the world, the country. Atlanta was one of the stops they went to. L.A. What they call it? So SoFi. SoFi Stadium, yep. SoFi Stadium. Yeah, yeah. So they toured all the big new stadiums, and they're just trying to get ideas. But you know, we need to get out of that dump of FedEx. So we're just hoping we get something half as good as what you you guys have. So don't take it for granted. It's, it's a nice place. I mean, gotta, I envy it. Y'all probably want to keep that FedEx name because our head coach, his dad, and runs and own FedEx. So you probably want to keep FedEx around. That is right. What's his, what's his last name again? Arthur Smith. Smith. So Smith. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> okay, so let's roll it into the, the next topic. Um, help us and help our 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 you know our listeners tell us who the 2021 Falcons are. How was the offseason? How were you guys so far going into week four? So Jimbo, start us off, man. <laughs> oh man. Oh, hey, over here at Pound Found ATL, we 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 dig numbers first. Uh we watch film, we do all our due diligence to make sure we know. We can to make sure we can almost put out a factual statement about our team, and we and we did we dive deep the whole offseason, and I mean we go from and we even dig all the way back from years prior. You understand? So we we do everything we can to make sure we give a, the, the the your average Atlanta Falcon fan the best we can depict this Atlanta Falcon team the best we can over here at Pine Tail. And and what we what we've been finding out is that. Every other year when we get a different regime, that first year is always kind of like a search, like we're searching for that identity, trying to find that culture and trying to figure out what exactly this team is going to be. Now, in three weeks, it's really hard to depict that. But you can get you can get eye close, you can get nips here and commercials here and little microwave dinners here, or what your team might or could be. And in the 2020 Atlanta, 2021 Atlanta Falcons is we we still looking for that, but we on that verge, and we know we on that verge because I mean within that first quarter we're gonna know. And our first we got our first win against the Giants last week. We only averaging 16 points a game. 
defense is kind of like back in right now. They they starting to catch up. Everything is starting to come along. Um, we, we, we bypassed the preseason like we had an all-star team, like we ain't coming off a losing season, which we still don't get over here at Pound Town ATL. We still don't realize why our new regime did that, but they did. And they and they starting to they starting to trying to catch up. They're trying to find who they actually are. They're trying to find that culture and they're trying to get that identity. And I think Arthur Smith and our new GM, Terry Fontenot, who we got from the New Orleans Saints, I think they're starting to do that. It's starting to come around and we're starting to see. We finna nitpick. We're not finna be the the Titans offense who we got uh, Arthur Smith from. We're not finna be the Titan offense. We finna be a different version of that. But we finna grind you out. We finna try to punish you and make you you know bow down to our time management. And then we're just gonna break a uh, being don't break on defense with Dean Pease. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 But and I, and I dovetail kind of off what uh, Jimbo Slice is talking about a little bit, right? Because I think the problem that we ran into is. Dan Quinn gave us a lot of slogans. Like, he was all good for all gas, no brakes, or, you know, uh, embrace the suck. Man, we got so used to these marketing campaigns and slogans for we're an average team and we hope to play better next week, right? So, <laughs> as, a, as a fan base, we grew tired of it. Like, I mean, honestly, I would say Dan Quinn last year, just to kind of go back last year a little bit, Dan Quinn before he was fired, it just the morale was low in the city, right? Like, and, and again, you guys have had your share of coaches who have just kind of stunk it up. So you yeah. know what it's like when you support a team where it's like, you know, we got the players in place, but we're not playing to our ability, right? So I think, you know, this Falcons team this year is, I would say, to be honest with you, we do mask a couple of things. Like, we're, we're not a team that I would say, talent-wise, we can go toe-to-toe with some of the upper echelon teams at the league, even with a Matt Ryan, which, again, I know we're parking a lot Matt Ryan. We'll talk about <laughs> Later, because I know y'all chomping at the bit to talk about Matt Ryan, but I think from a team standpoint, you know, I'll tell you this: we play more together now than I've seen probably the last couple of years. All of the individuals, we've kind of gotten them out of the building. Starting with Julio Jones. To get me wrong, when Julio Jones said he wanted out of Atlanta on uh, on first take, and everybody saw it, everybody saw the the interview. Yeah, it, it sucked, but you know what? That's the type of mentalities that we almost need to let go. You know. Like, we need people that want to go play football and that's locked in, dialed in, team players. And I think collectively we're playing more as a team, which is why I think when we played the Giants last week, we were able to get it done and do something we hadn't done in a couple years, which is close out a game, which is actually make plays in critical moments to actually close out a game. So I think there are little bits that we can take, but we honestly just – we are a team that is rebuilding. We are a team that is literally trying to figure out our identity, as Jimbo said. But first quarter of the season, that's kind of what we need to be talking about right now. Right. And I hadn't mentioned right. Kyle Pitts. So, yeah, that's what we got. How's he doing, by the way? I haven't been really watching too much. Uh, Lack of opportunities. I, he's like, I, I, told opportunities. Him, like, I told Jimbo Spice on the podcast the other week. I was like, he, he's like a freight train. It's like you see him coming. Like, eventually he's going to come closer and closer. He's not right at your face yet, but he'll make a catch here. You just like you see the ability in spurts. And I just think it's only a matter of time before he kind of breaks out just because he's got that 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 extra gear that I would say none of our other receivers have, including Calvin Ridley. Right. And and he's a rookie. He's a rookie, too. So and that's what people are missing, uh, kind of forgetting about him because he's that unicorn that we wanted at four at four. And, but they, they, you cannot forget that he's a rookie and a rookie on offense. Rookie on defenses are different. They can fly around. They can be more freely. On, on offense, the people can scheme to stop you. And, and, and we finding out some people are scheming to stop Kyle Pitts before he even gets started. 
which do say a lot. That that do say a lot about that rookie. But like Mike said, I think he's on the fringe of exploding. And God knows. Let's hope for y'all's sake he don't explode this start to explode this Sunday. Yeah, because he yeah. comes. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that in a, in a few minutes. Yeah, we, we got we got we got some insight for y'all and, on that. And it's it's funny because what you just described about the Falcons is very similar to about about Washington. We're a new team, except the only difference between our two teams is we're going through a culture change. We're going through a lot of change. Name everything changed, right? You know, last year we got rid of everybody and started from scratch, but we're rebuilding this team, and we got fool's gold last year with a seven to nine division championship that we probably i don't want to say we shouldn't have had but it's not our fault the rest of the teams just sucked and, and it's not our fault that the eagles coach benched jay uh um what's his name um uh, brought in jalen hurts for the entire second half and then we won the division in, in the last game of the season like oh yeah we probably shouldn't have won the division but we did and now we have this schedule and it's it's year two of a rebuild in the round rivera and there's all these expectations and we're just proven to be we not we're not where we where the fan base and the media hyped us up to be division champions. We're coming back. No, we're in year year two of a rebuild, and it's a slow, it's a process. So it sounds like you guys are already there, but your expectations are more level headed than than our, well, our media and our fans come out to be. You know what I'm saying? But but I'll say this though. I'll say to add one thing that y'all are clearly ahead of us at, which I think. It's championship caliber. It's just my own two cents from being an outside observer. It is on the defensive line. You guys have defensive linemen who are capable of taking over games at any given time. And you know in this league, when you got a good defensive line, you can mask all the other stuff. See, Very true. But but they've never done it. (laughs) Chase Young Young has zero sacks, bro. But, but you know yeah, as of now, he got zero. As of now, I mean, I hope tomorrow, I hope Saturday, Sunday, he gets like six in one day, like uh, Chandler did. I mean, but, but what's the chances? But you know what? Well, but I say this though, he still feels confident enough that he's looked at our offensive line and he said, "Yeah, this is my game that I'm going to break out at." I thought that that was really telling of him because he's like, "Well, yeah, I, you know, I've been kind of behind the eight ball. Well, well, I got the Falcons this week. Let right. me break those guys." So he he might have spotted something on our offensive line, which again we'll yeah. touch on. Better. Uh, that makes right. him feel right because this is the second week that a player has played came against us because Tom Brady last week trolled us or week before last Tom yeah. Brady trolled us before he played us it was 328 on the clock uh at his clock at his house and he was just trolling us 28 to 3 yeah. for the team right so this is almost like the second out of the third week that somebody has looked at our team and said oh yeah yeah oh, that left tackle oh that right tackle I'm about to eat these guys for lunch that to me we don't have a defensive lineman who can say, "Oh yeah, uh, your offensive guard, your left guard, oh, we're about to kill him this week." We don't. We got, we got carved up by Danny Dimes, bro. Honestly, we got carved up by Danny Dimes. <laughs> y'all, y'all, yeah, hey, Dev, hold up. We, we gonna we gonna talk about that. In, y'all, in legit, y'all legit, y'all legit won that game against them, though. We legit got lucky. Yeah, we did. We should be zero three. Sure did. Hey, uh, so it's a quarterback centric league. We all know that the uh, the league of the old, the league of probably our we'll call it youth was about running the football. You know, it's a, it's a quarterback centric league. Matt Ryan is, is, is a, is a seasoned veteran. You guys have a quarterback. We have Taylor Heineke. We had Ryan Fitzpatrick went down with the hip injury, the fourth series of the game. And we've had Taylor Heineke since. So I think I have my own opinion of who Matt Ryan is. You know, he's a solid veteran. You know what you're going to get at him. You're not going to get any more. You're not going to get any less. You're, you know what you're going to get Matt Ryan. He's kind of a statue back there, but he, he, he doesn't make, crazy bad decisions so i just want to see like 
Jimbo, like what what, do, what is your opinion on on Matt Ryan as a as a lifelong fan? Like, are you happy wait, wait, with him? Are you pissed wait, wait, off about him? Like, no. First of all, first of all, go ahead. If any Falcons fans watching, go ahead and repeat what you just said about Matt Ryan for the our fan base, really quick. Repeat what you just said for me, real quick uh, about him being a statue. No, no, uh, he, he's a stable vet. We know what we're going to get from him. And he's, he, yeah, you, you're and not going to get any more. You're not going to get any less. You know exactly we, what you get from him week in and week out. You got an MVP. Right, and, and we got a quarterback. We got a quarterback, right? Yeah, right. I did hear you say that. Thank yes. you very much. We do not have that. You have <laughs> okay, that. appreciate it. Appreciate it. Just wanted yeah. the fan. I, if I'm in our fan base watching this, we want another fan base to put it out there so they can hear. It. That's yeah. all. I really appreciate that. Well, Thank he's gonna be much. on watch the next year, anyways. So you want? Him. Oh, so you want Matt Ryan? No, I, do, I, I, I absolutely do not. For the record, <laughs> want Matt Ryan. Okay, but, uh, but I didn't want uh, you know Fitzpatrick either. But we got him. So you'll take Matt Ryan. To. You'll take Matt Ryan for over what you got is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. I, I'll take him over fit. Oh, okay. I know. I know. I'm just saying. Just wanted to get it there. Yeah. So, okay, who, who is Matt Ryan, right? Matt Ryan's a pocket passing, record-setting, gun-slinging. Yes, I wrote this down. Been sacked over 40 times, never had a defense, never had an offensive line, on like his six, have, six or 700 OC head coach. Yeah, that is Matt Ryan, et cetera, et cetera, in a nutshell, right? But at the end of the day, Matt Ryan give you a chance to win a ball game. I the Washington football team wish they had a Matt Ryan so they could have a chance to win a football game. We I'm going to go out on Alex Smith. Uh, I'm going to go out on the line. Okay, Alex Smith, <laughs> Matt Ryan, same, almost, uh, almost the same guy. Almost the same guy. No, no, almost the same guy. Don't get me fired up. I know no. the numbers. I know the numbers. I'm talking Matt about Ryan's, Matt Ryan. I'm talking about the style. Matt Ryan is better. Thank you. But I'm talking about the style of body type, not taking off. In, in, but anyway, let me go. There. I'm going to go here. If the Washington football team had Matt Ryan last year with that defense in that deep and that defensive line in the playoffs, y'all would have damn near went to the Super Bowl. Now, if y'all disagree with that, t- tell me I'm lying. If you had Matt Ryan on the center last year, with 10 that wins, line, 10 wins easy. Get no, because let me tell you something when Matt Ryan get in the playoff, Matt Ryan turns into a whole nother person, and we know as Atlanta Falcon fans and, and some of the teams that we have beat, they will tell you. The man is dead on when he get in the playoffs. He do he do not play no games. The only thing that fucks Matt, I'm sorry. You can curse. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Cool with that shit. Hey, whatever you want. Don't the hold back. The only thing that mess Matt Ryan up when he get in the playoffs, he don't have a defense. So like right. and he, uh, and like I said, if he was on y'all team last year in the playoffs, y'all would have went almost in the Super Bowl. Y'all probably would have made it to the Super Bowl. I'm gonna just put with that defense. I'm gonna go ahead and put that out there with a running game. So what we got now. Today in Matt Ryan, let's talk about right now. Today we're talking about a guy that just not is not finna just not finna lose a game for you. It's all around stuff that is going on that put Matt Ryan in some of the position that Matt Ryan has been put in this year, and that's okay with us. You know why we pay him a whole lot of money to get put in stuckful situations. Matt Ryan crawl, walk, and then run. That's what he's doing right now. He's starting to walk on you. That's what the Giants done found out, and then he's gonna start running here in a minute, and then some people gonna have to pay. He's gonna be top, he's gonna be top in all the passing. He's gonna broke every record you can think of in the in the first 14 years as a quarterback in the league. So as of right now, you ain't gotta worry about y'all ain't gonna have to worry about Matt Ryan too much because he's still crawling. That 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 third quarter of the season, them teams, they're gonna have to worry about the walking Matt Ryan in the last four the four uh, games or so. They're gonna have to worry about the running one. 
And then, yeah. but right now we are right where we want to be at with the quarterback that we have. And it's, it's good to know a lot of other teams out there want it. Big Mike, go ahead well, and get it now. Hey, yeah, tell, tell us, lay, lay it I, on us. Let's go. I want to hear what you got to say, Steve. And then I, <laughs> I, 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 all I wanted to say was listen, Matt Ryan, I, I'm, I'm a fan. Like, I'm not diehard. I, I appreciate football and I like talent. He four pick or four touchdowns, three three interceptions this year, but he's throwing for seventy one percent, which means the ball is getting where it needs to be. Now, I don't know what those three picks were. I didn't watch any of the games, but seventy one percent teams have been tearing us apart with accuracy, like breaking the zone, putting the ball in the tight spots. Like that's the last thing we need to be seeing as a quarterback who's that accurate because it gives a, a guy catch the, the ball is going to be where it's going to need to be, and then the rest on the player to make something happen. So it's it's a little 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 bit scary. To play someone who's that accurate. That's all I was trying to say. Okay. No, 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 no. That's good because I'm gonna go a little bit more grim. You know what I mean? Because because I agree, and I'm gonna tell you something. It is refreshing to hear another team's viewpoint of Matt Ryan. Because I, I tell you this: if you come around the city of Atlanta, you will see a lot of people, like I mean, with trash cans, basically trying to run Matt Ryan as far out of town as they possibly can. Yeah. First and foremost, let's just start there. But I will tell you this though: there is a there's a really peculiar element to the story of Matt Ryan. And it's really unfair to this guy because at one point in time, this guy was paid at the same level as Aaron Rodgers, right? Almost $25 million a year, top flight quarterback. And the craziest thing to me, and this goes to Thomas Dimitrov, because I hate mentioning his name, our freaking previous GM, general manager, because he screwed this team up so mercilessly. And I'll tell you what, you got a quarterback back there who can make throws, great completion percentage field general, uh, does all the right things off the field, right? Is kind of a guy that, like, you really don't need to worry about at the quarterback position. But you give him some of the most piss-poor offensive linemen <laughs> known to man. So Y'all pick, pick wide receivers and tight ends with your first pick, man. Well, no. Here's pick a fucking lineman. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. We <laughs> pick tight ends. We've done that kind of stuff. But the problem is this. We haven't picked talented players, period. Like, we haven't picked players that have translated to to the NFL, and and I, and I would say this goes back years for this goes back from oh, yeah. Peter Kahn's to I could just man I could got a laundry list of guys who didn't pan out, and I'll tell you this: it always starts in the drafting and scouting department because you you would say that like you know my thing about it is like this: if we spend all of this money, you know, building this really nice building, you got to take time to put some chairs inside the building, right? You got it like oh, this yeah. is an office, like we got a big building, right? And we got an office inside of it. You got to put chairs in it. You got to have a cafeteria. You got to have an elevator. You got to have all this stuff to work on the inside. Because, because, and what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is that's what we've done. We got, we got the building. We got Matt Ryan. You can, you can build around Matt Ryan, but we put nothing in that building to protect this guy. Which is why Chase Young can look at our offensive line and say, "I haven't broken out yet. This is the week that I break out." Mm -hmm. And again, the reason why you see Matt Ryan being erratic sometimes is I will tell you this straight up for everybody from in Washington that's watching this right now is. He is a gunshot. He suffers a little bit. He he's seeing ghosts just a little bit because as soon as he said hut, he got people in his face. And I don't care how good you are, if you're living like that and you're getting set and you're getting defensive linemen, these huge y'all got some defensive linemen. That's right. Yeah. I've looked at your depth chart. Y'all are y'all have put an onus on the defensive line. And one thing about Ron Rivera, with him coming from Carolina, he is definitely familiar with Matt Ryan. He knows how to affect him. So if anything, it, that's why I said this game is going to be really interesting for both of us because, you know, the Giants, I thought that we were kind of on par with the Giants in terms of just the way we played. It felt like we was playing ourselves. This is literally a team that if we come out and play our game, we could dominate. But, again, if we let, you know, Taylor Heineke, um, 
and with your defense, if your defense is able to get pressure on Matt Ryan, it could be a long day for us, like point blank. Don't you have three first rounders on the offensive line? I, I thought I heard a comment on the radio today. I don't know if it's true or not. Or are they yeah. older three first rounders? Last year, our whole line was first rounders. Actually, our oh. whole line, yeah, with the exception of, uh, no, no, no. Jalen Mayfield was a third rounder. We got a rookie at left guard, third rounder. We got a fourth rounder, uh, Hennessy. But yeah, uh, to your point, uh, Jake Matthews, first rounder. Chris Lindstrom actually is probably one of our best linemen. We never talk about him because he never does anything wrong, which is great. That's why we don't even, I don't spend a lot of time talking about Chris Lindstrom. He do what he's supposed to do. He grayed out 85, 90 a game, every game. We never talk about him. But Caleb McGarry, now I'll give you a little bit of intel. Caleb McGarry, our right tackle, Chase Young, that's what. That's why he feels like he's got an advantage right there. And I'll be honest with you. That's who it's going to be over. Caleb McGarry struggles against, like, fast pass rushing. Yes, Lord. Eats his lunch twice a year, every year since he's been in the league. And it's just known. And he puts he puts tweets about it. And I'll put you like this. All y'all have played football before. If a guy tweets you that, that, that yeah, I, I just destroyed this guy this game, right? And you got to see that guy again the next game. If you really feel like you can beat that guy, you're going to be looking forward to like, all right, I got Cameron Jordan again. And you get beat the same way you got beat the first time. That man owns you. So yeah. it's Cameron Jordan. I mean, that's Daniel Jones to the Washington football team till till last two weeks ago. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> he was like our daddy. He's been our daddy for four right. games straight. But you know, quick, um, before, before I turn over to Phil, I got one question from Tiho for, for Jimbo. Um, he asked, who was a good, another good wide receiver on your team since Julio is gone? And then I'll turn it over to Phil. Since, since Julio has left, yeah, uh, it's, it's no question it's Kevin Ridley. No question about it, hands down. But we are starting to notice some flaws since Julio left. Uh, we don't know if he can really carry the weight as a wide receiver one. We don't know how physical he is when it comes to putting his shoulder pads down and, and making the tough catches and, and just, you know, grinding and being that guy, being the running back after the catch not just a catch and, and, and fall down or catch in the end zone. We want to know what that yak looking looking like, but definitely Kevin Ridley. And, and, and we definitely missed that yak from, from Julio Jones in a bigger tight right receiver. We're more finessed that right receiver right about now, but I think Kevin Ridley is, is the best since Julio left, because that's all we got since Julio left, really. Ridley or else? We don't really have okay. a Well, let me, let me uh, just ask you all this. Um, I have everybody on your entire roster. Who should the Washington football team be watching on Sunday? Making impact for the Falcons. Who should be that key guy that you think is going to be the one to make an impact for your team? I'll tell y'all now it's going to be the tight end. We're terrible at covering tight ends. He's going to have his game. Hey, look, okay, we we, we can answer that question and Mike could jump on it, but absolutely – after we answer this, after we answer this, answer this, we want the same same answer. From, we want that same question answered from y'all. And Mike, yeah, we gonna this is a reciprocity question because uh, <laughs> <laughs> we definitely gonna ask y'all the same question. Now let me ask you this because you know, like I said, we like to get geek over here pound for pound ATF offensively or defensively because both matter. Let's go both. Give us one for sure. each. Give us one for each. I will split it up. Jumbo, you want to do offensive defense? I will split it up. You know, I, I know where you're mind at anyway. So yeah, yeah. Go. I do. I, you do. I'm going to do that offense. You know what I want. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I'm gonna let Jumbo because Jumbo is a secondary guy. Uh, I'm gonna let him. Uh, I'm gonna let him give you some insight on who he thinks. But I will say offensively, the one guy, the one guy that you really gotta watch out for. If I'm really honest, and I, it's weird for me to say this, 
Patterson. Because let me tell you something. Cordero Patterson has been a special teams guy, kind of a gadget guy up to this point. Never really had a real role. Could play a little bit of this, play a little bit of that. But I will tell you this. They find ways every game to scheme Cordero Patterson open. One thing that we like to note on the podcast about Cordero Patterson is this. He is truly one of the guys, I would say, outside of Calvin Ridley, that usually when he gets the ball, he has the ability to make the first defender miss, right? And you need that. When you want, you know, when the type of offense that we run in, we kind of slowing the ball down a little bit. Those yak players are absolutely important. So I would say, you know, it took me a little while to get on the train because I couldn't really see him as a running back. But the one thing about Cordero Patterson, most people don't realize, is he's 6'2", 240 pounds, and he runs like a 4'4", 4'5". So he is definitely a guy where you put all that attention on Kyle Pitts. You know, you you look at Kyle Ridley over the top, you know. Cordell Patterson is easily a guy that can sneak out the backfield off the screen and give you 20, 25 yards. Because if you look at the game against the Giants, um, he was the guy who had the critical uh, play, you know, to really put us in position to win that game. So Cordell Patterson is definitely my guy offensively. What you got, Jimbo, from the defensive side? Oh, that defensive side of the ball, which which is the strength of that Atlanta Falcon team. That that's our strength. Had, it used to be the offense. Now the tables have turned. Shout out to Dean Pease, our new defensive coordinator. I love it. And he went off on up oh, man. We're gonna talk, Mike. We got some stuff to talk about tomorrow on our live show. <laughs> anyway, but go. watch out! Watch out for our linebacker core. They're starting to come along now, which is it, it, a group of fast uh, guys that love to hit. Now, they had trouble guarding tight ends, and I see a lot of them people saying, y'all people saying that in the chat, but we got the same problem. But our guys are starting to our guys are starting to fix that problem, which is good to see. Because you, you if they fix that problem, then they it's gonna be it's gonna be hell to pay. Now, graded Jerry on the defensive line. If you don't know who that is, y'all, if you, if you don't know him, you're gonna find out who he is, Sunday. Disruptive, he, 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 he good on stopping the run, good on I mean he hurt people. He punished people. He yeah. bend your back. He bend you. He bend you over like a clothes hanger and make you kiss your own on on, on ass cheeks. Mm. Greater Jerry is that guy. So watch out for Greater Jerry. <laughs> watch out for that linebacker core. And AJ Terrell is our, our corner. Now I, we haven't got full. I haven't got a full report to know if he's going to play uh, this Sunday because he's coming out of concussion protocol. We, we probably know. I probably should have been to check that before I got on. That's one thing I wanted to check. But he might be playing Sunday. He's like, as of today, he played, he practiced oh, he, today and full okay, practice so, today. So that, that that's another guy. I probably wouldn't go his way. He's starting to come into it. And I'm not just being biased. I'm, I'm being serious on like I've been we've been watching this guy. This guy is starting to jump into that like top 10 corner type field in the NFL. And he's starting to find his way. So I can't wait to see him and McLaren. That was our receiver. What's his name? McLaren? Yep, Terry yeah. McLaren. I can't Curtis wait Samuel's to see playing him. too, maybe. Yeah, Curtis Samuel, I, we got somebody for him too, but I can't wait to see. <laughs> I can't wait to see AJ Terrell and McLaren go at that. It's going to be really good matchup right actually, there. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Jimbo, because there's actually one guy that I thought that y'all really didn't have a role for this guy. But I tell you this, he is playing some really good football for us, and that's Fabian Moreau. Right. right. I was just about to ask you about Fabian. I don't love Fabian Moreau. I didn't want to leave. Fabian. Or why he kind of fell out of favor with the old old coaching staff, which I can kind of guess a little bit because I think we got a uh, Kyle Smith or one of the one of y'all's uh, uh, AVPs or whatever, yeah. and he said 
Fabian Moreau guy, we need to get this guy a shot. Let me tell you something. We never heard anything about Fabian Moreau at the camp. You know why? Because he never really did anything to put himself in a bad situation. So I was right. he is actually playing really solid football. And that's actually a thank you to you guys for not really uh you know recognizing his talent. But anyway, uh, it. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. But yeah, linebacker core, Grady Jerry and AJ Terrell, and, and thanks for Monroe. He's been solid for us. Absolutely. Now the question is on y'all. Go ahead. All right. So Dev, start us off. Who who do you think that they should be watching from our team come Sunday? Obviously, the easy choice would be Terry, but I'm a, I'm gonna surprise you. I think this is the game where we get back on the Heineke bandwagon. And and the reason is because I know we're talking about uh Matt, who I, I'm a fan of. I don't want him here. But I'm a fan of them, you know. But they're throwing – they're basically the same guy this year. I mean, uh, you know, Heineke is throwing 69.4%. Matt's throwing 70. Matt got 707 yards. Heineke got 670. You know, Matt has four touchdowns, three interceptions. Heineke has five touchdowns, three interceptions. You know, Heineke's been sacked twice, though. Matt's been sacked seven. Heineke also has a touchdown running and about 50 yards in one game. Like, those are the things that – those are the only things that he separated. But I think right now, if 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 Curtis is able to play, Samuels is able to play, at least be a, at least a third option behind Thomas and McLaurin, obviously, and sprinkling some Gibson. I think that can be a hard thing for Atlanta to 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 recover from if they're on. But as we as we have seen so far, it's easy to get Washington out of the running game, so they become one dimensional. And you can stomp them. You can curb stomp Washington, man, because they after you after you score about two or three times on them, they don't want to play no more on defense. They're basically mm-hmm. running through the motions. If you watch them, you can see our defensive ends so aggressive. They just run upfield, and the quarterback slides to the right, wide open guy every time. Wow. It's 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 crazy. Watch the Bills game, man. Now I know Washington played the Bills and Chargers, who right now look like two of some of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah. Period. So yeah. I, and, and so I'm not really that hung up on a one and two record. And I'm not holding, I'm not jacking off, you know, the Carolina Panthers because I played the fucking Jets and the goddamn Houston, Texas, man. They're, I mean, I, like, I don't care what y'all say, how good you think Donald is. He played the fucking Texans, man. Hey, but you, and the you're, Jets. you're supposed to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, though. Right, right, right. This is the NFL, right, man. This right. is, you know how hard it is to win an NFL game. And I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's easier when you're playing the fucking Texans and the goddamn uh, – Jets though, right? I mean, I mean, let's just be I mean, real honest. Point, no, no, to your point, that is true because I mean, they did play. Yeah, I mean, if we had those guys on the schedule, if we could take off the Bills and the Chiefs and the Chargers, and we could put Texans and uh, the the whoever the other team is again, the Jets on there, we'd be three and zero. I'm mean, just being honest with you. No, man. you and then everybody know. be like, oh, they're so great. No, we suck, man. We just played the Jets and the Texans. But I think right now, everybody, right now, we're at one and a half points. Favorite over the Atlanta? One and a half? Yeah, So really being in Atlanta, it's a one and a half point favorite for Washington, which is nothing. It's a pick Right, it's a pick So I'm thinking oh. they beat they beat the Giants. And they beat them. It wasn't like they uh, – they the, the it wasn't like the Giants dropped a wide-open pass for a touchdown like they did against us. You know, yeah. it wasn't like one of those things. Or they got a, you know, a holding call on a 60-yard scramble by the quarterback that should have been a touchdown. It didn't like that thing happen. Y'all beat those guys. We got lucky against the Giants. So anybody thinks we should beat the Falcons, I'm going to surprise everybody and say it now. I got us losing, man. 
Uh, you, you two steps ahead of us, man. Hold the score. Yes. Phil, go ahead. Who should be watching? Um, On defense, on defense, one thing that you all got to watch out for and the matchup I want to see is when William Jackson is lined up on Calvin Ridley. So that's your number one against the guy who's been our most consistent corner. Um, William Jackson, it's interesting. He only has one pick this year. Barbecue chicken. That's what we're really saying right now. Barbecue chicken, No, 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 no. Jackson has probably been our most consistent by far. He's in on every play. It's it's just – there have been some amazing throws against him to get in get into these guys' hands against him, but um, he is probably the one who's going to be most uh, consistent as far as coverage so far this season. So I'm interested to see William Jackson go up against Calvin Ridley, see what he can do to you know try and mitigate that and force Matt Ryan to go to his other receivers. Um, the I tell other you what he's going to do is going to he's going to play ten yards off of him. Right there, see, heard me right there. William Jackson versus Calvin Ridley um, is going to be a key matchup for Washington's defense. I think that Chase talking and Chase talking is just going to draw more attention to his side of the ball. So the other guy on defense, y'all got to watch out for is Montez Sweat. Absolutely, Montez Sweat is the because Chase Young was the number two pick. And Montez was a number 23 or 26. I yep. can't remember off the time. We came back into the first round. Yeah, we came back into the first round, yeah, the first round drafted him towards the end of the first round. After, after Dwayne Hopkins. Yeah, after Dwayne Hopkins. Since he was our first round pick in 2019, so I don't remember the other one, um, <laughs> people forget how good he is. He is a first round edge rusher. Oh, Mississippi yeah. State. And he led the team in sacks last year, not Chase. Oh, yeah. But – Chase to cause enough disruption on his end of the, of the ball that freed up things for Montez on the other side because you, can, you can't double team both sides of the ball, especially with defensive tackles like ours. So I think that this is actually going to be a breakout game for anybody on the defensive line. It's going to be Montez Sweat uh, just because of the fact that he's been sleeper quiet, but he's been doing a lot in terms of trying to keep the edge, forcing plays back inside. So the times that our defensive tackles have actually, you know, done their job, it's been because quarterbacks have been pushed up the middle towards them. Hmm. And uh, it'll be interesting to see us play a less mobile quarterback because we haven't had that yet this season. Right. We, You know, Justin Herbert isn't a running quarterback, but he's mobile enough to move around in the pocket, you know, Definitely. better than Matt Ryan this. Definitely. And then we went Daniel Jones and uh, 90 Josh Allen back to back. Danny so, down. Tore us up. Danny down. So for me, my um I'll just go straight to the offense because Phil, I was gonna say Montez went on defense because I, I think he's gonna he's he's due. Chase is due, but I think our guys are so much in their own heads. They're trying too hard. They're hearing all this ridicule from the fan base and the fans. We were the number two ranked defense last year. Now we're literally, if you want to go by yards right now, I want to say we are we are the 31st ranked team in total yards, which is completely opposite of where we were last year. 29th in total points scored against. So it ain't looking too good for us. Yeah, again, offense, though, again, though, we played the Bills and yes. the Chargers. You know, and the and Giants on 29 on. The Giants had pretty good defense, honestly. Yeah. But, good. Yeah. I mean, you played a lot of good defenses. Though. And I'm, yeah. I would say good quarterbacks, two of them, anyways. So if there's ever a prime time, it's prime time to break out of this one. But the person I think that Atlanta should be watching for is my man – 
Logan motherfucking Thomas because I love oh, Logan. He's our, he's our tight end. And he for some reason, he, he he's just always open. And I, I don't Got know why. Him. He's always open. He's always, especially in the red zone, you know, he's a big dude, former Virginia Tech quarterback. He's like 6'6". Six, yep. six. He's a big boy, man. Um, so and 72 that, catches last year too. Yeah, yeah I mean – Guys that are former quarterbacks, I'll tell you this. Guys that are former quarterbacks, you know what? I let out a little secret because y'all, you know, y'all invited us to this podcast, so we'll let out a little secret. <laughs> you got a quarterback that um, y'all might see a couple snaps at tight end. I just go ahead and put it out there, and that's Felipe Franks, which is our third string quarterback. Which is our third string quarterback. Oh, uh, the guy from the uh, he's in another league, right? Before he's in the XFL. Excellent. Yeah, I remember that guy. Okay, Felipe Franks actually was the quarterback for the Arkansas Razorbacks last year. You right. He got a brother that plays um, – his brother's a tight end for the Cleveland Browns. But, again, he's one of those guys that played quarterback in college, like 6'7", 260. Kind of fits that that mold of a Logan Thomas. Um, just, you know, big guy that can just – like, like that have the potential to get open. That's one guy that I think that um, – I would say that is one guy that we are watching out for as an X-Factor because – we just like, I don't know, maybe it's a lead thing. I think it's an NFL thing. Maybe tight ends are just freaks in nature these days, but we have trouble covering the tight end too. And yes, we do. Y'all got another good one for sure. Like he is definitely got it is on our radar for sure. Now y'all, y'all, y'all last three games, y'all don't gave up over, y'all don't gave up 92 points in the, over the last God. three games. Which, which, which that's a, and that's a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. That's a lot. But that don't mean that we finna do that. It's a copycat lead. If your defense is not stopping a certain thing, I'm I'm telling you now, Arthur Smith finna come in there and he's finna go right back at it. He, nope. he, he, you, just trans, you just transitioned to our next subject, Jimbo Slice. Go ahead, go ahead. Keys to ATL victory. Let's go. Keys to the ATL victory. We're gonna have to establish the run game to the outside. Deron Payne is not gonna let us eat that gut like we want to. No. And, I, I, and I know I been, I watched a little film, and Deron Payne is really one of the ones on that defensive line. You really right. need to be need to keep an eye on. He's not going to let us gut them yeah. like that. We got to get them outside. We got to get into the outsides. And Deron Payne is, 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 is he demanding a double team. So the key to, to our offense winning the game, we're going to have to get to the outsides. And we're going to have to run at those slim defensive ends y'all got, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And that's what people been doing to y'all. Y'all expectation for that defensive line defense line been so high, people been running right at them or coming right at them or RPO right at them and then throw the ball. So that's kind of they that's kind of how they taking y'all out of the game. And I think that's the same way we're gonna have to do it. Cause if we sit back there and let Matt Ryan be that statue, Montez Sweat and Chase Young is gonna get home eventually, especially with our left, our right, our right tackle. Right. Yeah, he will. He will. Barbecue chicken. <laughs> Mike, what's, your, what's your keys to an ATL victory? Okay, so my keys to an ATL victory is this. I and and it, you know what what's crazy is it's not necessarily because we playing the Redskins. This is usually some of my keys to the big to, to, to an ATL victory. Because you guys have an aggressive defensive line, I would say a borderline dynamic defensive line. We have to be able to one hit in the screen game and find matchups in those matchups. If we're able to find one on one matchups, because the one thing I haven't really I don't really know a lot about is who the Washington linebackers are. That may not be a bad thing. Or Nobody. it may not be a good thing because I've never heard of who these guys are, right? Now, I think their first name was Barbecue, last name's Chicken. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They're a little shit-tacular. Our, our linebackers, we call them. Craptastic. But look, okay, Ugh. I will say this. Um, 
because Kyle Pitts, I look at it like this, and we hadn't really talked a lot about Kyle Pitts, but I'll tell you this. Kyle Pitts has been, I would say, very frustrating for the Atlanta Falcons fans to watch because, again, he got all of this pressure on him. And, like, I'll give you a good example. We played against the Giants last week, and we get to the red zone, and we hear all this stuff about how Kyle Pitts is good in the red zone. We don't even have a man in the package in the red zone, right? So the thing about Kyle Pitts is this, though. What he showed me in the second half against the Giants is, is he's just going to play his game, do what he got to do, and wait for the ball to come to him. One thing I like about him as a rookie is that he is a very selfless rookie. Like, you would think a guy with all this hype would be demanding the ball, but he just lets the game come to him. I think that the keys to the victory will be establishing Kyle Pitts early, as we do every week. But also, another guy who we don't talk about, as in Hayden Hurst as well, too. So I think this will be a game where we rely on the tight ends because you guys have such an aggressive defensive line. So I think for us, it's screen games and ensuring that we hit our tight ends because um, I do think the the Calvin Ridley and Will Jackson battle will be a little bit better than people anticipate. Me too. I'm definitely a Will fan in terms of um, his body of work that he's put out as well. You you speak the truth because uh, tight ends tend to tear us up. Mobile quarterbacks and tight ends tear us up. And I was going to say – we are we are famous for, for making tight ends famous. Austin Hooper is paid in <laughs> Cleveland because of the game he had against Washington two years ago. Um, you you probably remember it. Was it two years yeah. ago? Maybe three years ago. I don't know. He tore <laughs> us up. Then he got paid. He left and he got paid. So that's what we do. Now we have our first round. We tried to pay Davis. him. We tried to pay Hooper. He we turned us down. Remember that? Yeah, um, we tried to pay him. Just, I don't know if it's scheme or what, but they just tear us up like – they sit in the soft zone. They they hit the scene. The tight ends just always seem to eat us open. So I was scared yeah, of Kyle. Sick, or say, um, John Bostic doesn't drop back yeah. in coverage. Kyle Pitts and ever. Hurst scare me. You know what I mean? I saw I saw I know what Hurst can do. Like he, he's a good tight end. He just doesn't get a lot of opportunities. So yeah, I don't know. All right, so those are good keys to 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 victories here. Um, you know, for us. I, I would just say that we need the defense just to be a shell of themselves last year. They were a great defense last year, and they've been horrible this year so far. If they can play at least half as good as they did last year, we have a chance to compete in this game and win. I think it's that simple. I don't, I don't know what else we need to do. It's, it's that simple. Phil, you got anything else on that? Key to um, a victory? We, and this is going to be harder to do because Antonio Gibson's now questionable because he sudden, he suddenly showed up on the, uh, what? on the did not practice list, or limited practice list because of a shin issue. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. But we got JD McKissick, and we got uh, I and I just didn't practice today. Hold on, hold on, hold on, man. You got to put some respect on JD's name. I'm not the yeah, he had 80 grabs last year. How many players on how many players in Atlanta had 80 grabs? Yes, our backup running back was the best slot receiver we had. He was the check down, he was the check down. He was nobody else got checked down 80 grabs though. But, what you want to say? If hey, look, look, if, if Gibson yeah, had got those eighty grabs, yeah, man, they would have just been like, I'm about, to, I'm about to, I'm about to give, I'm about to give hey, the man credit. They, they hate on McKissick. Need, if y'all ever watch our show, they see, hate him. We need to see what Jared Patterson could do because Jared Patterson looked amazing in the preseason. Buffalo, Buffalo, and he's only seen one game uh, so far this season. He's the third. He's the third string back, but he's really the. It should be the second string running back. As JD McKissick, JD McKissick is a third down back tr- through and through. 
So with or without Antonio Gibson, we need to be able to establish some kind of a running game because one of the reasons why our defense is getting bombed on is because the defense is spending you know too much time on the field because we can't sustain drives. Oh, I know that. You can have the best defense in the world, but if they're out there 35, 40 minutes of a 60-minute game, they're going to get gassed, all right? Yeah. The human body is only designed to be so enduring no matter how athletic you are. So you got to maintain drives and we got to run the ball more consistently. That doesn't mean just, you know, the, the spot runs we saw, but even last week, like we came, we came out, we come out in, in games and in the first eight plays, we'll call six, seven passes. Like I don't know what Scott Turner's thinking sometimes. And, and we have a lot of questions about him as an offensive coordinator, but he has zero commitment to running the ball. You know, and it's weird because you think that if you if he learned from his dad anything, his dad was a head coach here and consistently had a great running game. He went from Terry Allen to Stephen Davis over a course of almost a decade, and those yeah. guys were consistent year in, year out, thousand yard plus running backs. And he was a guy who liked to go air Coriel and bomb out on you. Yeah. We need to run the ball because it opens up the pass. It causes defense to play honest. And I don't know how we can get this word out to Scott Turner, but he needs to hear this. We need to run the ball more. Keep that defense off the field a little bit more so they're fresh when they come on the field and they can make plays. Hey, breaking news before we go to Dev real quick. Jaguars are up 14 to zip. Stop, Bengals. What? What? What is going on here? Two crap teams. That's what it is. Hey, no, no, no. In my hey, fantasy, Cincinnati's not bad, but and I just thought Marvin Jones scored a touchdown. I was, I was, I was, I was hesitating to start him, but anyway, he. Yeah. Anyway. I'm, I'm talking about money. I took the, I took the Bengals in the over, so I'm really hurting right now. But anyway, <laughs> wow. Hey, Jared, uh, Jared Peterson, is that the running Patterson. back from Buff- Patterson? That's from Buffalo? Buffalo. Yeah. yeah, he had like eight touchdowns in one game one year. Oh, He was just man. clowned because, of, you know, University of Buffalo is, you know, is, is University of Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like That division one's good. That dude, that dude is built like Maurice Jones-Drew, and I don't exactly. know why we're not putting that to use. Running the ball is running the ball. I don't care what part of college you in. You know how to – he got vision. We, mm-hmm. me and Mike, me and Mike do uh, undrafted free agents for Pound Pound ATL, and we was digging into this guy, and we was looking at this guy, and we were running his film. Was like, this guy's good, like Atlanta. Yeah. Please, very, <laughs> very productive, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. And we love that guy. So to possibly play against him this Sunday, that's gonna be awesome to see. I, I hope that I hope they play him a little bit more. If I mean, yeah. I like the kid, man. I don't care what what level of football. I playing. do too. I I, I want to see him. I want to see him eat, and right, we yeah. haven't had that opportunity yet. Now, maybe with Gibson out, that forces the issue. And if he can get going early, maybe it'll show Scott Turner, oh, my God, look what happens when we run the ball. It, 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 it sounds like yeah. Scott Turner is stuck in his ways, and he's one of them good old boy OCs, and that's just not going to yeah. happen. We had yeah. that guy last year that he's was doing the same thing o- with the fans. This is, this is only his second full season as an OC. Man. Yeah. He's so Deb, on the job, but he's what, not what, learning correctly. Deb, what's your key to a Washington victory here, real quick? And then we'll yep. go on to score uh, predictions. Press, pressure up the middle. I think that Allen and Payne, as uh, I think it was Mike that said that, right? Uh, Allen and Payne, man, I think that I think if they break them off a little bit, we could beat them. But I, I know if y'all watched ESPN the other day and y'all saw the clip where your boy was talking about how selfish 
Chase Young and uh and uh Shark and a and a Sweatwear, how they're like over pursuing. They're so aggressive, and it goes back to what you guys said. Screen game's gonna kill them, man. Draw game's gonna kill you. Matt Ryan's a smart dude. If you don't think he's that talented, he is definitely smart. You yeah. know, he definitely knows what he can, he knows his limitations, he knows the things he does well. Um, and and those are the kind of quarterbacks that usually does damage to us because they'll throw efficiently. Uh, they won't waste uh, downs. We're terrible on third downs. We're like butthole ass in the league, man. I, I don't on, know. On I, offense, I, you mean? On offense? Yeah. I. It's going to be real hard. But in order for us to answer your question short, instead of being long-winded every time, it's going to be the guys. And it's going to be the defensive tackles. That's going to be our. Yeah. That's what I'm afraid of, too. Okay. So let's roll right into it. Hey, um, we'll start with uh, – Mike, give us, give us your <laughs> – Straight up prediction for Sunday. Let's hear it. Score prediction. I'm, I'm, I like to log all these just so we can see. And uh, we right, do so give we do giveaways for anyone who can who can who can guess the score. And we I mean we've been doing this for two years now. We haven't had anyone guess the score correctly once. So it's not going to happen. If y'all win, I'm going to give y'all some Atlanta dominoes. I'll make. <laughs> so right now we're giving away sign Ryan Granger. That's what we have right now. Prediction win. Almost now. I'm joking. I'm joking. But like about it, I'll tell you this. I me and Jimbo, when we, we get wrong, when we're wrong, we like to say we right. Because I was the idiot that picked us to beat the the Eagles because I thought that, you know, we had a chance. Jalen Hurt had uh experience. We got a fourteen year veteran. And boy, I had a lot of crow that day, right? So yeah. real careful when I put these picks, even though it looks like on paper that yeah, we if we play our game, we can win. I will say this though. I, I do have a Falcons victory. I have it as twenty-three to nineteen because if we are better than y'all, we're not that much better than y'all. And it'll be another hard fought. Real good football game. Maybe boring at times to watch because it's two teams trying to get out of their own way. But twenty-three nineteen, uh got Jimbo. For the was, record, have you been picking Atlanta to win every time? Just beat the Giants. Hey Jimbo, has Mike been picking Atlanta to win every game? I need to well, go ahead of time. Well, uh, at, well, over here, Pound Five HL, we don't predict that at all because it's it's a jinx. We feel we we okay. we do not go down that route, and we this is this kind of new for us. And we, I mean, we kind of did in the first game because a lot of fans of ours asking for it, but we usually hate doing it, man. <laughs> to answer your question, okay, so look, check it out now. Check it out. Um, I want one of them to predict before I do. I'm not going right after Mike. We can do that. We can do that. We can do that. Hey, hey, Rod, hey, Rod, our founder, our, our main, our, our, this is his prediction. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this though, real quick. 35 16. No, no. We need to kick him off the pod, man. He picks us to lose every time, bro. Ooh, man. Good golf. Rod go picks ahead. us to lose every time, man. Go ahead, Mike. What Quit you like skin, Rod. Hey. We winning, bro. All right, so yeah. Dev, go ahead. Go, we, we can say Mike, and then we'll give Dev his permission. man. Trust me, you didn't want to really see our podcast the week we played the Buccaneers because we had a lot of people that's like, why y'all so negative? It's like, because we got Tom Brady and we ain't got no answer for him. Anyway, go yeah. um, You know, it takes a special person to take those homework blinders off and just be real. You know what bro, I'm saying? You got to do it. You got to do it. You know, uh, talk about what we could do to get Tom Brady, but he gets the ball out in 2.3 seconds. We don't have yeah. anybody to Anyway, I think I think we should win, but I don't think we will. I think okay. we're going to lose, man. And I think he just dimes us apart, five, six-yard hits. 
because we're going to play so much of that stupid-ass prevent or quarters defense we were terrible in, but we're yep. going to play our whole game. Um, I think, like you said, the screens hit us. I think we lose. I'm going to go 25 to 21. Three points. 18. Four points. 25-21 ATL. Okay. Got it. Uh, Jimbo, you ready? You want to do? You want to go first? I'm ready. I'm ready. Look here, man. Uh, this, this, these two teams is almost the same team. They can't get out of each other's way. So the first time this year in the NFL, we're gonna have a tie ball game, 24-24. Watching football team <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. That tie is gonna end, big dog. We had first a tie. Season. We had a tie. Was it three years ago? Phil in Cincinnati. Yes, it was uh 2016 against Cincinnati. I'm glad yeah. y'all said that because that might happen again this weekend. But hey, look here, man. If y'all don't show up, uh, Matt Ryan gonna hang 40 on you. Easy. If you don't show up, I'm telling you that now. But I'm going 24 24 since I don't predict that much. Tie ball game, first one in the NFL. Go holler at DraftKings on, on your boy Jimbo. I ain't gonna give I'm you no change, money. Yeah. I'm gonna change my man. I'm gonna change my <laughs> Fucking 40 on us, bro. I'm not going there, man. I mean, <laughs> hold on, man. Hold on. Hold on, man. Heineke's going to throw four touchdowns now. We winning, man. You said we were going to beat the Bills 35-20. Good guys. Win, dog. I'm going back to Washington, man. 40. Um, 40. Matt Ryan will put 40 points on you in the heartbeat, dog. I'm telling you that now. I'm just telling you now. Hey, whatever's in his bag, I want to roll up for me over here, man. Ain't no way. <laughs> I, 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 I already shaved enough off. I don't need to shave nothing else off. 
I got Dale fired up by that 40, that 40 burger. But I'm saying, if you don't show up, if you don't show up, Matt Ryan will put 40 on you. And that is no question about it. Y'all go ahead and beat y'all for this. All right. So I got, I think we're going to see something completely different than we're expecting. I'm predicting this game's going to end up just being a, a random shootout. And I predict. Washington's gonna win 36 to 31. Both teams gonna put up 30 gonna put up a 30 burger. Uh, but I think we'll we'll pull it out. Although what's gonna happen is that Atlanta's gonna be driving the ball late in the game and they're gonna come close, but they're not gonna quite get that touchdown to end the game. And it's gonna be one of those things where we're all gonna be pounded down Pepto at the end of the game, like, oh my god. <laughs> but 36 31, Washington. Got it. Heineken, four fair. touchdowns, man. I'm telling you. Four touchdowns. Okay, I'll oh. get mine. Go ahead, Dan. One, what two, three, four. Four. Going, I think it's going to be much closer. I think Vegas is spot on with the with the one and a half spread. I'm, I'm going to say 24-23 Washington, and that's not not might be being a homer at all. You know, you know, Jimbo. Just for your edification, I picked us to lose every week except for the Giants game. Uh, but still, that's me, 24-23, trying to be a realist. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I mean, I think the defense bounces back a little bit, but not where we want it to be. But um, I just – I am terrified of, of of the tight ends for Atlanta. I'm not going to pretend, not going to hide. It, it scares me to death. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so we hit an hour here, and it looked like Mike is uh, coming in, coming out. But um, so we'll do we'll – just, we'll just shut it down here and, you know, Jimbo, Mike, if you come back, we we just want to say thank you so Absolutely. much for joining us, taking time out of your your days, your families, your jobs to you know come kick it with us. It's always fun talking to fans from other teams. That's right, yeah. And uh, we love what you're doing over at Pound for Pound. You know, we we were looking around for trying to find good guests, quality guests to bring on the show, and you know what. We found you guys. I was like, man, we got, and I hit you up on Twitter. Thank you for being so responsive. I no mean, problem, man, no problem. Great experience. And we love what you're doing there, pound for pound. Yeah. Uh, best of luck to you guys. And best of luck to you on Sunday, man. It's going to be a great game either way. Yeah. And like I said in the beginning, may the best team win. I appreciate it, Dale, Phil, Steve. Appreciate it, Big Mike, showing up. Shout out to our other co hosts, um, uh, 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 Toby D and JR, the hardest working men in the show business. We love them guys. And hey, look, man. Uh, I'll be hitting you up on Twitter Sunday after the game. To oh, see please what hit me up. I got to get these 40. Hold but look, on, but look, I got to get these 40. If it's a tie, I want my dominoes. I got you. <laughs> and I want I want I want a 20 pack, 30, 40 pack of PBR. That's what if I you do. Got 40, if you got 40, if you they hang no, 40 you. on us, Phil gonna have no eyebrows. Don't worry about no, that. No, 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 no. Dev Dev will send you a 24 pack of grippos. Okay, yeah. I'll take that. I got two boxes over hey. here. Hey, Jimbo, where where can where can everyone go find you guys at on on social media on on YouTube? Where where can we find Pound for Pound ATL at? So on, on YouTube is Pound for Pound ATL. You can type in P O P ATL. What's on the shirt, or, or you can type in Pound spelled out for Pound spelled out ATL, and it'll come up. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Jimmy Obama J I M M Y O B A M A. Hit me up. I, I like feel like Steve said. I hit back. I I talk back to you. It don't. It's no big deal to me. And if you don't, if you really want to find out what is that on YouTube or wherever or our other guys, I will let you know. No big deal. We got merchandise. Whatever you want, you holler at Jimbo or you holler at Mike Dub, and we will get it to you. 
And we play the Washington football team this Sunday, made the best team win. Let's that's go. What's up. Hey, that's our note so from you our, from our, our host. The, uh, you coming up for the post game or pregame? Well, y'all gonna be on for the post game pregame? One of the two, you invite both if you want. I see what's I up. Cry. I might cry if we lose. So if you ain't if I don't to have too wrong. many of these, on because I don't like to come on after the game. My blood pressure be up, and I be a little Even bit uh, better. Over here. So Even I don't better. know. I don't know. And I it depends, man. It, we we try to watch ourselves over here because we get a little emotionally. And we'll, we, I'm telling you, it, it's hard to calm us down. We get, like we say, we get fired up, and we're gonna let you know. You want to know it? You catch us after the game, you really gonna get it. And we don't like to show that side, that Jacqueline Hyde. We don't like to show that side. <laughs> Y'all ain't <laughs> you know, forty on us. I'm gonna show that side anyway. <laughs> I, I hope you do. Man, appreciate it, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. It was good talking to y'all. Yes, let's sir. A, let's watch some good football Sunday. Yeah, no matter what, let's just watch some good balls. Absolutely. All right. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks, Jimbo. Well, Appreciate it, man. Hey, Peace. best of luck Sunday, and yes, uh, sir. may the best team win. Gotcha. Yeah,